ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mass, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their Kung Fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly Kung Fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of Kung Fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
plan of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of Kung Fu justice. Five new Kung Fu killing techniques. The whipping triple-jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stake, and prevents a hijack. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的。Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推荐你上去，但你上头唔批准。点解？呢个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要走，后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋一成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。
。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 s 而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手啊，即刻转翻转头
Outrageously exhilarating. Guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin. The combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance, rated R, starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. What do you want me to do? All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. dogs before pulp fiction the original men in black shook the world of action cinema in the original a better tomorrow Proudly presents the explosive bullet-ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hawk take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. A better tomorrow, too.
He practiced the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. It enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. No. Despite all of the hard work he did for CTO. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. People peddling that has got to be spooked. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly juice. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like the scream fire. Like we can't see who lit it. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these pedal projectors ever want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these pedal protectors, they want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say, bastard, you did it again, you a real hard bastard, now tell me when will it end?
Alright, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and we're going to start out with Bidenomics. Oh, it's so good. Gas prices near an all-time high this Labor Day. Well, that's how you know it's working. It's phenomenal. Price tags at the pump are close to an all-time high as drivers hit the road this Labor Day weekend. The national average price tag for regular gas sat at 3.83 a gallon as of Thursday, according to AAA. When many holiday travelers are expected to start their drives, Thursday's uh, price is just under the Labor Day record set in 2012 at 384 a gallon. Federal data dating back to the 1990 shows. Back on Memorial Day at the end of May, the national average price for regular gas was 25 cents lower at 358 a gallon. Just before the 4th of July, when millions of drivers traveled for the holiday, the average price was even lower at 3.55 a gallon. Uh, John LaForge, uh, an asset uh, head of real asset strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute, says this is abnormal. Prices normally fade towards the end of summer. Several factors have contributed to rising gas prices, including OPEC countries like Saudi Arabia slashing oil production earlier this month. The Saudis cut oil production by one million barrels per day starting in July, which caused crude oil prices to jump. In some states, gas prices are even higher than the national average. Eleven states have average prices of over $4 a gallon. Previously, the Biden administration has taken credit for the occasional dip in gas prices, even as prices remained high and Americans struggled to keep up with the cost. A year ago in September, Biden claimed falsely that the average gas price was down to less than $2.99 in 41 states and the District of Columbia. In fact, the average gas price at the time was only under $3.99, not $2.99. What a bitch. What a lying bitch. After news outlets pointed out the error, the White House corrected the official transcript of Biden's remarks that read the correct figure of $3.99. doesn't even make sense. How is he bragging about that? Critics have called on Biden to take responsibility when gas prices rise, but the administration has not been eager to do so. Some have also pointed out the national average gas price the day before Biden took over was 238. Jesus. With election season kicking into gear, gas prices will start to feature more prominently in the political conversation, especially the question of whether the Biden administration plays a role in keeping prices high. Labor Day holiday travelers have already begun hitting the road. Thursday was expected to be the busiest day on the roads for the holiday weekend. More than half of all Americans are expected to travel for Labor Day. Really, half? What the fuck? More than half of all Americans are expected to travel for Labor Day? Holy shit. Wow. Okay, I mean, whatever. Travel, do, do what you want. That just seems like a huge number. If you said it was Thanksgiving and it was half of Americans, that sounds about right. Man, people really fucking... Give a shit about Labor Day. All right, well, no problem. Um, a AAA spokesperson says, no matter how expensive gas prices are, when people decide to go on vacation, they just budget in the gas price. No, they don't. Some people don't go. Some people don't go at all. It fucks them in the ass. Anyway, whatever. He said they're going to take that trip. A lot of people are going to take that trip, but some people are not going to take that trip. The demand for travel is partially a result of the Ching Chong AIDS, with more people wanting to travel this summer now that more COVID restrictions are lifted, according to analysts. Really? How long are you going to do this for? It's been like fucking 10 years. Not really. It's been like four, four, three years. Fucking crazy. Ridiculous. Well, this is great news. 
Uh, I'll be covering it as much as I can. Trump's Georgia trial will be televised, according to the judge. A judge in Georgia ruled on Thursday that former President Trump's trial in Fulton County will be viewable to the public. An amaz- it's just an amazing choice. This is going to totally backfire. Judge Scott McAfee of the Superior Court of Fulton County said, Use of electronics will not disrupt the administration of justice and that all parties and spectators are allowed to use recording devices. Wow. The Fulton, so, so that means if you get in there, you can just record. You don't even have to rely on the fucking AIDS journalists. Fulton County Court's YouTube channel will stream the trials of Trump and the other 18 co-defendants live. Yes. Now, how much censorship's going to be involved? That's a whole other story. The news comes after Trump pled not guilty on Thursday to 13 uh, retarded bullshit felony charges he faces over his alleged efforts to overturn the results of the election. Um, The 77-year-old former president also uh, waived his right to appear at his arraignment this week. Uh, Trump also moved to sever the case against him from any co-defendants who have demanded a speedy trial. The filing said it would violate Trump's federal and state constitutional rights to fair trial and a due process of law. Trump was charged in a AIDS-infested 41-count indictment along with 18 other co-defendants earlier this month with a bunch of fucking bullshit by a fat whore named Ass. They say her name is Fanny, but Fanny is another word for ass, so I'm going to go with ass. Ass Willis. And then it brings up the other 18 people that have uh, been charged. So, great news. Uh, I'm going to cover that as much as possible. Um, So, they're trying to rush Trump's um, uh, trial, and they're making it impossible to go. This is one of the tactics the commie uses. The commies use, they uh, just, like, flood you with information, uh, uh, quote-unquote evidence, and don't give you enough time to go over it. So they're doing, they did it with, I think, uh, the, the QAnon shaman. They're doing it with Trump. And uh, some legal experts are pointing out uh, that that's what's going on. A federal judge's decision to set a March 4th, 2024 trial date in former President Trump's uh, election case could run the risk of violating his due process rights. Um, this is the AIDS commie lunatic Judge Chutkin. An Obama appointee set the trial for the day before Super Tuesday. Amazing. Um, prosecutors initially requested a January 2nd trial date, while Trump's legal team wanted to hold off till April 2026. Um, John Malcolm, vice president of the Heritage Foundation's Institute for Constitutional Government and former deputy assistant attorney general in the Department of Justice's criminal division highlighted the millions of pages of discovery material the legal team must examine and consult with Trump about prior to the trial. This is all happening, as the judge well knows, while Trump is running for president, facing three other indictments, one of which has also been set for trial in May, and several civil lawsuits. Trump, Trump, like every other defendant in a criminal case, is entitled to due process and effective assistance of counsel which includes having an adequate amount of time and opportunity to review the evidence. Yes, that's what's supposed to happen, but we are in clown world. We're in post-America clown world. None of this matters. It's all bullshit. They're going to do whatever the fuck they want, and the Republicans are not going to do a goddamn thing about it. 
The date is not generally appealable prior to the trial, Malcolm added, but may be raised uh, on appeal. If he's convicted, one of the issues he could raise on appeal is that he was deprived of his right to due process and effective assistance of counsel because of the amount of discovery involved in the expedited trial schedule. They don't care. They, I think they know these cases are bullshit. They're just trying to get a quick conviction so they can use it in campaign ads. That's basically it. Um, so now this next one, not surprising at all because Kemp is in on it. Kemp ends the attempt to have special session to oust ass Willis. Uh, Georgia governor and trader Brian Kemp shot down an attempt by a Republican state lawmaker to hold a special session to remove Fulton County District Attorney Ass Willis over her prosecution of former President Trump. Kemp's remarks come after State Senator Colton Moore suggested that a civil war would break out if Trump goes to trial. Moore officially called for an emergency session to review Ass after the former president was charged with 13 bullshit felonies in a racketeering case. Uh, Kemp says, I just want to take a few minutes to speak to some history that's trying to repeat itself over the last few days in Georgia. Many of you will recall that in the final weeks of 2020, I clearly and repeatedly said I would not be calling a special session of the General Assembly to overturn the 2020 election results because such an action would have been unconstitutional. That's total bullshit. It was that simple. Again, again, to be clear, some Republicans were in on the steal. Kemp is one of them. Nearly three years later, memories are fading fast. There have been calls by one individual in the General Assembly and echoed outside these walls by the former president for a special session that would ignore current Georgia law and directly interfere with the proceedings of a separate but equal branch of government. Blah, 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 blah. He's not going to do it. He's a, he's a bitch-made faggot. And what else would you expect from a rhino? This is what they do. So, yeah. Again, Republicans are not going to do anything. The Republicans' job is to hold our heads still while the Democrats sharpen their swords and cut them off. And, at, and the good Republicans are the ones, the, the quote-unquote good ones, are the ones that give good speeches. When the sh swords are being sharpened, people like Ted Cruz will talk about how against this, this they are. But then they don't do anything to stop it. And that's basically what's going on here. Now, this is a fascinating story. Mississippi Democrat alleges voter fraud by his party's county chair calls for her resignation. On Thursday, Hines County, Mississippi, District 2 Supervisor David Archie said he is sending letters to the state and national Democratic parties demanding Democratic Executive Committee Chair Jacqueline Amos and her secretary to resign for allegedly engaging in voter fraud to stop his re-election bid and help his primary opponent. The Democrats aren't going to do shit about their own party cheating you. Uh, apparently, you are not acceptable to them. This dumb whore was, and this is what they do. Uh, they're going to tell you there's no evidence whatsoever. According to WLBT3, Hines County held its Democratic primary on August 8th, and Archie lost his re-election bid by almost 1,900. In a press conference at the Hines County Election Commission headquarters, Archie said, We believe and we have evidence that uh, Jackie Amos, uh, or Jackie Amos is tampering with Hines County elections. He provided reports with a copy of the information in her conspiracy correspondence concerning the election and said, We have videotape of Jakai Amos going into boxes 
bringing in thumb drives, bringing in ballots to be inserted into the machines. We have pictures of Amos participating in what we think is fraud as well as corruption. I will tell you this, it will be enjoyable to watch the Democrats gaslight one of their own. That's what's going to happen here. They're going to say, no, this is all fine. Totally normal. Totally. And, and you just notice the double standard. Like you'll have uh, uh, Mark Elias will meet with election officials. Okay. You know, and, and uh, he'll go into their office. Mark Elias is a Democrat lawyer. No problem whatsoever. That's totally fine. When Republican lawyers meet with officials related to the election, that's called a breach. Oh, look at this breach. Oh, we have to arrest them all. Um, on a sheet given to reporters, Archie shared a picture of a text message conversation, which he says supports his claim. An unknown sender tells Amos, hey, don't let them cheat Deborah Dixon, Dixon out of her election. She won fair and square. Amos allegedly responded, she won, but I'm going to fuck David Archie on the site. Archie said uh, on the message, the bottom line is we have the text. She's the chairperson. She's the one responsible. She must be impartial to any and all elections here in Hines County. And this does not speak that she was being impartial to an election. Tyler Pedigo, a District 2 resident, spoke at the press conference in support of Archie. She said, uh, I was watching the election numbers come in, and I immediately knew that something funny was going on, that this is a man that I'd never heard of, that I've never seen a yard side of, came out of the gate with a huge lead. This, to me, uh, this leads me to believe that this needs further investigation. Cynthia Walker who helped with the ballot recount for the primary, alleged that many of the safeguards that are used to ensure secure and accurate elections were not used. Yeah, welcome to reality, fuckers. This is the kind of shit we've been talking about for fucking years. I bet some of these motherfuckers were like, oh, there's no evidence. Now, all of a sudden, your guy got fucked in the ass, and now you're like, oh, look what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Amos said in an email statement to the outlet, the Hines County Democratic Executive Committee conducted the August 8th Democratic primary in keeping with applicable state law. The Executive Committee has canvassed the returns and certified the results of the August 8th primary. Those results speak for themselves. Yes. Yes. Very good. Gaslight them. Um, yeah, they're not going to do anything. This is how they win. They cheat. And sometimes they cheat Democrats uh, uh, in favor of other Democrats. Amazing. So weird things going on on Twitter, okay? You got, well, we'll go over the good, which there is a little bit of good, not, not great, not anything that I think changes anything. Um, Elon Musk actually proposed a poll on whether or not the ADL should be banned. Now, that's like a holocaust to the ADL, okay? That's like, you know, and Linda Yaccarino must be pissed off because she's trying to, like, get these advertisers back being a, a dumb whore and going along with the ADL's bullshit. So much so that Rabbi Nosferatu gave her a, a pat on the head. Good doggy, good doggy. Um, so, like, that's good that he's pissing off the ADL. But the question is, is he just doing this to kind of make himself look better? Because he looks horrible right now. Because we're, we're almost completely back to normal as far as the level uh, of censorship and AIDS at, at Twitter. It's just completely brutal at this point. Um, and uh, so maybe that's, that's what he's doing. And I, I will say uh, there are some 
conservative commentators that maybe they're not familiar with the ADL, uh, where they're arguing that, uh, well, everyone should be able to speak, and I don't want the ADL's free speech to be banned. That's not what's at issue here at all. Uh, what, what's at issue here is extortion. They're extortionists. I mean, I would go a step further and say the ADL needs to be legally prosecuted, but, you know, one step at a time. But of course they need to be banned. They 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 ex try to extort Elon Musk. What kind of a bitch keeps an extortionist on their own website? That's like crazy. That's crazy. So yeah, extortion is not covered by the First Amendment. So so of course the ADL should be banned. It's possible some of these commentators, because some of these co commentators that have said this are like halfway decent. It's possible they're just not like fully in on what's going on with the ADL. Uh, it, and, Maybe they think that we're arguing that they need to be censored. Their free speech needs to be censored. I'm not arguing that. Um, I'm arguing that because they're extortionists, that's why they need to be banned. Um, but anyway, so like it's a good thing that Musk... Now, Musk is probably not going to ban the ADL. Um, boy, wouldn't that be hilarious, though? They would act like that was the Holocaust. They really would. They really would act like a Holocaust 2.0 happened and that Elon Musk is Hitler, although they've already basically called him Hitler. Now, the problem and the reason people are having an issue with Elon Musk, he hires this dumb World Economic Forum whore. And then and I, I, the impression I get is he's leaving it up to her to hire these people. I don't think Musk is hiring these people, but they're bringing back all the aides. So one of the guys that they brought back to Twitter, or excuse me, not, not I don't think he was brought back. I think he's, he's new. One of the new guys that they're bringing in for election safety, which is b a bullshit concept, has publicly called... Elon Musk a fucking dipshit. So it's like you're just you're being a cuck, Elon. You're letting this guy that's disrespect you come into your fuck. You're gonna pay this man your money? What are you kidding me? You might as well let him fuck your wife or your girlfriend or whoever you know. Anyway, Elon Musk wants a vocal presence on Twitter. Has noticeably dialed it back since handing over control to his new management team. This includes a CEO who also serves as a WEF chairperson and a left-leaning censorship chief, an election, an election safety czar, Aaron Rodericks, who apparently thinks Elon Musk is a complete fucking dipshit. Mike Bentz, who's a good uh, follow on Twitter, particularly for censorship, censorship stuff, at Mike Benz Cyber, B-E-N-Z Cyber. Uh, he, he brought this up. He had screenshots of this guy being full-blown aides and says, no, it's being run by Yoel Roth's former colleague who still somehow works at X. Oh, so, no, no, he, I guess he is bringing him back. Despite appearing to think Musk is a fucking dipshit, his name is Aaron Rodericks. Incredible. Uh, here are the close-ups of the images Mike uh, shared. Um, Aaron Rodericks, uh, what is this? Is this the... Uh, yeah, this is a quote from, I guess, was this uh, Twitter Files? Where he called him a fucking dipshit? Twitter's election censorship recruiter, Aaron Rodericks, basically hates you. Quote, the ginger-bearded guy whining about welfare queens and high taxes. Uh, oh, so he doesn't like that guy either. Um, uh, he, he called um, the Daily Wire freaks. Yeah, his new censorship hires will be neutral. Oh, yeah, they're going to ban the shit. They're going to uh, ban the shit out of uh, conservatives. 
Uh, let's see, anything else? Oh, yeah, Twitter's current censorship recruiter, Aaron Rodericks, promoted the most scandalous censorship agency in the federal government, DHS's CISA. And he backs up CISA's head of Mistis and Malinformation Subcommittee, committee, Kate Starbird. He's actively working against Musk's professed vision. Ridiculous. This is how self-sabotaging Linda's new crop of censorship shills are for their own company. Aaron Rodericks, who is hiring the new censorship squad at X, promotes his account on Blue Sky, the Twitter killer made by Dorsey after Musk took over. They've hired people that are trying to destroy the company. This is like crazy. Like, what did he think Linda Yaccarino was going to do? You hired literal fucking AIDS, Elon. What did you think was going to happen? AIDS spreads. It spreads. It infects everything. Leftist AIDS infects everything. That's why you can't have it at all at your company. That's why it, it, you must escort all of them out. And now you, you escorted them in. You brought them in. Now it's just, you got a big problem on your hands now. Um, so if the name Aaron Roderick sounds familiar, it's because Revolver has covered his disgraced legacy uh, before. Mike Benz uh, has cataloged Aaron's greatest hits on Twitter for some weeks now. He's friendly with all the worst academic characters in the so-called mis, dis, and malinformation uh, spheres. Um, let's see. Uh, sounds like a great team player, right? The kind of guy you want in the foxhole right next to you. Yeah, right. It's quite puzzling that Elon Musk, the wealthiest man on the planet, has someone on his team who openly disrespects him and his audience like this. Aaron Rodericks must be exceptional at his job for Elon to overlook such a blatant contempt or could it be that elon is shifting focus away from the free speech debate to concentrate solely on profitability clearly whatever the case it doesn't appear that the situation at x is going to change anytime soon even with new management we're still dealing with the same dubious characters who are who are still hiding behind the new guys of so-called free speech yeah just uh, complete aids unfortunately very unfortunate um this is odd. The infamous big titty tranny teacher in Canada has shown up to school without the fucking huge titties dressed normal. The controversy of the Canadian shop teacher who wore giant prosthetic breasts to school may be over. Kayla Lemieux arrived to teach for the new school year at a new school, Nora Francis Henderson Secondary School in Hamilton, Ontario, without the breasts or the blonde wig that caused such a stir last year. Kayla Lemieux now appears as a man with a scruffy beard. Prior to the teacher's first day at the new job, school principal Tom Fisher issued a memo to warn parents about a potential media storm on the first day of class as Lemieux's gender expression was recently the subject of public attention. Fisher said students will likely be made to enter and exit the building using assigned doors at entry and dismissal. This does not mark the first time that Lemieux was caught dressing as a man. He was previously seen presenting himself as male outside of work hours earlier this year. The recent spotty of, spotting of Lemieux in these previous sightings alike have led many to question if his claimed condition is some sort of hoax or if he is intentionally acting as a troll of some sort. A massive police presence is expected for the upcoming first day of class. 
There are currently numerous security cameras posted at the building as well. Lemieux's behavior and choice of wardrobe was defended last year by the Halton School District Board as part of his right to protection against discrimination for gender expression, total insanity. So, uh, okay, there we go. I don't know what the fuck that means, but there you go. He's, I guess, done with the titties? I don't know. It's odd. It's very odd. Maybe he was trying to make a point. I have no idea. Okay, so, um, this is just, it's just, I don't know. It, they've done this so many times. As you, um, see this happen over and over again, uh, you start to realize that a lot of the historical narratives, it's the same thing, which is over-exaggerate tragedies, or in this instance, make them up completely, and then just use it as a cudgel against white people. That's basically what a lot of this is. So this is one in Canada. And, and remember, this, this caused churches to be burned down by lunatic leftists. It was all a hoax. Over 80 Canadian Christian churches burned down over a two-year media lie. For two years, Christian churches in Canada have been set ablaze. The reason? A story published by left-wing activists in the media claiming that scores of indigenous children were buried on the land where these places of worship uh, sat. Churches have been burned in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Nova Scotia. Almost all were on indigenous land, destroyed apparently in response to deaths of the children who were removed from their families, sent to the schools in a policy of forced assimilation. Was this story fact-checked before the media incited arsonists and unleashed them on the churches? I would, this is the thing. They don't care. This is about destroying Western civilization. They don't care if it's true. They don't care if it's a lie. That's the thing. That's why you have to oppose these people and tell them to fuck off, even if they have an actual tragedy. They still need to be told to fuck off because these are, they're not, I mean, I hate to use the, the, the word, but they're not arguing in good faith. This is a power move. It's a power play. Okay. They need to be uh, opposed 100%. Abject rebellion. No matter what they throw in front of you, no matter how tragic, tell them to go fuck themselves. After all, liberal democracy prioritizes emotion and violence over facts. Now, however, we know the entire two-year saga was a massive hoax thanks to two major excavations that found no evidence of buried children. Sad truth is that crazed left-wing animals... Tore See, this is why I like Revolver. Okay, The Daily Wire... And they do decent work, too. I'm not saying... But Revolver is very good. Because you're phrasing this completely correctly. You're calling animals animals. And I'm only asking for accuracy. Just call people what they are. Call animals what they are. That's all. You know, you burn down churches. You're an animal, okay? You kill people, innocent people. You're an animal. And, and I like the accurate designation. So very good. Very good. I like that. Anyway, the sad truth is crazed left-wing animals torched at least 81 Christian churches, all based on le a left-wing media lie. They probably would have done it anyway. Meanwhile, the government, led by the AIDS faggot of Canada, Justin Trudeau, again, again, I say this because I'm not an expert on Canada at all, and there are some people that believe the official title is Prime Minister, but that just doesn't feel right, so I'm going to go with the AIDS faggot of Canada. It just You look at Justin Trudeau, you tell me that does not scream to you, I am the AIDS faggot of Canada? That's exactly what he looks like. Anyway.
um, gave their seal of approval for these. By the way, have you ever seen the video? Because, you know, there's this whole debate over, like, people like him. Did he, they, they actually take the vaccine? Because this vaccine injures so many people. How come it hasn't injured any of them? Okay, so there's a whole thing about um, saline. And there was, uh, there was a hearing. I forget where the hearing was. Was it in the UK or Australia? Where one of the Pfizer people admitted that their employees got a, a completely different batch. Like, there were different batches that did different things. Some of the batches were very dangerous and some of them weren't. Okay, so what batch did Justin Trudeau get? But he, there is a clip of him. So, you know, if you don't know, these people lie nonstop. So you, you're, you're up to your own devices to try to figure it out, which that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Okay, it's better than like obeying the media, especially since they lie all the time. But anyway, so, and I'm not saying this is the be all end all argument uh, when it comes to whether or not I think Justin Trudeau actually took the vax. Have you seen the clip of him describing being vaccinated? Have you seen that clip? He's like, oh, it's this amazing feeling. Um, I don't buy that. You know what I think they did? They said, listen, Justin, go out there and talk about what it's like when you get fucked in the ass by homosexual cock. And, and, and instead of calling it cock, we're going to call it the vaccine. So just pretend you're talking about the vaccine, but when in reality, it's when you're penetrated by a man. That's what I think they did. So he went out there and he was like, oh, it's this great feeling. What are you talking about? What you, you didn't take that vaccine. You didn't take that vaccine. I don't know what they put in your arm. Did they, did they put a drug in your arm? I don't know. Did they shoot you up with heroin? Okay. What person talks about, oh, an overwhelming good feeling from a fucking vaccine? I don't buy that at all. That was not organic. And I, I think he was describing cock. That's what I think. Anyway, you know, come to your own conclusions. I'm not saying I have direct evidence. I'm saying, you know, my bullshit detector went off when I saw that clip. Anyway, that's kind of a side issue. That guy's the worst. Is he not the worst? Oh, my God. A lot of these people are the worst. Oh, man. He's probably going to win re-election. This, this is the thing. I, you, you don't need... I don't think... I think regular people... And it doesn't mean that, like, their belief needs to be obeyed. But I think regular people, when you just make simple observations about a lot of things, uh, or about, you, you, make, you make simple observations about some things, uh, there's a good percentage chance you're right, just using common sense. And let me give an example. Justin Trudeau, everywhere he goes, he's booed. Everywhere. Okay. Same with Gavin Newsom. Everywhere he, he goes, he's jeered. I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's reasonable to conclude that these guys are rigging their elections, or in the case of Newsom, the recalls, when they can't walk around in public without being booed. What, are you kidding me? I'm not... Is that like... Would I use that in a court of law to prove election rigging? No, I would not. These are just things that I think are reasonable conclusions that can be drawn based on fairly obvious observations. Okay, these are, these are super unpopular people that are hated by the, by the citizens, but magically keep winning elections. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. But anyway, okay, that's enough on Trudeau. So Trudeau gave their seal of approval for these arsons by sitting back and watching it all unfold without doing anything to stop it. How'd you like that phrase, homosexual cock? It's kind of redundant, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, whatever. <clears throat> I know this show's not for everyone. That's okay. It's not for everyone. It's for the people who like it. 
Or you don't have to like it, but if you get something else from it, you're welcome. That's fine. It's just it's not for everybody. Anyway, so so look at this guy. I can't help it. I can't help it with the look at this guy. This you know what this is? This is this is the AOC picture, although it's not as bad, of her when AOC put her head in her hands. And then it turned out someone else was taking pictures. This was supposed to be, uh, she was pretending that she was like looking at caged children. And she had her head in her hand. She was like wearing all white. And then someone from an, a different angle uploaded a picture of like what she was actually looking at. And it was the fucking parking lot. There was not a kid in sight, not a cage in sight, not a kid in sight. This is like that, but at least... Oh, wait, no, there's no grave here, right? No, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, frankly. This is the same thing. So this guy, pro-First Amendment, said, Whoops, remember those unmarked children graves that were discovered at a Catholic school in Manitoba? They were just rocks, like the rocks in the head of Justin Trudeau. Yeah, again, I think it's all deliberate. They don't care. They don't care whether or not it's true. The left-wing modernist pope uh, fell hook, line, and sinker for the hoax. Pasebic, uh tweeted, even Pope Francis participated in the mass child graves hoax flying to Canada and declaring a genocide had taken place. Unbelievable. Sick stuff. Tucker covered this story uh, on a show last year. But now we know the whole thing was a hoax. Canada didn't have a dark CD pass for liberals to fuss over, so they concocted one. This has a familiar ring to it. <laughs> draw whatever conclusion about historical events on that comment that you want to. Uh, this way, the left could fuel division and incite destruction, all while armed with an understandable and convenient excuse. Sound familiar? Yeah, it's very familiar. It's pretty much what they did with George Floyd, turning a, a convicted thug into a makeshift state. Yeah, that was one of them. That was one of the historical events that they did this with. Uh, Charlie Kirk says, hoax confirmed after claims of mass graves of indigenous children at residential schools across Canada. No human remains have been found after two years of excavations. Um, what an enormous stain on Canada. Uh, the New York Post reported, after two years of horror stories about the alleged mass graves of indigenous children at residential schools across Canada, a series of recent ex excavations at suspected sites turned up no human remains. Some academics and politicians say it's further evidence that the stories are unproven. The, the, the lunatics are just going to say, well, this is just more evidence of white supremacy. Mino Gazabi Ashinabi, a group of indigenous people also known as Pine Creek First Nation, excavated 14 sites in the basement of Our Lady of Seven Sorrows Catholic Church near the Pine Creek Residential School in Manitoba. During four weeks this summer, the so-called anomalies were first detected using ground-penetrating radar, but on August 18th, Chief Derek Nepanak of Remote Pine Creek Indian Reserve said no remains were found. He also referred to the effort as the initial excavation, leading some who were skeptical of his original claims to think even more are planned. I don't like to use the word hoax because it's too strong, but there are also too many falsehoods circulating about this issue with no evidence, says Jacques Rilliard, a professor emeritus in the Department of History at the University de Montreal. The latest revelation uh, of hoax uh, de deals another blow to the contrived outrage fueling left-wing activism. 
These activists aren't in search of justice or rectifying past wrongs. Instead, they're fixated on sowing division, causing destruction, and dismantling society. They crave a convenient excuse that allows them to wreak havoc while the rest of us sit back watching them burn everything to the ground. Yes, that's why they must be escorted out of polite society legally and humanely. By the way, it is happening. It's not at a level even close to what's necessary. But I'm noticing more and more examples of it. Here's just the latest one, and this is one that I did not expect to see. There's a video of a dumb whore crying and being ridiculous. And um, and I can't tell, is it a tranny? And then they're it, like she was talking about her wife or her husband, and it might be another woman. I don't fucking know. It's all bullshit. But anyway. She's crying. So what happened, according to this hysterical, quote-unquote, woman? Is she went to a gay bar. And at the gay bar, they ordered drinks. Now, this individual looks like a woman. Presents as a woman. Wears a dress. Very heavy makeup. And then her husband, wife, whatever, is an obvious woman pretending to be a man, okay? So the bartender says, what can I, something a lot, I don't have this, uh, some of this might be like either they order drinks or their drink was ready, who cares? The bartender was like, either what can I get you ladies or, or your drinks are ready, ladies. So this woman, this hysterical woman says, you know, not everyone here identifies as a lady. And you know what they did? They kicked them out. They didn't debate it. They just kicked them out. And this woman is hysterical about it. And, I, I, and she's sobbing and sobbing. And, you know, she's doing this. Oh, I was just telling them I was feeling safe in my identity. And I was just telling them my identity. Whore, fuck your identity. Go fuck yourself. Okay, life is tough. No one has to do any of your bullshit. Okay. But the thing that kind of blew me away a little is the, the these are this is a gay bar. Now look, I know there's base gays, I know there's normal gays. I don't know what the atmosphere of a gay bar is, but this gay bar has had a fucking enough of this. Okay? Which I'm like, okay, that's a thing. The gay bars that have had enough of this, fantastic. Fantastic. They kicked these fucking people out. They kicked the commies out of the gay bar. That's unbelievable. So even the fucking homos have had enough of this shit. Good. Again, this goes out to anyone, escort them out. That's it, just escort them out legally, politically, and humanely. It can be done. It can be done, it's being done. It's just at a very small scale right now. Whether it's the boardroom, the school board, the office, wherever the fuck it is, escort them out. That's all, you gotta go. You're not welcome here. Give them the Maxine Waters. You're not welcome here or anywhere. I don't know where you're gonna go, but you can't stay here, okay? That's it, that's all. So. Phenomenal. They fucking kicked them out. People have had enough. Good. Absolutely fantastic. All right. Now, this is interesting. This guy is a glowy. I think I've seen him before. Is this rural-looking YouTube sensation and, and de-radicalizer actually a federal agent? Anytime you, you call yourself a de-radicalizer, I'm assuming you're a fed. Um, you might not be familiar with the YouTube personality known as Bo of the Fifth Column. I, I think I've heard of him. But he's currently shrouded in controversy. Many are starting to question whether this so-called hick lib, 
whose real name is Jason King, might actually be a federal agent undercover. Why? Well, Bo has a past that raises some eyebrows. In 2007, he was arrested and convicted on seven counts of human trafficking. Strangely, the government let him keep most of his wealth and assets. When was the last time you saw the United States government treat someone to a random act of kindness? Well, if they could, yes, he's one of them. There's an entire thread here that catalogs the strangeness surrounding Bo. Here's an excerpt. Quote, looking into the biggest hit-lib influencer and amateur leftist journalist, Bo of the Fifth Column, a.k.a. Justin King, a multimillionaire convicted of human trafficking Eastern European women into indentured servitude, coerced labor, and garnishing their wages to pay off their debts. That sounds like a commie. He uses a fake Southern accent to spread anarchist and libertarian left stuff as his character Bo of the Fifth Column. However, the government allowed him to keep most of his wealth and assets despite being convicted of seven felonies in 2007 and sealed the statement of reasons why. Apparently, this guy also infiltrated anonymous and Antifa groups as an informant. Now the same forces use him for de-radicalizing rural folks. Interesting. So let me get this straight. A Fed infiltrated Antifa groups, and the response was for him to help them de-radicalize rural folks. Gee, that seems like Antifa are Feds too. Weird. When you see guys like this and wonder where'd they find them, their assets, 100%. 100%. Here are some, er, the evidence is, is in the form of screenshots, is in a thread linked here. Here are some of the strange details surrounding Bo. Uh, Bo, the fifth column, Justin King, was the head of the local operation of a multinational human trafficking and forced labor business called Eurohouse. His business found vulnerable young women in Eastern Europe and promised them seasonal work at a hotel in Florida for six months to one year. King forged visas for this purpose, telling the women that they would be working at one single hotel as a direct employee. They were charged $2,000 for this. When they arrived, they instead found out they would be working as contractors for King's branch of Eurohouse at many different hotels. So King defrauded them, misleading them into believing they would work directly for one company, then rented them out as contractors for his own profit. In doing so, he made them complicit in immigration fraud, which is a serious federal crime. None of the victims had any idea that their visas were invalid. They were made to live in a cramped apartment with 15 to 20 other workers, which they were also forced to pay rent for. They were undocumented refugees smuggled across the border. Uh, uh, excuse me, they were, th that excuse is obviously bunk as they were documented and they each only stayed in the U.S. for six months to a year. Every victim arrived with a return ticket that they fully intended to use. A key part of the operation's success was the use of temporary workers as they would choose to just go home rather than complain to the police. Victim testimony, along with other physical evidence entered into the record, such as contracts and payslips, show that King was intimately involved in the operation. Not only did he defraud these women by lying to them uh, about their nature, the nature of their visas and their work, but he was the one who was responsible for contracting them out to hotels and victims place him as their most intimate contact. King imposed debts on them and then garnished payment from their wages. For example... 
He charged one victim $1,200 for a $200 visa renewal, then garnished $350 per week from her weekly pay of $600. Earned over 78 hours of work to pay it back. King split up their pay slips to avoid paying them overtime. He made one victim work for 80 hours in one week and told her it was normal to do so that she didn't complain. The operation was profitable specifically due to, to its ability to exploit forced labor as they were able to contract workers out for less than minimum wage. The victims were routinely threatened to keep them working and quiet. Those threats were of physical violence and deportation. King made millions off this operation and today still owns two of the properties that he bought with the money worth a total of $1.5 million. Well, he was trafficking what I would assume were white women. So the government was probably like, good boy, you've been caught, so obviously you're going to have to stop, but you can keep all your shit, and then we have some work for you. Now, maybe you say, well, that's a little jaded. Maybe. I'm just saying that's my read. It could, I could be wrong. I could, I could be wrong. Usually the government doesn't agree to sweetheart deals unless they get something in return. While the government had originally sought $3.2 million in forfeitures from all defendants, they settled for $1 million from all defendants. Hold on. Where did they say they were getting these girls? Um, Eastern Europe? When I read that article, I didn't read it on stream. It was just something I read in my own time. About the trafficking in Israel. Was it the same place they were doing it from? I don't, if it is, maybe there's a connection. I have no idea. It's just, it's just I'm thinking of that. Anyway. Could be, I mean, trafficking, I think, is so rampant. It could definitely be completely separate, but anyway. Um, while the government had originally sought $3.2 in forfeitures from all defendants, they settled for $1 million from all defendants. Even more remarkable, they gave back two houses that had been seized, one in Florida and one in Georgia. Nowadays, Bo has a fake southern accent and looks like your typical rural conservative, However, instead of promoting right-wing ideas, he's pushing anarchist and left libertarian viewpoints under his alter ego, Bo of the Fifth Column. Here's where it gets even weirder. Recently, there was an LA Times article that revealed how big tech was trying to come up with new ways to curb right-wing extremism by using a bait-and-switch plan. Sounds more like the FBI, doesn't it? The whole idea is to get guys to grow scrabbly beards and wear trucker hats and talk in exaggerated southern accents about how rural they are and how much they love guns. You, well, you think that you're crazy. Good. Nice try. This is not going to work. Listen, AIDS is detectable. People will detect your leftist AIDS. There's no way you can get away with this. You're nodding your head and listening along, and before you know it, the hicklib starts talking about how they support common sense gun reform. Who wouldn't immediately vomit? You could be a, a fantastic commentator, and I'm listening. You say some shit like that, I'm going to almost vomit, okay? So, like, the idea that I'm going to be like, well, this is normal. What are you kidding? Now, look, I'm one person, maybe, you know, but uh, I don't know. And child transgenderism? Yeah, right. You got no shot selling that shit. And fighting for Ukraine and democratic socialism. What a nice try. Dude. It's so funny to watch the AIDS commies try and try and try. You got no chance. This is a zero threat. The idea began as a bait and switch. Give people searching online 
for terms like join Oath Keepers and bomb instructions, some content that seemed to fit their request, but instead offered an alternative to extremism. People don't want to be faggots, and when they hear faggot shit, they're going to just change the channel and find non-faggots, okay? The method developed by Moonshot CVE is called the Redirect through partnerships with Google as well as the Anti-Defamation League. The British fir firm's goal is to dissuade users from pursuing conspiracies and violent rhetoric by luring them with advertisements to other sites. Just one of dozens of ideas that tech companies are experimenting with. In the wake of the January 6th Capitol insurrection, they come under increasing pressure to prevent the spread of extremism on their platforms. Again, someone said this the other day. You know, you know this is probably already happening. They're going to have AI bots talking to people in voice chats. And they're going to, you know, the technology will advance. They're going to sound real. And part of being in a voice chat is going to be trying to identify the AI among you and kicking them out. Um, and, and it's not like this is the thing. This is the thing. It's not like, well, only people that are up to no good are going to have to deal with that. No, no, no. They infiltrate everything. You, you understand your silence is violence, according to them. Okay, so whether you are mad at the government and you have all the unacceptable opinions or you're just a normie that just wants to play Minecraft or, or play Call of Duty and you like calling your buddy a faggot, you're going to get the AI bot, AI bot in there and they're going to try to fucking infiltrate everything because those people are the enemy too to the commies. Normal people that just want to live, yeah, you're the enemy too. So yeah, good luck. Good luck with this. Anyway, it's going to be like that movie with Will Smith. Except it's not going to be physical robots yet. We're getting there. We'll get the physical robots at some point. Um, in an effort to blunt federal regulation, California's internet giants repeatedly have insisted they're working to solve the problem. The flow of dangerous content continues to proliferate. Well, it's not dangerous content. It's just people being normal and not obeying the insanity of leftists. Uh, and an internet figure known as Bo, the fifth column, Moonshot thought it had found the perfect person to redirect online users to. Should we really believe they just randomly picked Bo as the ideal online influencer to, steal, to steer right-wing white guys toward and then only later started to question his true identity? That sounds pretty unlikely, especially if Bo was already involved in some secret scheme. The LA Times article feels like a smokescreen aimed at throwing off anyone who's skeptical about who Bo might actually be working for. It continues. Broadcasting, as the USA Today, broadcasting under a bare light bulb from a shed packed with camping gear, Bo appeared as a southern gun owner with progressive views. He had a calming demeanor, unkempt beard, military aura, and huge following. But Bo, whose real name is Justin King, also had a history of supporting anarchism and making statements that to many may seem anti-Semitic. Well, given that everything is anti-Semitic, that's not surprising. He is a felon. The fiasco over Moonshot's redirect experiment comes to a head last week in Washington as federal legislatures grilled the chief executive officers of Twitter, Facebook, and Google about extremism and misinformation. They sent people who were already looking for violence to a convicted felon with anarchist and anti-Semitic views, said Representative Morgan Griffin. That's funny. They don't even buy their shit. Griffin says it raises one of the key questions about moderating online platforms. Who is vetting the vetters? We continue to need more trans uh, transparency and accountability. 
Critics say the underlying issue is that Internet companies don't want regulators to target their secret algorithms, which drive billions in profit, but can also guide online users to extremist sites. That's made up. So they seek to use a patchwork of interventions that might not solve a problem and in some cases can create another one. The stakes are high for the social media giants. Gets even better, of course. The ADL is involved. The LA Times piece goes on to describe how Bo was being promoted from deep within Silicon Valley with the ADL's endorsement. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, based on the origins of the ADL and how the, the origin story of the ADL is, uh, this was one of those things when I first heard it, I was like, I got to verify that. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. So a Jewish pedophile, I believe, raped and murdered a little girl. And the ADL formed to help get this Jewish pedophile off. And how they wanted to get him off is they blamed the black guy for it. <laughs> That's the ADL. Now, given their origin story, I mean, there's some other details, but I think that's the gist of it. Um, given that that's the origin of the ADL, it is not surprising at all. It's the least surprising news of the day that the guy that the ADL is promoting is a literal human trafficker of what seems to be predominantly white women. Not surprising in the least bit. Now, with the ADL involved, it makes me wonder, is there a, 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 some sort of involvement with what was going on in Israel? <clears throat> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That's a hell of a coincidence, I tell you that much. The story of Bo's intersection with Silicon Valley began with the 2020 election season. You know, it would be wild. I, this is kind of how a lot of this shit sometimes works out. Is like, you kind of, you don't necessarily go down a rabbit hole. But you might like, you know, just kind of briefly look at it and kind of get the gist of it. And... Um, I, I generally don't really dive deep in a rabbit hole and, unless I'm unconvinced. You know what I mean? If I'm like, this still sounds like bullshit, I will keep investigating until I get like a satisfactory answer. With the uh, trafficking thing in Israel, I, I, I'm pretty it seems to check out. Okay, I, I'm satisfied. You know, if other people want to act like it's not as it seems, no problem. Hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com. It's not really that huge of a deal because this is what, I mean... Yeah, this is what is done. This is what is done. It's fucking crazy. It's a huge problem. Anyway, um, but the way a lot of this shit works out sometimes is like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a guy like, like not kicking his screen, but who's like, yeah, this is one of the major guys involved in the whole thing. It would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if it turned out this guy was like a major, one of the, one of the major players. I don't know. I'm just saying. It usually it seems to work out that way. Not always, though. Anyway, the story of Bo's intersection with Silicon Valley began with the 2020 election season. Moonshot and the ADL teamed up last fall to dissuade Internet users from pursuing conspiracies and violent rhetoric by luring them with an advertisement to content that included his video. Moonshot succeeded in creating 1,330 engagements with its target audience, intercepting thousands of searches across the U.S., including more than 600 people who may have viewed Bo's clips after searching for content about armed groups. All right, so how many of those 600 people concluded that Bo is a, a weak faggot and moved on to find real people? I bet it's a solid percentage. The video focused on how armed black men are threatened with undue suspicion by law enforcement and stressed the need for people of all races to work together for change, according to the company's report. But in February, Moonshot received an anonymous complaint alleging that King 
the independent journalist who plays the character, has been involved in far violent far-left rhetoric. King said in an interview with the Times, he's not anti-Semitic. He describes himself as being very anti-authoritarian and said he considers himself politically left of the Democrat Party, but not an extremist. He views anarchy as an ideal, but not the type of anarchist to be throwing rocks at cops. I'd love a stateless society where everyone gets along. Uh, is Bo an undercover federal agent? Just like with Ray Epps, the jury is still out, but the evidence seems to point in a certain direction. Regardless, Bo's largest fan base seems to be on the left, so if the FBI's goal is to deceive conservatives, that's not happening. Exactly. But they, they're certainly pulling a fast one on the left, no doubt about it. Well, that makes this satisfying, then. <laughs> that makes this satisfying. That's fantastic. Yeah, look, man, Revolver just really... They uncover lots of feds. They're great. Revolver is just fantastic. More, more feds to, uh, to be un uncovered. Fantastic. And I also wonder, like all of these people on YouTube, uh, not everybody, uh, but like, you know, if, uh, you can apply this to any in, quote unquote independent commentator on YouTube. If they are saying things with the same phrasing as the media, there is probably something inor inorganic going on. Probably. So, you know, it, yeah, it's fascinating. All right. Very good. So, um, there, so apparently the pedophiles and the pedophile enablers in Tennessee are so rabid to make sure that pedophiles have access to children that they are fighting this tooth and nail and they found a pedophile supporting judge to rule in their favor. So the pedophiles have a temporary win in Tennessee because they have a real big pedophile pride event coming up. Tennessee district attorney has been blocked from enforcing state law, shielding kids from explicit performances. A federal judge blocked a, a, a pedophile-friendly federal judge blocked the Tennessee district attorney from enforcing the state's law, shielding children from sexually explicit performances ahead of a pride event after he was sued by the explicitly pro-pedophile American Civil Liberties Union. The judge's ruling comes after the pro-pedophile ACLU filed a lawsuit this week against Blount County-based DA Ryan Desmond, who sent a letter to Blount County Pride saying that any explicit performances in front of children would not be allowed at a pride event. So just, just understand the score and what's going on here, okay? This guy sent a letter to these people at quote-unquote pride and simply said, do not perform sexually explicit performances in front of children. Now, normal gay people, normal people of any group, black, white, Hispanic, a normal person would say, well, of course we're not going to do that. Why would you even think we would do that? We're not going to do that. Yeah, that's fucked up. No problem. There's no, there's no issue. Okay? That's not what these people do. These people freak out and they get the ACLU involved to make sure that they can put on an explicit sexual performance in front of children. What do you call everyone involved with that? Fucking pedophiles. In my book, at least. In my book. Okay. Um, so this is supposed to take place. Oh, it's taking place today. The pedophile event is today. It's probably going on right now in Knoxville. Videos emerged from Pride events across the country of explicit drag performances with children present and looking on. 
It is certainly possible the event in question will not violate any of the criminal statutes, Desmond said. However, if sufficient evidence is presented to this office that these reference criminal statutes have been violated, our office will ethically and justly prosecute these cases in the interest of justice. This is what, and I think this could be effective because it's already been shown to be effective because people are like, what can you do? Like, what can, realistically, what can you do about this? I think if you look at people like Tyler Hansen, Tyler Hansen and uh, who's the other one? Sarah Gonzalez. I think this was an, a lot of these uh, pedophile events, I think in, the ones in Texas, I think a lot of them were in Austin. So what do they do? They go undercover and they record these things and then they expose them. And what that does is it, it makes people aware of this. They then complain to law enforcement and the politicians, and they have been able to reduce the amount of these events in Texas. Now, they're not zero, but there has been a reduction. So one of the things you could do now, granted, it's going to require you to like hold in your vomit and deal with like insanity going on around you. But it is very helpful to completely legal find out what I don't know what the laws are as far as recording in Tennessee so make sure you obviously follow the laws and regulations of your municipality because if you even cough wrong they're going to fucking put you away for 10 years just understand you know you don't have the rights you're supposed to have right now in many places not all places some red places you have the rights you're supposed to have but in many places you do not have the rights you're supposed to have um and so, but yeah, just uh, recording undercover legally and, and exposing the footage. That seems to work. That's one thing that seems to work. So, and also, here's the thing, because I, you know, it, what they did in Texas is good. I'm glad they did it. I want to see prosecutions, though. People need to be arrested for this. This is insane. So you might have a situation in Tennessee if they win. So from what I understand, this shit's being disputed in the courts. If the based uh, Republicans win in Tennessee. If What's this guy? Is this Scametti or whatever, the based Italian? Um, if, if, no, this is Ryan Desmond. Okay, so we have another one. If this base DA, Ryan Desmond, if he wins, if, if they win, they can retroactively enforce this law, I believe, I believe. So, yeah, if you have evidence and they win the case, you could, you could, it could lead to the arrest of, of, of pedophiles and pedophile adjacent people. So anyway, that's, that would be, if you're asking me, what can people do? That's something people can do. Um, but like I said, you, you got to re research to make sure what you're doing is legal because these people are crazy. Um, but yeah, that's something legal. And, uh, and there you go. Anyway, so, uh, Again, if it's legal in that place. I think it's legal in Texas. So they sent this letter to Blount County. Uh, Desmond had a temporary restraining order placed on him by pro-pedophile U.S. District Judge Ronnie Greer, meaning that he's blocked from enforcing Tennessee's Adult Entertainment Act. Also part of the suit was Flamey Grant, who has been portrayed in the media as a quote-unquote Christian drag performer. Yeah. The law has previously been blocked before by a federal judge in Memphis, but it could be enforced outside of Shelby County. In late June, U.S. District Judge Thomas Parker in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Tennessee blocked the law after Friends of George's, a self-described pro-pedophile LGBTQ theater company based in Memphis, filed a suit challenging the law. 
Blount County Pride, being represented by the ACLU, claims that Desmond's letter to the Pride group was a naked attempt to chill free speech. Again, uh, performing sexually explicit performances in front of children is not protected. That's illegal. You're insane. You're completely insane. You're completely insane. Had Defendant Desmond merely wished to notify the public that he intends to enforce the law, he could have issued a public statement. Instead, he sent a letter targeting Blount Pride and the drag artists who are scheduled to perform. Yeah, they're the ones that, are, that want to perform sexually in front of children. Tennessee's law has been supported by an 18-state coalition, an America First Legal in Court, who say the law is necessary to protect children. South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson said protecting children from obscene and lewd behavior is not a new idea. We need to let kids be kids, and the state has legal authority to ensure their protection. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, hopefully the based Tennessee people win the lawsuit. We have uh, state senators calling for censorship of Matt Walsh to prevent more emotional damage. What is like, That's not It's made up. A recent Matt Walsh appearance at New Mexico State University upset two AIDS commie New Mexico State Senators so much that they're now asking the university to address the policies that allowed Walsh to speak on campus. Lunatic commie Democrat State Senators Carrie Hamblin and William Souls, along with seven other state, county, and municipal government officials, signed a letter last month addressed to the MNSU Board of Regents interim president. In the letter, the officials expressed their extreme disappointment that the university allowed Walsh to speak on campus. They should respond, go fuck yourself, Senator. The letter, first reported by uh, Young America's Foundation, accused Walsh of encouraging violence, totally made up, and spouting racist and pro-slavery rhetoric, totally made up, but legally protected. The officials also accused Walsh of minimizing accusations against known pedophiles and child abusers uh, without providing any basis to level the accusation. What? Minimizing accusation? How did he minimize accusations? You're minimizing accusations. Whatever. As you prepare for new students coming in the fall, we would welcome a serious conversation about the rationale for allowing this type of event that would knowingly frighten and harm part of the student population. Hilarious. I hope you were frightened. I love to frighten commies. They're not frightened. I wish they were. I wish it was as easy as they pretended it is. All you have to do is be really fucking based, and they die. They just die. They, oh, you're killing people. They're going to die. People are going to You don't find trannies attractive. They're going to kill themselves. If it was that easy, it would be, this problem would be fixed in about a week. You would have the Grand Kami Massacre that would make Pinochet from the grave be like, God damn, look at how many commies they're killing with just their memes and their finding trannies unattractive. Can't believe it. It's amazing. But it ain't that easy. Yeah, unfortunately. That's why, again, legal and humane escorting out. <clears throat> That's all. That is all. Um, as you prepare for new students coming in the fall, we would welcome a serious conversation about the rationale for allowing this type of event 
that would knowingly frighten and harm part of the student population. Learn who in the administration supported this and what policies or actions will be taken in the future to prevent further emotional and psychological damage to some of the most vulnerable in our student population. Absolute big-time crybullies. Holy shit. As noted by Young America's Foundation, NMSU's status as a public university means it had no basis to prevent Walsh from speaking on campus after he had been invited by the club that went through all the proper channels to host the event. You know what I would try to do? And, you know, he, he, he might not be up for it, but I would try to get these, uh, uh, I would try to put these sensitive lunatics in a room and uh, have them listen to uh, the hell, Ted Nugent. <laughs> That would be hilarious. <laughs> Have Ted Nugent berate them. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Anyway, as noted, uh, let's see. Uh, NMSU has a responsibility to shield the trans and queer individuals, many of whom were disregarded when expressing their concerns and fears because of the Walsh event. The letter adds, citing House Bill 207, which requires the state's Human Rights Act to apply to all New Mexico government agencies, institutions, cities, counties, and public contractors. The bill also adds definitions for sex, gender, gender identity, which is made up, disabilities, and sexual orientation to the Human Rights Act. Interim President Jay Gouge reportedly asked Jewel Navarrete, the chairwoman, of the YAF to meet with him and Hamblin. Navarrete said she and her fellow conservative students will continue to stand up for the First Amendment rights. Good, don't cuck. Um, we'll continue to fight for the right to free speech and expression on our campus. These public officials have no right to say what kind of ideas can or cannot be expressed at NMSU. Good, good for you. Don't, don't cuck. All right, so the ADL calling for even more censorship than normal. ADL calls on Biden and Harris to create directive to tackle online hate through public-private partnership. A high-profile meeting was convened at the White House this week. They, they called them civil rights leaders. These are not civil rights leaders. And members of the King family, the ADL supported by well-known civil rights advocates, ridiculous, urged Biden and Harris to create a robust plan targeting online hate, anti-Semitism, and extremism. What does that mean? Normal people, uh, normal people talking about normal things. Uh, you know, maybe they're not gargling Israel's cock. Uh, you know, they might not like the tranny stuff. They might just want to, like, talk about normal things. All of this is unacceptable. You're an extremist. The phrase, <laughs> lethal threat of hate-motivated violence, yeah, was highlighted as a crisis needing immediate attention. While the issue of violent hate crimes cannot be minimized, the rush to enact potentially restricted... No, they can, they can be minimized because most of them are completely made up. You, you, what you need to do is you need to tackle violence. You need to come down hard on violence, okay? Why a person's being violent is irrelevant. Just fucking put them away for a long time if they hurt innocent people. It doesn't matter why they're doing it. Um, The rush to enact potentially restrictive measures regarding online speech opens up a Pandora's box of censorship and surveillance. That makes me think of Hellraiser. You know what would be, man, you know what would be great? If somehow, like, you, uh, you got the box... And you figured out how you could, like, sick the box on other people. So, like, you could, like, you know, do the box but, like, throw it into the room. And the Hellraiser people wouldn't come for you. Because I think according to the lore, 
whoever like does the box like like a Rubik's cube, uh, they're gonna fuck with you. You know, you 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 called them and you're in trouble now. You got you got big problems. I don't know how you get out of that. I don't even remember how they got out of that. I don't think they ever got out of it. Anyway, whatever. I should watch those again. Those are fantastic. At least the first two are it's fantastic. Um, it gets cartoonish after that, but still good though. Still not AIDS, not AIDS, but a little cartoonish. That's okay. That's okay. Anyway, um, if you could almost use it like a grenade, so you could like like you know this college we just talked about. If you could just like do the Rubik's cube to the box and throw it in the room, and then the Hellraiser people are gonna have to deal with them, and you could just sit out there, and you'll probably you'll like all you hear is a bunch of screaming, and you'll see like electricity, and you hear chains rattling, and and then you know after a while there's nothing going on and the beauty from what i understand it in the movie is that like everything disappears once they leave when they leave it just all goes back to normal and so then there's like no there's no trace of anything they're like they're in another dimension problem solved anyway whatever <clears throat> excuse me oh you know it was a good hellraiser type movie what was the name of that movie was it called the portal there was a movie that was surprisingly good. I think it was called The Portal. I'll have to check. It was like, I could, I really was like, wow, this was a fucking good movie. Because normally I expect every movie to suck now. I'll have to find out. That was a very good horror movie. Couldn't believe it. Anyway. The phrase lethal... Uh, okay. Um... ADL's CEO, Rabbi Nosferatu, drew a connection between the recent racist shooting in Jacksonville and the landmark civil rights march on Washington. Do you know how many black-on-white murders there are? It's not even... It, it, it's so disproportionate. Like, so, so where's our comparison to the march on Washington or whatever fucking bullshit you want to exploit? What, are you kidding me with this? Uh, while few question the gravity of violence, the implication that widespread societal censorship and government oversight could serve as a valuable solutions invites concerns over constitutional rights, something groups such as the ADL appear to ignore when constantly pushing for online censorship. Yeah, they, well, they hate the country and they want to try to do what they can to dismantle it. Among the alarming su suggestions was the appointment of a high-ranking czar focused, uh, excuse me, focused solely on combating domestic extremism and hatred. This hints at a centralized power structure that might marginalize dissenting views under the umbrella term of extremism. Well, they're already doing this. A term which history shows can be distressingly malleable in the hands of those in power. Similarly, the recommendation for a presidential study directive to assess current mechanisms for countering online hate raises critical questions. The notion that public and private entities could collaborate to scrutinize and regulate online behavior smacks of an Orwellian future where Big Brother monitors thoughts and expressions. I appreciate Reclaim the Net. I appreciate the person that's written this article. Uh, so this is not necessarily a negative. But, like, we're already here. We're already here. Like, I think... Look, people realize that at, like, a certain point, and not everyone is at the same point, which is fine. Like, the person writing this argument, excuse me, the person writing this article at least gets it. So that's good enough. That's fine. But, yeah, we're already, we're in the Orwellian shit. Think about this. Someone put this on Twitter. This was a very good uh, uh, tweet today. They had pictures, and it is, it's another world. They had pictures of, like, society, American society, 
from like 1930, 1950. And, and their point was people talk about we're headed towards a, a, uh, like a futuristic hellscape or whatever. And their point was we're in it. Imagine what these people show these people like, okay, so like some of the videos are from like New York City. Show those people New York City now. Show people in Philly from back then Kensington now. Like it's we are in the hellscape. We are in the hellscape. Now, maybe the hellscape just got started. You know, we're in the initial phases of it, but we're, we're fucking in it. We are in it. We are absolutely in it. Um, but again, as long as you get it, I, I don't care. And also, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm I'm taking things too far, and I and I'm jaded. It's very possible that my perspective my perspective gets warped because a lot of this shit I cover is very negative. It's very possible. I hope so. It's one of the things I'm hoping. I just not I don't see a lot of people arguing that. You know, normally if you're if you're off, you'll get some emails and people will be like, hey, you know, good good reasonable. Like they'll be like, hey. You know, like like when when I was I started keeping track of the COVID numbers and I got multiple this was years ago multiple people they're like you, you want to make sure these COVID numbers are real, you know before you you, you do that like because I was doing the Mueller thing, remember I was keeping track of the Mueller money and and then when I and I was like you know that's a good point actually like yeah, like if these numbers are bullshit which they did turn out to be bullshit, so that was like a good that was a good point I've never I've said this before I've never gotten an email where someone's like you know you're being a little too harsh on these people. Which is possible I'm being harsh on these people, but I've never gotten gotten any. Frankly, I got I got a message about two weeks ago from a guy who a reasonable person, viewer of the show, but I would say to the left of me on some things, um, who was like, I think I hate them more than you do, and I was like, wow, wow, okay, and then he he goes over this long list, all the things in the list, completely accurate about what's going on. And uh, and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I can't blame you for that. So, uh, yeah. Things like that make me think that, like, yeah, I, I'm either... I, you know, I'm probably about right with my level of harshness. Some would argue I could be more harsh. But, you know, I'm, I'm like the level that, it, that I feel. You know, it just is what it is. Anyway. It's a hell of a thing that this, this timeline is a hell of a thing. Anyway, so uh, back to the article here. Um, the call to revive United We Stand submits and uh, implement diversity, equity, inclusion measures, which are insane, within federal agencies further signals the government's intent to institutionalize its vision of social harmony. Well, it's a very anti-white future. Um, perhaps at the cost of free dialogue and individual liberties. In attendance were leaders from various civil rights organizations. So, so again, don't, don't accept the framing. Don't accept the framing. These are not civil rights organizations. These organizations take away your civil rights. Maybe in the past they were civil rights organizations. They're not now. Communists have infiltrated all of these organizations. They are all illegitimate, and they all need to be dismantled and replaced. And, and replacement, I don't even know how that would work because we're either going to have no advocacy for the races or everyone gets to have a group. Either everyone gets to have a civil rights group or no one does. This whole everyone can do it except white people, that's fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. Especially now. You know, you could, like, yeah, 30 years ago, like, I could see why people would argue, why would white people need that? Okay, now, now... In hindsight, it would have been a good idea to keep... This is the type of thing. They shut you out of the room if you don't put your foot in the door. 
So 30 years ago, if you could argue that, yeah, maybe it wasn't needed, it probably would have been wise to do it as long as if you, if you at the earliest possible stage presented yourself unflinchingly, we're doing uh, civil rights and advocacy for white people. You don't have to like it. And there was no cucking and you just fucking did it. Then it becomes as, as the lunatics freak out and then they realize you're not going anywhere. Then it becomes normalized. Okay, then you probably don't have the problems that you're having now. But unfortunately, white people went along with this idea that everyone gets to have representation and advocacy for their group's interests, except white people, which is now you can see why that was a really bad fucking idea. But I see why people went along with it. I went along with it. Because it would get yeah, 30 years ago. Well, why would you need it? 20 years ago, why would you need it? Well, you need it for shit like this. This is why you need it for the future. You need it for the future, which, yeah, to help. So either everyone gets it or no one gets it. Um, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, what's weird is um, more and more people are seeing this. I mean, I will tell like, more and more commentators, I just notice, are talking about this shit. Whereas 10 years ago, it was like, oh, I can't believe all that. What are you talking about, anti-white racism now? It's like, so the part of it is like, it's so obvious now. I think the people 10, 15 years ago, I think they saw like the early or 20 years, however long you want to go back. They might have saw like the twinges of it, like the earliest thing. They're like, hey, you know, uh, seeing a little bit of this shit here, you might want to do so. And people, you know, of course, they were met with outrage and deep banking and all sorts of shit. Uh, now it's so in your face that like normies are like, yeah, look at all this anti-white shit. So it's very fascinating. All right, so yeah, GoFundMe is censoring the gray zone. GoFundMe, the online fundraising platform, has come under fire for what appears to be overt politicization of its politicization, yeah, of its services. And what is being broadly interpreted as an act of economic censorship, GoFundMe terminated a campaign organized by the gray zone, a leftist and anti-war website led by Max Blumenthal and Aaron Mate. Yeah, I, I mean they are lefty. I, I, I don't know. When I talk about leftists and AIDS commies, I, I'm not talking about them. I mean, if you want to include them in that group, you're free. Include whoever you want. I, I just, I don't really have a beef with, with them, and I think they do very good uh, work related to uh, calling out bullshit from the regime. The campaign aimed to generate funds for reporting of Kit Clarenberg, Wyatt Reed, and Alex Rubenstein. It garnered 90000 from well over... A thousand well-meaning individuals before GoFundMe abruptly pulled the plug. Zelensky probably called them up, or Zelensky's gimp called them up, and we're like, "You got to stop these people." The Gray Zone reported it had garnered support from over a thousand donors uh, before GoFundMe decided to halt the disbursement of funds. An email from a member of the site's trust and safety team, known as Sabrina, cited external concerns as the reason for the review. <laughs> Our number one goal here, according to the whores at GoFundMe, is ensuring the money from GoFundMe fundraisers always gets to the right place. So we really appreciate you helping us to make Go make sure GoFundMe is a safe place to give. The timing of the financial freeze is noteworthy as it comes on the heels of sanctions imposed on the Gray Zone's managing editor, Wyatt Reed, by Venmo and PayPal. I think this is all at the direction of... Uh, of uh, 
the Ukrainian or American governments. The, the incident spotlights the increasingly politicized nature of economic mechanisms with GoFundMe emerging as an archetype of this unsettling trend. By this point, GoFundMe is becoming renowned for its censorship. Last year, it extensively censored the civil liberties protests in Canada and even shut down campaigns from parents and students. I think the most egregious one, if I have this correct, it was quite a while ago. There was a white Irish boy child viciously beaten by migrants in in Ireland and they they uh, put up a GoFundMe for his medical bills and they shut it down that's a hell of a thing that is like next level I might have the country wrong I think it was Ireland anyway what the fuck is I mean it's not surprising this is not surprising but what the fuck New York police to deploy drones to monitor Labor Day weekend parties the NYPD's announcement to deploy drones as uninvited guests at private backyard gatherings this weekend continues to ignite a heated debate over personal freedom and privacy, a treacherous line that government authorities seem keen to cross as much as possible. Responding to complaints about large gatherings over the upcoming Labor Day celebrations, Assistant NYPD PD Commissioner Kaz Daughtery says drones will come into play if a large crowd, a large party in a backyard gets reported. This shocking move showcases a worrying amount of overreach from the authorities, prompting criticism from privacy advocates and citizens who know the value of freedoms. Indeed, it does feel as though we are living in a dystopian sci-fi narrative with these police surveillance revelations. Is Mayor Eric Adams endorsing an eerie future where every movement is monitored from the sky? Of course he is. Alarmingly, the NYPD seems to be coy about disclosing their drone policies. A request for comment from AIDS commie Mayor Adams only received links to laid-back guidelines for private drone operations in the city. Is this preparation for when these silent observers become more commonplace in the urban skies? Of course it is. And you know at some point they're going to be monitoring how much meat you're cooking. Holy shit, man. That's wild. Completely wild. Okay. Let's get to some videos. Start off with TYT. Upset that Donald Trump made a t-shirt out of his mugshot. How dare he? I just want to thank you for your tremendous support. And here it is. If you want to go out and get it, you can go out and get it. Have fun with it. But people do like it, I must say. Thank you very much. What a salesman. Like <laughs> OK, there he is uh, hawking the mugshot. Nothing's off limits. That's um, right. Jordan, you first. What what did you make of how quickly the merch went up? And um, he, an enthusiastic salesperson. I was kind of rating him against Don Jr. to see who who was better at it. Oh, it's incredible! But it was inevitable, right? They had to spin this as some sort of positive thing. But inher- there's like an inherent contradiction in this shirt. It's a picture of. Could you talk any more feminine? Holy shit. Him having surrendered in Fulton County for his indictment. It's just, no one's going to think that through. Uh, people. Are- Ojama King has a deeper voice than him. Well, that's because Ojama King is a man. So. They're going to buy it regardless. They want to turn him into some martyr. That's just the way we do politics now. He's a victim. He's a martyr. People are going to rush to sympathize with him and support him as a result. And you see that in the polling because with every indictment, there has been another drop for DeSantis and Trump. Yeah, I think this is a little woman. I think this dude is an actual, I think this is like a little woman. It's continued 
to climb. You could see, I went back and looked at the polling last week. From his very first indictment, you just see a fork. And Trump goes up and DeSantis just continues to go down. And that's just how they're spinning this entire election. He is a victim, they're putting him in the martyr role. And now you can, you they've commodified it. And you can own a piece of that martyrdom for however much they're charging for that t-shirt. It's, it's really incredible. It's $34. I looked it up. Jesus uh, I want the card. I'm getting the card and I went on eBay and I looked up Trump cards. There's a bunch of Trump cards. Some of them are crazy expensive because there's not a lot of them. Apparently, I did not know this. The Topps company, they make a lot of cards for sports and shit. In 2016, they made a set related to the election. And it's all these fucking hilarious cards of Trump on stage with like Hillary Clinton. And like, the problem is because there's not a lot of them, they're very expensive, especially the graded ones. I don't give a shit either way, but uh, um, but they're, I mean, they're very expensive. Uh, I imagine there's probably, there's probably uh, fakes out there, I would think. Although I don't know if it's something popular enough that people would fake. I mean, there are cheap ones too. Like the one that I uh, saw on Twitter, which was hilarious because it's of the mugshot. So yeah, I, uh, I I'm gonna be looking into at least the, the cheaper ones because it's hilarious and also I think someone sent me I, I had said uh, I want to see it on a coin I think that's been done I think someone sent sent me I I, I saw it come up on in my phone in a notification I, I just I can't find the uh, I think it was on Twitter but I'll I'll, I'll find it yeah uh, the coin that'll be hilarious I'm saying that <laughs> okay yeah guys no. I love that video. I think Trump is accidentally hilarious. Every part of that video was hilarious. He's like, but people like it. <laughs> he seems surprised by it, right? He can't help but be accidentally honest too. In a way that hurts his cause. Okay, so I have a too strong mug on the desk, right? I'll do it like Trump. Uh, get your too strong coffee, everybody at twostrongcoffee.com slash TYT. I guess some people like it, but hey, uh, think Total cringe, total cringe. Thank you very much. <laughs> the worst salesman in the world. Um, no wonder all of his companies went bankrupt. I, I Look, I have a comment about uh, his merchandising uh, habits as well. But I want to play the video again because I can't get enough of it. Let's watch it one more time. I just want to thank you for your tremendous support. And here it is. If you want to go out and get it, you can go out and get it. Have fun with it. But people do like it, I must say. Thank you very much. <laughs> he literally grimaced. Yeah. Like <laughs> it looked like SNL a little bit, like the start of SNL. It really did. Yeah, I saw one online said he now looks like uh, he's par parody. He's doing a parody of Alec Baldwin doing a parody of Donald Trump. <laughs> okay, so thank you very much. <laughs> really, it's an SNL skit. It's hilarious. Okay, guys, to be fair to him. Um, I know that it doesn't look like this is the kind of thing a billionaire would do, but Warren Buffett was doing the same exact thing on Twitch earlier today. Hawking mm. uh, t-shirts at 34 bucks a pop because that's what billionaires do. I mean, think about how, what a hilarious liar this guy is. Billionaire, he ain't anywhere close to it. He's doing these humiliating. He doesn't, so, so again, they're pretending that Trump is not rich. Unbelievable. Videos. He's an ex president. 
Okay, when I try to slang merch, we're struggling here. Help them. You are struggling. Yeah, what are your book sales going to be? Is your book even coming out? Brother out. ShopTYT.com. Okay. TYT.com. Like, he just admitted that people don't buy their merch. That's fantastic news. Justice. That guy is in nearly 80 years old, claiming he has $10 billion, and he's like, thank you very much. Please buy this T-shirt. Oh, my God. You're raising campaign money, retard. I mean, he's funny. He's accidentally funny. But to turn every negative into a positive and every coin he can grab, I, I do wonder. You know, Jordan mentioned the polls and DeSantis going down and Trump going up with every indictment. Why can't someone like DeSantis, you know, why doesn't he have pudding? Why isn't pudding on a mug or a t shirt? Why would you put pudding on a mug? How come he can't? Nobody seems to be able to do what 45 is able to do. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna give a real quick comment on that, Sharon. I think you're I'm right. Idiot. So DeSantis is too touchy, and, he, and so he, he can't own the pudding stuff. It's just not his time. It's simple as that. It might not be his time ever because of how bad this campaign has been. Because it makes him feel awkward, and he doesn't like it, and he's kind of a mean guy, right? Trump is mean in a different way, and he hates this whole mugshot thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and every insider has said it. Uh, the idea that he could go to prison and the fact that his reputation was soiled by uh, all of these arrests, he hates it. That's why he, I think, grimaced when he's like, uh, people like it, because uh, he doesn't like it. He hates it, but he's like, ah, I'm gonna make, uh, but our margin on it is $27. All right, okay, let's do it. Let's go, let's roll. Three, two, one, people like it. Rudy's still waiting for his, his cut. It's not coming. Uh, I mean, to the pudding thing, I mean, DeSantis, to go to how uncomfortable he is and how unwilling he is to own these types of things and just try to spin him as a positive, he could have just been like, oh, yeah, so what? I We didn't have a spoon. We were on. It's the whole th pudding thing's just gay. Like, it's like not even, like, who cares? Like, what? Who fucking cares? On the fly, campaigning's hard. And then spin it into, I'm approving. The awkward smiling stuff is at least like, you know, that's memeable. You could meme that. It's awkward and it's cringe. Who fucking cares? Pudding. Who cares? Executive, here's my results. I actually, you know, ran or I'm, I'm running this state. I'm actually doing it well, unlike Trump with the country. And the proof is in the pudding. And sell, you know, some. That's total cringe. Something, a bumper sticker, whatever. Make that like your slogan for the That's week. That's not good advice. If you want to sell merch, cool. First of all, it's bullshit. And then secondly, it's cringe. Spin it into a talking point. Instead, they sat back and cowered in fear, denied it. And let the Trump campaign honestly make one of the funniest political ads I've ever seen. Oh yeah, the the putting fingers ad was awesome. Yeah, and I that's just, like no, it wasn't. It's just disgusting. Scooping it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, good. and that's the thing. You gotta own it. If you, if yeah. Eminem has taught us anything, it's to own. That's not why he's doing so badly. Your own mistakes and failures before other people own you. And so Trump is good at that. He's the top insult comic in the country. And and so he's like, oh, you mugshot? Oh, yeah, I'll make money off of it. See how you like it. If I was DeSantis, I'd have dipped my fingers on live TV into something else, okay? <laughs> and then be like, hey, if you're criticizing me, uh, read between the lines. That's a horrible idea. Oh yeah. Okay. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> uh, and then and then everybody laughs, and then we're no, it's disgusting. Past it, Cringe but he can't do disgusting. it. That's why he can't be Trump. Oof. Uh, that, that clown making 51 videos a night like he did the other night. 
like hawking slanging merch like a desperate sweating orange madman is still good enough to kick Ron DeSantis's ass. Thanks for watching the young All right, let's see next one here. Tucker Carlson takes a shot at female management at Fox News. Oh no. Oh, how dare he? My view on Fox hasn't really changed. They let me say whatever I want whatever I wanted, really, for 14 years. And I, I'll never stop being grateful for that. And then, obviously, I said too much. And I'm not exactly sure what I said that was bad. No one ever told me. But one day, they're like, oh, can't have this anymore. And they fired me. And I even told them as they were firing me, like, it's your business. So humble. Obviously, that was Tucker Carlson on his mediocre X show with Barstool Sports founder Dave. How is it mediocre? Portnoy opening up about his... He's destroying you and the corporate media with views. Now, I know there's a difference between, like, they call it views and it's impressions. I understand that. But even if you're going by actual views, he's destroying the media and the Young Turks. Firing from Fox News. First glance, you might think, it's a bit of a shock to hear Tucker sing the praises of his former network. But then he obviously had to make an insane comment. Listen. I made a pencil up, never work for anyone else again, and I never will. But um, I can't be mad about it. I mean, they were they were great to me. I, the Murdochs were always nice to me, and uh, and one day for whatever reason they'd had enough. So I wasn't. My feelings weren't hurt. I was not expecting it. So were you like when for, for me when I was with Penn, I knew there were things it's like oh I can't go there. They made that clear. Did you feel like at Fox you could say whatever you want? Well, there was always internal. I mean, they. The Murdochs were always nice. They never got in my way at all. They were always super nice to me. But there were, you know, small mind. It's a company run by fearful women. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> there were always like, you know, second tier people who were hassling my producers. But no one ever called me. I got along with everybody. But I mean, I think they knew like the, the censorship is that's not like I'm not. Don't yeah. welcome that. You right. know. Yeah. Fearful women, you know, who didn't want to get sued for a hundred million dollars because of. BS and lies Tucker spreading. Um, let's remind you of some of this. The former Fox star was let go back in April. Many celebrated. Uh, this was during a tumultuous time for the network, which had recently settled a $787.5 million defamation suit. Network was also facing a lawsuit from former Fox producer, alleged in toxic workplace atmosphere. Yes, she alleged that she had to deal with Christmas decorations. Outrageous. Spirit. Tucker Carlson tonight, Fox eventually settled that too, media with the reporting. Additionally, there were reports that Carlson had referred to a senior Fox News executive as a C-word. One of those fearful women, I'm sure. Tuck Tuck also discusses coverage of the Russia-Ukraine war and how it made the network very angry. But they never actually got in the way of anything. Our view on the war in Ukraine was really, really hated. I could feel it. And my view was not pro-Russia, never has been pro-Russia. Just like, this is not our fight. It's yeah, not but disobedience to the narrative is pro-Russia. Good for us. We should just put an end to the war because people die in war. I've seen it. It's bad. And just saying that was considered like crazy pro-Kremlin propaganda. And they were very mad about that. But to their credit, they never said anything to me about it directly. I could just smell it. And uh, so I, I really just don't have any complaints. And I will say, and I know that you've experienced this, you know it's true. Being humiliated in public, being fired, I have been a couple of times, is totally good for you in the end.
because it keeps you from thinking you're Jesus or like getting like super crazy hubris guy, you know? There's just something where I feel like he's making a push to get back on there. He wants to get back on. Why does he want to get back on there? He doesn't need Fox. He's destroying them uh, ratings wise. There. Uh, Tucker probably uh, doesn't realize just how many insane predictions he's made regarding Russia. On Thursday, Russia's most prominent propagandist, Vladimir Solovyo, butchered that, made some pretty serious threats towards Carlson. Uh, the latest broadcast of the evening with Vladimir Solovyo featured multiple clips of Carlson's hysterical predictions, including his claim that the US government is getting ready to go to war with Russia. Yeah. I th- you know, it's funny. This is the no evidence at all. That he, that's definitely not going to happen. And then the war will happen, and the narrative will be well. So it's good. We had to do it. The war he implied the U.S. would lose. Daily Beast. In a series of clips from Adam Carolla's YouTube show that were hand selected for the program, Carlson accused both Republicans and the Democrats of being insane and hysterical, predicting that a war between the U.S. and Russia would start. Next year, will there be a draft? Who says that? The dead man walking? He sincerely believes that the next step after the accusations and the declaration of impeachment will be an assassination of Trump. But this man, who is currently the most popular English speaking journalist, signed his own death warrant. What do we make of that? Let's pause there. and you guys wait. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if these people get so crazy they start killing people like Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson. I think that's on the table. They're that crazy. And Tucker Carlson says a lot. I don't think he does remember what he says a lot of it, but he just needs to be provocative all the time, make that money, get his bag, and he'll deal with the consequences later, which rarely for him seem to come. Yeah, so first thing I want to say is that I agree with you. Uh, he seems solicitous of the Murdochs. He's like, I was good with everybody, except for the women, of course. Every woman in the building is terrible. Well, it's not what he said. But outside of that, Murdochs, I'm with you, I'm good. I'm not, notice I'm not complaining too much. Please give me my $20 million a year back, please, please. Uh, I was amused by the end there where he was like, you know, it helps you realize you're not Jesus. Why, was that an open question? In his mind, whether Tucker Carlson was genius, that was an open question. Interesting. Okay, look, I've known a lot of executives in my life, and I'm not proud of it, but I know them. And are some of them fearful? Yeah, yeah, they want to keep their jobs, their high-paying jobs, their powerful jobs, and they a lot of times do act out of fear. Oh, is it more true of women? No, of course not. It's preposterous. So the him saying that is very telling, because it gratuitously throws women under the bus. Now, I get it, the CEO of Fox News right now is a woman, so he's clearly- Yeah, the CEO's a woman, and just by coincidence, they've made multiple horrible, horrible decisions. Directing some of his ire towards her uh, without naming her, but he didn't say her, and he didn't say executives, he just said fearful women. And and that plays well with his base, too. They're like, ah, yeah, you know how women are. Um, Do we? What is that? I don't even know what that means. Well, that would make you an idiot then. And what are they fearful of? 
I didn't even know that that was a trope for women. I thought it was like once you're inside a marriage that you're fearful of them. Okay, I don't know. I don't know which way they were going, and the stereotypes are beginning to confuse me now. Excuse um, me, but the Russian stuff is really cuckoo for cocoa puffs, and I don't know why. Yeah, how could you possibly think we could be going to war with Russia? It's crazy. It's not like we're fighting a proxy war right now against them. Tucker Carlson was fired, but that gives us our first hint. Uh, I mean, look, obviously the biggest uh, potential reason is what Sharon alluded to. They had to pay nearly $800 million, not just because of Tucker Carlson, but partly because of Tucker Carlson. So that might make you afraid. No, that's not been established. But to lose another $800 million, and that's a legitimate concern. Uh, his second possibility is the one he mentioned there about the, his madness with the Russians. He's like, I'm not pro-Russian. I mean, look, I think Russia would beat us in a war. They can't beat Ukraine. They, they can't beat the Donbass region. Yeah, they're not winning. Okay, and uh, Ukraine's totally winning the war. Uh, and he did this insane speech in in Hungary, where he's like, "Oh, the Americans uh, hate uh, Russia because it's a Christian nation." What? Okay, but I'm not pro-Russian. I'm not pro-Russian. So apparently, the Murdochs a little freaked out about how pro-Russian Tucker is. I didn't know that. I guess score one for the Murdochs. Jordan, what do you make of it? I mean, you see a pattern throughout Tucker's entire career that manifests here. So I was part of the team at Media Matters who went through all of his Bubba the Love. Can you imagine being so low? Ugh. Sponge call-ins. I mean, he called into this shock jock show in Florida for an hour at a time for years. So let me tell you, I know what he is capable of saying when he thinks people aren't really listening and especially you know, people who don't like him aren't listening. And this is when he was at MSNBC. He would call into the shock jock show and make lewd sexist remarks. Oh, you called into a shock jock show and made lewd sexist remarks? That is unheard of. I can't believe it. About his colleagues from his office. He was sitting down the hall from these women, calling into a shock jock show and commenting on their bodies, calling them you know, various misogynistic no terms. Way. And you see that in how he operated at Fox. Like Shannon just said, using a, 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 the C word to describe oh. an executive. Uh, they had a sexual harassment case against one of his producers. That's the culture he, he created on his show. So it's not really surprising when you have a huge settlement with Dominion, his, his uh, department or his show's lawsuit and what many speculated was a looming lawsuit over this guy who was a J6er who he kept accusing of being a Fed. Like there was probably another one coming. completely correct. At the end of the day, Fox is a business and they want to make as much money as possible. And when you have him tied to all of these lawsuits, it is a bullshit no brainer. It's just dollars and cents, get this guy out of here. No hard feelings, sorry, you're hurting our bottom line. Yeah. Wow. Um, but well, the consequences catch up with him uh, in the form of death, like assassination. Right. She wants him dead, obviously. Um, put up another quote from Vladimir Solovyov. Maybe Jordan will tell me how to say it. Uh, they will not forgive him for the fact that he strives to interview our president and post the footage on a platform that has no censorship yeah, uh, for years. Head of RT, Margarita Simonyan, had promoted the idea of granting Carlson's long-standing wish to interview Putin. Last Sunday, she again reiterated her plea, describing the fired, 
Fox News host as, quote, the most popular host in the history of the United States and hoped the presidential administration would hear her. Um, so let's wrap it up with that. How does Tucker get back on uh, where he really wants to be? Why so would he want to get back on Fox? That would be a downgrade. He would be in front of less people. It's like it's very lackluster on X or <laughs> where he hangs out with his um, B or C or D list friends. Yeah. How does he get back on? Have you ever looked in the mirror? You're known for fucking LeBron James. That's all you're known for. You're a groupie. And will he face consequences, Jank, or is it just rhetoric? Right. So she, she believes the consequences are death. Okay, so uh, apparently uh, the propagandists in Russia have never heard of someone called Oprah Winfrey. Uh, no, Tucker, oh, not the most popular. No, no, uh, she's a news anchor, is she? Oh, okay. Their host in American history. Right. Anyways, uh, look, bottom line is um, uh, Mr. Vladimir Solovyov, that's how you say it, um, it <laughs> doesn't have any idea how America works. No one's executing Tucker Carlson. No one cares enough to. Mm. Uh, and mm -hmm. no, not all of our uh, leaders do wanton executions of anyone who criticizes them. That's just your guy. Thanks for watching The Young Turks, really. <clears throat> All right, let's uh, get to some breaking news from the internet from Drunk Pinata. Apparently, Fauci was asked questions from CNN about uh, masks and lockdowns. That seems to be highly unusual. Let's have a look here. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> There's an uptick in COVID cases and a new Not variant really. called BA286, some three and a half They're, years uh, since the pandemic was first identified. CNN's audio is always low. It's just so ridiculous. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm maxed out, so it'll be a little low, unfortunately. But if public health officials feel it necessary to ask America to mask up again. Nope. How many would comply? Not me. The Drudge Report led its website this morning with the headline, Not Again, Mask Up in New York. Lead story at CBS News this morning, COVID hospitalizations on the rise Lie. as U.S. enters Labor Day weekend. The past several weeks have seen reports from all over the country of a rise in cases. And yes, the CDC reports COVID-19 hospital admissions are up more than 19% in the most recent week. In a few school districts, this has even led to canceled classes and sporting events. Preposterous. A handful of companies and schools have responded to outbreaks on their premises by reinstating mask mandates. Among them, several hospital systems, including, including Kaiser Permanente in Northern California, Morris Brown College in Atlanta, Dillard University in Louisiana, Lionsgate Film Studio in Santa Monica. But so far, so far, those have been the few exceptions. And this graph shows how the current rise in hospitalizations compares to past surges, less than half the numbers this time last year and still lower than they've been for about 80% of the pandemic. But if things get worse, it may be hard to get people to revert to an abundance of caution. According to Gallup, in the first two years, public confidence in the U.S. healthcare system has dropped from 44% to 34%. And Donald Trump took to Truth Social to again make the issue political accusing the latest outbreak to be hype designed to impact the 2020 Correct. election. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. 
So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. Joining me now to discuss is Dr. Anthony Fauci. He, of course, is the former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Dr. Fauci, nice to have you back. How worried are you that people will not follow advice to wear masks if, big if, if we get to that? Well, Michael, that's a very good question. As you said, if we get to that, I mean, we're starting to see a surge of cases, as you mentioned, about an 18 or 19 percent increase in hospitalizations, certainly going in the wrong direction, what looks like a late summer and into the fall surge. How bad it's going to get, we don't know. As you know, this is a very unpredictable virus has shown us that over the last three and a half years. I am concerned that people will not abide by recommendations. And, and we're not talking about mandates or forcing anybody, but when you have a situation <laughs> where the volume of cases in society gets to a reasonably high level, particularly the vulnerable, those who are elderly and those with underlying conditions, are going to be more susceptible and vulnerable if they do get infected to get severe disease leading to hospitalization. We know that. That's a fact. We've seen that. So I would hope that if, in fact, we get to the point where the volume of cases is such and organizations like the CDC recommend, CDC doesn't mandate anything, I mean, recommends that people wear masks, I would hope that they abide by the recommendation nope. and take into account the risk to themselves and to their families. Fuck again, off. again, we're not talking There's about forcing anybody fuck off, to do bitch. anything. Totally understood. There is a perception out there by many, how many, I don't know, that they don't work and that the data concludes that they didn't work in the first go round. Respond to that on masks. Yeah, well, that's not so. I mean, when you're blatant lie talking about at the population level, that the data are less strong than knowing that if you look on a situation as an individual protecting themselves or protecting them from spreading it, there's no doubt that masks work. Different blatant, ridiculous lie. Different studies give different percentages of advantage of wearing it, but there's no doubt that the weight of the studies, and there have been many studies, indicate the benefit of wearing masks. Completely, it's the complete opposite. I'm going to refer to one of them. You've heard about it before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference, he told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality? Surgical or cloth masks makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual <laughs> level, for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, 
the data are less strong, but when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show- Total bullshit. That there is an advantage. When you took at the broad population level, like the Cochrane study, the data are less firm with regard to the effect on the overall pandemic. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about an individual's effect on their own safety. That's a bit different. What the fuck does that even mean, asshole? Than the broad population. Fuck you. Dr. Fauci, look back and, and reflect and tell me, how would you do it differently with regard to kids? I am of the opinion that we erred on the side, this is probably inartfully said, of physical health, not emotional health. And, and, and that putting our, our kids within parameters in the pandemic was not in their best interest. Do you share that perception? And if not, why? So, Michael, are you referring to the closing of schools and the negative impact yes. it has on development yes. and mental health? Yeah, I am. Well, certainly, yeah. when you were, yeah, when we were dealing, Michael, with the tsunami that we saw earlier on in the pandemic, when things had to be shut down because we were having hospitals that were overcrowded and we were having freezer trucks in front of hospitals in New York and other cities because we had no place to put the bodies. That was a very, Bullshit. very dramatic situation. Bullshit. something immediately to stop it. The question is, how long should a shutdown have been? And I think that there's varying degrees of differences in that. And I agree that I, if you look back at the things that I've said back then, we should try as best as possible to keep the schools open and the schools that are closed to get them open safely by any so that's the trick they play where safely is this list of ridiculous things that are not possible thus the schools remain closed and they argue but we want them open the number of means including increasing the ventilation in schools making sure that the people around the children are properly vaccinated so i agree i mean there was a point where we had to shut down but the duration of the shutdown is something that is questionable. And I think people rather appropriately should be examining of whether or not things should have been shut down for so long. But the initial shutting down was something that really had to have been done, Michael, because we were in desperate situations then. Given the public sentiment that I shared at the outset, people saying that there's no way I'd mask up again, a final thought from Dr. Fauci. If it comes to it, we hope it doesn't, but if it comes to it, might a better approach say, let's protect the most vulnerable and allow others to lead their normal lives? Final word is yours. Well, yeah, I mean, mandating, I don't think is gonna happen. There may be local mandates, Michael, and people keep thinking that the federal government is gonna mandate that you wear a mask. They did that already. That's not gonna happen. Oh yeah, the thing that happened, not gonna happen. And maybe individual institutions, organizations that are going to say, if you want to come to work, you've got to wear a mask. Yeah, and the federal government's the one pushing on those organizations to do that, fucker. There's nothing that the federal government can do about that if people want to do it locally. I think what a crack of shit. People need to realize it is extremely unlikely. Now, people need to realize that you belong in prison. Hopefully one day you'll be in prison. That you're going to see a mandate, for example, from the CDC which has no authority to mandate anything with regard to masks. They can only recommend it. So people essentially, for the most part, can do what they want to do based on their own evaluation of their own risk. Dr. Fauci, nice to see you. Thank you for being here.
Good to be with you. Thank what you. a fucking bitch. Fuck that guy. Piece of shit. Absolute piece of shit. All right, here is some breaking white pill news from the internet from Bazinski. Let's have a look at this one. <clears throat> the Telegraph fury of the silent majority is driving a global right-wing counter-revolution. Yes, yes it is. That's fantastic. Across the Western world, anger at a woke ruling elite is benefiting the right. Apart from Britain, yeah. Absolutely fantastic news. These are not happy times across the West. The vast majority of voters are fed up with the status quo, furious at the political class and desperate for alternatives. They believe society to be broken, that the post-industrial economy and globalization generally aren't working for them and are angry at the vast cultural, social, and technological changes that they feel have been foisted upon them. Almost wherever one looks, from New Zealand to the Netherlands, hundreds of millions no longer feel in control, valued, or even consulted by the self-satisfied ruling class in the UK. 70% believe the country is moving in the wrong direction. Uh, an NBC poll found 74% of Americans saying the country is on the wrong track. We've entered the lengthiest period of prolonged popular disenchantment since the Industrial Revolution and the emergence of democratic politics, a disturbing state of affairs that urgently requires addressing if countries aren't to fall prey to demagogues. It has become rational to be pessimistic, especially when elections don't change anything. Well, they rigged them. Life expectancy may have peaked. Economic growth has been feeble for years, as have real wages. Certain groups have seen their prospects plunge, especially severely, white people. Home ownership is increasingly out of reach. The family is under extreme pressure, and women are having far fewer children than they tell pollsters they would like. Loneliness is exploding as it becomes harder to form and stay in long-term relationships. Secularization has left an unfulfilled spiritual void across the West. That's being met by dysfunctional ideologies and social movements, and crime is far too high. In many countries, university overexpansion has created a toxic two-tier society, fueling elite overproduction. Woke stormtroopers have seized control of culture, education, and business across the English-speaking world, imposing nihilistic gender extremism and critical race theories. The governing class have got it shockingly wrong on many other issues, from foreign policy to COVID to money printing, and never atone for their mistakes. In Europe, including Britain, there is a popular consensus that there's been and remains too much immigration. In France and several other countries, integration is widely understood to have failed. There is growing skepticism of the rush to net zero. While Western uh, publics are very concerned about climate change, they aren't prepared to see their living standards decimated to deal with it. There's an increased suspicion of the surveillance society and of the war against cash and a growing urban-suburban clash. This sense of alienation is especially prevalent among the working and lower middle classes as well as the young, but no element of society is immune from it other than perhaps multimillionaires. As ever in times of dislocation, a small minority has embraced outright conspiracy theories such as on 9-11 or despicable prejudice, such as anti-Semitism, fanned by rabble-rousers with no real solutions. Escort them out. But even for the sensible majority, 
The belief in progress that used to define the Western psyche has faded with hope replaced by despair, bitterness, and fear. The political phenomenon of our times is mass discontent, and yet this crisis continues to be largely ignored by an unempathetic ruling class. Its only answer is more of the same, higher taxes, more social democratic tinkering, more power to unaccountable bureaucracies, such as the EU or the WHO, increased immigration, and even even greater social engineering. In the past, when the ruling elites were conservative, such estrangement might have led the public into the arms of the left, contemporary elites or center-left utopian technocrats, and today's counter-revolutionaries are on the right. Almost everywhere, that is where the populist energy, the the desire for change, lies. In America, Oliver Anthony, a previously unknown musician, shot to fame with rich men north of Richmond, symbolizes this shift. He rails against low pay, welfareism, state-subsidized obesity, woke social control, and rich left-wing elites. His song, now number one on Apple, ahead of Taylor Swift, encapsulates how right-wing populism has become the anti-establishment movement globally. It's no wonder that the Republican Party has been taken over, even if Donald Trump is destroyed. His second and third place rivals Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy are revolutionaries. The latter two are great, but not all of the right-wingers riding the international populist wave are good news. Some would be a disaster, others fantastic. Some rising parties are anti-capitalist, a grave error. In other cases, public concerns about the volume of immigration are being hijacked by politicians with an activistic hatred of the other. Germany, that's all made up. Germany is in deep trouble. Human beings are tribal. That's the bottom line. No one gives a fuck if, if non-white people are tribal. So this whole thing, the whole, again, reject the entire framing, in my opinion. Germany is in deep trouble, thanks to Angela Merkel, but it is hugely troubling, including for historical reasons, that the AFD is getting 22% of the vote. Marine Le Pen has moderated her policies, but I'm unclear how her status economics would stay Fran- save France. Yet the global right-wing revolution is gaining ground regardless. In, Idia, uh, excuse me, in Italy, uh, Georgia Maloney is prime minister in the Netherlands. The anti-net zero farmers party has surged across the continent, including in Scandinavia. Mainstream parties are adapting to once unthinkable policies on immigration. In Spain, Isabel Diaz Ayuso, a rising star, is advocating Thatcherite populism. In New Zealand, the center-right is ahead in the polls, and the Libertarian Act Party has rocketed. In Argentina, one leading presidential contender is an anarcho-capitalist. That guy is awesome. In Paraguay, the right-winger, there's a clip of him talking about leftists, and from it, it, it's so fucking phenomenal that I could not blame people for thinking that someone just made up the subtitles. Uh, now, I don't speak whatever the fuck they speak there, but um, my read is that it, he really said those things, which is completely wild. He's fantastic. Now, look, any politician, you have to say this with any politician, could it be bullshit? Might he be just trying to get elected? Sure, always possible. You just have to see. You have to see. In Paraguay, the right-winger Santiago Peña has won the presidency. Netanyahu regained power last December. There are, of course, exceptions to the global shift to the right. Brazil, where Lula's neo-communists are back, and, of course, Britain, thanks to Tory uselessness, 
Brexit was the first domino to fall, the start of what will prove to be many international counter-revolutions against the blob. The Tory party had a golden opportunity to channel this insurgency into a mainstream yet drastic program of renewal. Boris Johnson could have been in power for a decade, yet he, together with Rishi Sunak, blew it, embracing net zero and social democratic polygraphy and failing to control immigration in the public sector. Kia Starmer will win, and they'll seek to impose, impose left-wing solutions to an increasingly right-wing world. Yeah, uh, look, that, that, that's the one white pill, is that uh, we have the majority on our side. Uh, the problem is it's hard to get people in the power because they'll kill you. That's really what's at issue. If the wrong guy gets into power, they'll just kill him. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, all right, very good. That was breaking news from the Internet from Bazinski. If you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description. Let me uh, read some of these super chats. We're taking super chats through Entropy. Link in the description. We're also taking them through Streamlabs. Link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. Uh, we hit our goal of 125 subscribers on Subscribestar, between Subscribestar, The Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, and Rumble. Uh, September 14th, the book, What a Bigot Would Say, will be released to the audience for free via PDF. It's a 24-page book uh, about liberalism, liberals, and how to be a good liberal, written by my homosexual, rapidly homosexual leftist brother slash cousin, question mark. Um... And uh, that'll be resolved, uh, obviously. And uh, so we'll release it on the 14th. And then after that, we will try to get it published on Amazon and any of the other uh, book sites. And if we can do that, then I think we will go on a bit of a barrage, an advertising blitz uh, to different places to let people know that the most important book about liberalism has been written from the rapidly homosexual leftist perspective. That's going to be... Serious business, just like the internet. Okay, Let's see here. Uh, Stabbing Joe Scarborough says, "Hey, HB Trudeau is getting divorced." Announced it on August second. Tough luck, huh? See you in the gulag. Love you, man. Thank you, Stabbing Joe. Appreciate that. Stay away from the interns. Yeah, he's uh, getting divorced. Well, I'll just have more time to go to the bathhouse. Matt Field says, "I'd rather blow my own uh, fucking brains out than comply. Suck a dick, fucking covidiots." Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of people that share the sentiment that there is not a circumstance on this earth that will get them to comply. Fuck this shit. Fuck it. Thank you, Matt. Good to see you. All right, let's go to Streamlabs for the uh, 2nd of September. Zinsky says, Musk is known to manipulate market prices, so he tanks stocks so he can buy them low. And then sell high. I'd wager he's doing the same with Yaccarino. He's contrasting her low public perception with based action so he can up his public perception. Yeah, probably there's something like that going on. He continues, the problem with manipulating public perception this way is that it doesn't work as linearly as, as stocks and prices do. So I think that while he's playing this juxtaposition PR perception stunt with the WEF whore, the public is tired of WEF technocracy hoes. Yeah, and people have they 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 are less patient patient as they should be. <clears throat> really, the the public has the patience of a saint. Really, it's like wild at this point. Um, 
and people are much quicker to just toss people aside when they disappoint, which I, which, well, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. People have had enough. And so you're either going to do what the fuck you say you're going to do or you're not. None of this bullshit. So either be based and do what you say you're going to do or shut the fuck up. And I think a lot of people now have that kind of attitude, uh, I think, which is good. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, see what happens. Rachel Nelson says, you've covered that bow faggot before, like three years or so ago. TYT shield him hard. Really, the Fed, the, the, excuse me, the human trafficking Fed, the actor, the guy acting like a Southerner. Amazing. And he continues, he did a video you covered on the Confederate flag and BLM or whatever the fuck. Fake redneck, fake Southerner, unrelated headline. Yeah. A, a fed? I mean, it's amazing. So good on the internet for figuring, figuring that one out. Fuck that guy. Very interesting. A trafficker. Um, what does this say? One second. This is uh, 100 injured with unconfirmed reports as deaths of Etrian Jews on the verge of deportation start rioting. During demonstrations demanding permanent residence in Israel under the law of return. Brawling in the streets of Tel Aviv with Ethiopian Jews, religious Zionists, local paramilitary Zionists, street orgs, and IDF MPs. Yeah, there was basically migrants rioting and they killed them, from what I understand. So, I don't see uh, Jonathan Greenblatt making a big deal out of that. You know, because if... if, if America did that if a bunch of migrants tried to come into the country and started rioting and they put them down. I imagine uh, Jonathan Greenblatt would be the first OEVA. Uh, that's at least would be my guess. So it's uh, fascinating. The double standard is, is fascinating. Okay. Let's see. Let me uh, get back to this, this, uh, this refresh. Refreshed. Um, yeah, so I, while this refreshes, I guess I'll comment further. Uh, I, I didn't see, you know, the video, so I don't know, you know, what the deal is. But, uh, you know, if they were like, you know, they can deport you if they want to. If they were getting violent and breaking into the country, that's no good. No good, but we'll have to see. Uh, you know, the IDF is no good, so it could be, could be anything. Um Big Chris says the Trump organization is a group of about 500 business entities of which Donald Trump is the sole or principal owner. Around 250 of these entities will use the Trump name. According to Keek, they all went bankrupt. What a fucking retard. Yeah, he's just insane. Insane pretending Trump is not rich. Rachel Nelson says Tucker had a talk earlier saying his inside sources in the White House are reporting. They're going to go hot with Russia in late summer 2024 to enact war measures and halt the election. I would not be surprised. Cooperated by McGregor sources and others. Also nasty uh, flannel, FTM. Um, that would not surprise me. Uh, yeah, I, I would. Frankly, I would be surprised if that didn't happen. I would be surprised if that didn't happen. So fucking crazy. Crazy timeline. All right, let's uh, get back here. Next one is, uh, okay, let's see what TYT says about the commies at the school that demanded the base kid remove the Gagston flag patch. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? But it's a historical flag. 
So there, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag that way, is due to its origins with slavery and slave trade. A 12-year-old boy in Colorado was kicked out of class at the Vanguard Charter School because of the fact that he was wearing a backpack donning the Gadsden flag. That's the yellow flag that says, don't tread on me, that has the snake on it. Now, Jaden Rodriguez was ordered to remove the flag, which features, again, what you're seeing on screen right now, the don't tread on me you know, symbol. And before he was allowed to even go back inside. Now, his mother didn't take so kindly to this. So in the meeting with his teacher, she decided to secretly record the conversation they were having. And as you can hear from their conversation, the school's officials apparently believe that the flags uh, you know, the meaning of the flag is tied to slavery and racism, which isn't true. We'll get to the history of the flag and what it actually means in just a moment. Uh, but before we do, here's more from the interaction between the parent and the teacher. Like I said, we're following district halls, is what we're doing. So, the last thing I want is him out of class. Yeah, I know like, he, he takes his classes seriously. He studies, he, do, he wants to get straight A's. He did that. He made a lot of when he was here before. Yeah. He intends to do that again right now, but it's hard because he keeps missing class for this. So, I understand that. Yeah, and I mean, we teach him to always stick up for your beliefs. And I mean, you're going over the revolution this for seventh grade. I mean, the founding fathers stood up for what they believed in against unjust laws. This is unjust. Okay, I, like I said, we're upholding a policy that was provided to us, which we have to uphold. So look, despite the fact that the flag has in recent years or maybe even recent decades been more associated with like the Tea Party and even right wing militias using it during their demonstrations and protests. Fact of the matter is the flag does not date back to slavery. It does in fact date back to the American Revolution. And even the Democratic governor of the state of Colorado came out and defended the 12 year old boy. I will say this, that this story, the reaction from certain people to this story does indicate a small shift in the Overton window. Not nearly one big enough, not, not, not even remotely close. But just compare this, because commies will make up bullshit about any flag. Prime example, the Betsy Ross flag. Nike was going to release Betsy Ross flag sneakers. And Colin Kaepernick made a big deal about it. They lied. And then the sneakers were canceled and TYT was on board with that narrative. Now, what has changed? What has changed is that there is a slight shift because now even the governor who is an, a Democrat of Colorado is not demonizing the Gaston flag, not going along with the narrative. So that does show that there has been a small shift um, I think a lot of it's from the fact that conservatives now are very vocal when they disagree and they boycott and things like the Bud Light thing happened. And so, so there is a shift. Uh, now, that's a good thing. Now, we need it to be way more. This is not, uh, this is not even any, um, frankly, it's so small, but it, it, is, it is a definite shift. Uh, it, it, if we were still in the same place, the media narrative 
uh, uh, and the, the Democrat would have supported the idea that he shouldn't wear the flag and it makes black people uncomfortable like they did with the Betsy Ross flag. Now, the Young Turks, uh, on the other hand, they're trying their pivot, pivot and they're looking for anything safe to use to pivot. So they're going to be on the side. So like, because when do they ever tell the truth? They're deciding to tell the truth about the origins of the gangston flag. Um, <clears throat> so they're trying to, so they're going to use this as like a pivot uh, opportunity. But it is interesting how there has been a shift where the public officials are, are like, and then the school board voted to allow the flag on, on the, the kids' school bag. So there, so there is a shift, and it's because conservatives are being vocal, and I hope they're more vocal and continue to do it. Uh, before I get to all of that, Cenk, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I mean, look at the buttons of the kids. Uh, he had a lot of buttons on there, and uh, some of them were right-wing buttons. We caught you. Oh, right, it's okay to be a right-winger in this country. There's plenty of right-wingers. And so uh, that's not a real reason to punish the kid. But he did, uh, to be fair to the administrators, he did have assault weapon. Uh, but uh, that's not a real thing. An assault weapon's not a real thing. It's two or patches or whatever. Right. And they're right to have him remove those. No, they're not. It's totally made up. They just got overzealous. And I'm actually glad that the parents taped it. Because given all the attacks against teachers, from the right wing, I would have had trouble believing that it would have that they also said the cat Gadsden flag. Well, that's because you're a fucking moron. On top of the assault weapon patches, but it turns out they did. Right. Yeah, and I mean, look, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, I can understand, and I, I would agree with the educators for wanting him to take down the patches of assault weapons, especially given the context of, you know, a school campus uh, in a country where we're constantly dealing with the tragedy of school shootings. But the conversation they're having, that exchange that they're having, is about the Gadsden flag. No question. That's why, look, I'm glad when we folks tape cops and we see the abuse that they do, etc. Because we've got to clean. No, you're not. There are plenty of videos of teachers grooming kids and talking about insanity, and you deny that any of it happens. Clean it up. In this case, it's a right winger taping a teacher, and the right winger is not doing anything wrong. They're being rational and reasonable. And Go fuck yourself. So is the kid, right? And the administrator has it wrong. They just have it wrong. So I'm glad that it was on tape so that it could be addressed. And by the way, I mean, look, if you, for whatever reason, don't like the Gatson flag because of um, who it's been associated with in this country um, in recent years, just keep in mind that that's you know your political opinion. How would you feel if the school forced a student to take down their, you know, um, their gay, uh, gay flag? Are you fucking kidding? Again, who would buy this? This is so ridiculous. Right? Like the, yeah, the rainbow like, flag. Yeah. The Shut the fuck up. Pride flag, etc. No, I would hate it. I always tell you guys, you see it on the show. Always think about what if the shoe's on the other foot? Bullshit. Absolutely made up. You never do that. Mm -hmm. And so look, again, I'm probably gonna be the only one defending the administrators in any way. You see the assault weapons, then you see- Again, that's not a real thing. His main thing was that he's running for VP of revolution. And he's got the Gatson flag. With the weapons on there, already you're a little bit alarmed, right? If you're a fucking pussy and a retard. And so I can understand why they'd be alarmed. I can understand why they'd want to take the other patches off. But they're clear. But at the same time, clearly overzealous. You cannot. It's 
Sometimes the other side, whether it's the right- This is a, I'm telling you, this is a, a change. It's just not enough, it's not remotely enough. And, and they're doing their, aren't we merciful thing? Fuck them, okay? But yeah, this is a shift, this is a shift. I just hope, and you're gonna see more of this kind of shit. Uh, and I just hope that uh, our side does not get complacent and does not get satisfied until these people uh, uh, are removed from any place of influence. You cannot have leftism in the school at all. At all. Not even a little bit, not even a little bit. And, and when they continue to lose and when they're losing badly, they're going to offer a truce. They're going to offer to coexist. It is a big mistake to accept that offer. Right wing or the left wing feels like, well, they shouldn't be allowed to say that. Like, I deal with it all the time with Wolfpack. We're trying to get money out of politics. Because, like, you can see already when they were like, shoe on the other foot. What if they told them to remove the rainbow flag? See, now that they see that our side is coming back hard and we're talking about removing this shit. Now they want to say, well, we should both be able to have it. No, rainbow flag has no place in the school and has to be completely removed. Commie propaganda has no place in public. You got to fucking, you got to get it out. You got to go. Now, obviously, there's some instances with, there's no legal means to do that. And that's fine. There's other means. There's other legal means that you can use that leftists have used in the past to get the flags removed. Okay. And so we'll see ultimately if conservatives do that. There was that video where it was a based area that commies moved into and the neighbors were completely legally letting the people, the commies know that they didn't appreciate the flag that they had up. So you can legally put pressure on them to remove the flags. And I think that's fair game, as long as you are acting within the law, okay? So you gotta obviously make sure you follow the rules and regulations of your municipality. You need a convention to propose an amendment to do that because Congress isn't gonna do it. And the Democrats are always like, well, what if the right wing proposes their own amendment? In a democracy? Yeah, what if they propose it through Congress? It's called democracy. You're advocating for Trump to be put in jail because he, engaged in the democratic uh, uh, process in disputing the election result. Same thing Democrats have done. Yes, the right wing and the left wing have- So you're a total hypocrite. Every uh, right in the world to express their opinion, including a 12 year old. See, this is how you know they're losing because now they're talking about conservatives have the right to express their opinion. So as I mentioned earlier, the Democratic governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, came out and def defended the boy and also defended the flag. First he did so through Twitter, or I should say X, formerly known as Twitter. So I wanna share that tweet with you. He wrote that the flag is a proud symbol of the American Revolution and an, and an iconic warning to Britain or any government not to violate the liberties of Americans. If this was four years ago, this tweet would have said we need to make sure marginalized groups feel safe. And he would have been for removing the flag. It appears on popular American medallions and challenge coins through today. And Ben Franklin also adopted. I don't think you get a tweet like this without the Bud Light and Target thing happening. It to symbolize the union of the 13 colonies. It's a great teaching moment for a history lesson. By the way, I am a little bit worried about the fact that there are educators who were just chalking it up to nothing more than racism and slavery. Well, where the fuck have you been? This is what leftists do, everything's racist. Um, and just kind of ignoring what the actual history of the flag is. 
You shouldn't misinform the kids about- They do about everything. What are you talking about? What's they tell the kids you can change your gender? Really going on here. But nonetheless, let's also go to Jared Polis on CNN defending the flag and the 12 year olds um, you know, ability to have it on his backpack. You've called the Gadsden flag a proud symbol of the American Revolution. Uh, what do you make of why this incident happened in the first place? Well, look, I, I call it a teaching moment. You know, Abby, we, we all remember high school, college, you know, there's kids with pins on their backpacks. Maybe it's a feminist pin, an anti-war pin. Maybe it's a conservative one. And, you know, that enriches the discussion, right? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's kids are trying out different things. And, uh, the, you know, the don't tread on me flag, the Gadsden flag is really an iconic American flag. It's flown over units of our military. You know, it's of course, has it been adopted by the Tea Party and others? Sure it has, but a kid could have a I love the Tea Party pin on their backpack too. Oh, look at this. Oh, isn't that amazing? Uh, I mean, look, let's just let kids have their free expression. Now they're a Democrat is arguing for kids to have free expression again. They're losing. They are losing in school. They are losing. They are nervous that we're not going to stop and that we're going to escort them out of everything. And if they want to advocate. And you know what's interesting? The average person I think they're so fed up with this. Like there's a lot of examples that I see where people are going to 10 immediately, right? Like, like for example, the, the, the kicking out the lunatic woman that was crying about pronouns, they just kicked her out immediately. You know, just like people are just going to 10. They're like, done, they're done. And they, and they sense that. So now they're arguing for, oh, let's go to how it used to be. No, no, you got to go for their political beliefs. I think that's something that should be encouraged. It's all about free speech. You know, it's a good opportunity to really go through the history and see the, the pride really as Americans we should all take in the Gadsden flag. Uh, <laughs> Rattlesnake, as, as Ben Franklin uh, said, they they never uh, attack. Yeah, this is a Democrat governor, a commie Democrat governor. He sucks. First, but they never back down once they're in a fight. And a lot of Americans identify with, with that spirit. I, I, I do like that spirit. Um, and what are you talking about? What are you talking about? This is wild. This is wild. Look, I do think that it's interesting to kind of discuss how certain symbols might get co-opted by a political group that you vehemently disagree with. I don't think it's fair to allow that. To you went along with all of it. The okay sign being white supremacist, milk being white supremacist. To change your view of the political symbol in question. Yeah, right? so look, of course. So look, first of all, this one's a little bit, is a symbol these days. I am particularly cautious about it. Totally. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't put it as on my car as a bumper sticker. No, like it, it, just me. Yeah. It does. I will admit, it does message something about your politics today. For for yeah. sure. Although there's a twist. Yeah, that you're not a commie. That I'm going to get to in a sec. Um, so, if I see a, a, a "Don't Tread on Me" a bumper sticker on a car, which by the way I literally did today, just coincidentally, I'm not going to talk to that guy. That's good. That's fantastic. That's why you should put that shit on your car. Nothing but trouble. Okay. So I've, I haven't seen a left winger with that in a while, except for the exception I'm going to give, give you in a sec. So, but that doesn't mean he's not allowed to have it. 
right? And uh, sometimes the left runs away from the American flag or the word patriot, etc. Partly because it's been even the eagle, partly because it's been co-opted by the right wing. I'm not saying that it hasn't been co-opted, but I'm saying no, that's that doesn't belong to them. Yeah, it does. You gave it to us. Thank you. You gave us a lot of things. You gave us a lot of things, and I appreciate it. And guess what, fucker? You're not getting them back. You're not getting them back. How about all the shit they gave white people? These college professors, invention, punctuality, hard work. We're not giving that back. Go fuck yourself. Goddamn right. And animals are right. innocent. Animals are innocent, that's definitely true. Uh, although if you're a rodent, uh, eagles less so. Uh, so. But anyways, no, the eagle, the American flag, uh, the word patriot, that's all of ours. Though I'm way more patriotic than any right winger. Uh, you're delusional, you're a fucking commie. And I love the American flag, so we don't wanna- No, you don't, that's why you need to be deported. Away from that. But if you don't wanna put the Gadsden flag on, because of the message that it sent- I just, like, give me, let me give you an example. This dude, this libertarian, and, and like, I'm not too familiar with him, but it's just not something that I think I would have seen two years ago. Um, he has a show, what's his name? Liberty Lockdown Guy, I forget his name. He just tweeted the other day, he was like, um, if you advocate for my disarmament, you should be deported. And I was like, yeah, yes. And I simply added, if you advocate for censorship, you should also be deported. But like this whole thing of like deporting commies, like there are more people talking like this than there used to be. And I think that's a very good sign. That's a great sign. I get it. But they're allowed to have it all day long. Now the exception, one of our members, Psych Dragon, just sent in a picture. I can't show you the picture, but I presume it's on their lawn. It is the Gadsden flag and it <gasps> says, no step on snake. One of our viewers <laughs> sent me a sticker of that and it's still on my refrigerator. I love it, it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Gadsden flag on our refrigerator. I know, but it's, Caught a, you. it's a meme that kind of, makes fun of the Gatsby flag. Yes. I, I, is she right about that? I, I am not aware of it making fun of the flag. I think you just, look, I'm kind of a normie, so maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I never, okay, we'll see. By the way, that is also allowed. Thanks for watching. The well, it's allowed, I just don't think you have it right. So John Eastman uh, did nothing wrong. Uh, and he's continuing to defend himself. So what do they do? They claim he's committing even more crimes now. How dare you defend yourself? So there were you know, several things. Some people had urged that Vice President Pence simply had power to reject electors who certification was still pending in yeah, legal context. I don't believe contests. that, but go ahead. Okay, so look, Laura Ingram, if, if there's probably a gun to her head, but like, it doesn't matter what you believe. It's a legal theory. It's completely legal to try the legal theory. I don't believe I, that. I, I don't That's either. one thing and I don't I, agree with. And I, and I explicitly told Vice President Pence in the Oval Office on January 4th, that even though it was an open issue under the circumstances we had, I thought it was the weaker argument and it would be foolish to exercise such power even if he had it. There are many things wrong. Well, that's no good. Wrong with John Eastman and his interview on Laura Ingram's show. For one, he, uh, you know, lies. 
Laura Ingram does little to push back, even though it seems like it in that video. All right, what's the lie? And uh, even though you he- You were there during that conversation with Mike Pence? He lies, he proceeds to incriminate himself. So first we're gonna expose what Eastman really wanted Pence to do. After that, we're going to watch another clip from that very same interview in which Eastman might have just confessed his guilt live on television. Guilt for what? So Eastman claims that he didn't think that Mike Pence had the power to overturn the election. Um, but that was provably false. Well, yeah, that, well again, he, Mike Pence couldn't have just said Donald Trump wins. That was not what they were talking about. They were talking about him sending it back to the states where there's a dispute. That's, that's all it is. And he could have done that if he wanted to. Uh, just take a look at what Eastman told Senator Mike Lee. In their book, Peril, uh, reporters Bob Woodward and Robert Costa describe an interaction the senator had with Eastman a few days before January 6th. There's a memo about to be developed, Eastman told Lee. I'll get it to you as soon as I can. Lee received a two-page memo from the White House on Saturday, January 2nd, authored by legal scholar, it's funny to call him that, uh, legal scholar John Eastman, Woodward and Costa Wright later. Now that memo has been made public. In step three of six, it posits that Pence could simply reject electors from states where competing slates of electors had been submitted. We'll post the memo, Philip Bump, this is all, this is Philip Bump's word. Getting this from fucking uh, uh, the fire and fury guy or whatever, or, or Woodward, Woodward has no credibility. I'm not taking their their uh, word for it. You have to you have to come up with the document. So, oops. <laughs> and Laura Ingram should have been prepared with that information to actually push back. Oh, you need to uh, be prepared with this unconfirmed propaganda from us. But as we mentioned, Eastman ended up digging himself into an even deeper hole in that interview. Let's watch. What I recommended, and I've said this repeatedly, is that he accede to requests from more than 100 state legislators in the swing states to give them a week to try and sort out the impact of what everybody acknowledged was illegality in the conduct of the election. Election. Yeah, completely legal. And I, I specifically said, it. yeah, not everyone acknowledged well, it, but that was the argument that was being made, obviously. And there were obviously that, well, irregularities that, but, that everybody had seen, but whether that was, yeah, whether it rose to the level of changing the outcome of the election, again, without a legal proceeding in the states that mattered, the, the argument ultimately was a difficult one to make. I mean, hence, hence here we are. So Jake, I, I mean, unlike John Eastman, I'm no legal scholar, okay? <laughs> However, didn't he just confess to what he's currently indicted for? It's not illegal, dummy. 100%. Notice, notice they have argued in the past that that's not what they're being indicted for. Remember uh, uh, them and Pac-Man, they're not being indicted for challenging the election. Now they're admitting that they're being indicted for challenging the election. That's amazing. What? Guys, look, they don't, lawyers normally tell you if you're uh, indicted for something and you're about to go to court, don't say anything in public because anything you say can and will be used against you. You all know that, right? We all watch television. That's what. Again, it's not a crime. Cops tell you when you're arrested, <laughs> and uh, lawyers tell you that ten thousand times over because maybe you slip up and you accidentally admit something, and that's why a lot of times they don't put their uh, the defendants on the stand because they don't want them to be uh, to contradict themselves, say something wrong. 
But these schmucks following Trump's lead are going all over television and yapping and yapping and yapping. So they're gonna make mistakes because they're guilty. Like again, it's not illegal. If they were innocent, even then it's a bad idea because maybe you say something in a, that can be twisted in a way that uh, is used against you. Right? That's what you're doing right now, you're twisting it. Right? But if you're guilty, what are you doing? Don't go on air, you moron. And so in this case, he's like, well, look, uh, I first he says, I told Mike Pence that, uh, that he did not have that power. Brother, we have a memo with your name on it where you tell- Where, show the memo, you don't have a fucking memo. You have Philip Bump saying that Woodward told him there's a memo. That is not credible at all. Well, he does have that power. Mm -hmm. That's already crazy to say that. On no, it isn't because they had to take away that power through legislation. On, on television, and it's wildly contradictory. And why are you even saying that? Like the whole, like the only potential defense that could, they could possibly hang their hat on is, golly gee, we really thought he did have the authority, right? But now you're admitting on TV that you definitely thought he did not have the authority. He did not have the authority. Again, what he said then and then what he explained are two different things. And then we got the memo written and signed by- Sending it back to the fucking states is not overturning an election. That's total bullshit. Are you that says he has the authority. That's already devastating. No, it isn't. They had to take the authority away. Then he goes and says, well, look- If I this is illegal, then why did they have to take away the vice president's authority to do any of this shit? It's, this shit, that's, this is why I said this a long time ago. Out of all the cases I wanna see, it's this one. Because this is like crazy. They're all fucking crazy, but this is like really crazy. Because you have examples of Democrats doing very similar things. And so how are they gonna argue this? In court, it's going to be completely wild, apparently, during Meadow, Meadows just had a hearing where they brought up Rafsenberger to ask him. And Rafsenberger is one of the key witnesses supposedly against Trump. He doesn't even back what Fannie Willis is saying about this. He said specifically that Trump was not asking him to find votes. So how are you gonna, now, now make no mistake, they're going to get convictions, I have no doubt about that. This is, this is post-America, we're in clown world. But it's just going to be fascinating to watch them. We're going to w watch bit by bit. Americans get convicted over non-crimes in front of our face. You know, a lot of times with cases like the OJ case, right? That murder was in play. Did he murder a person? Did he not murder a person? Is he guilty of murder or not? Murder's a crime. So you have like, holy shit. And that's what you're watching. Is this person guilty of a crime? There's no crime here. So it's, and look, and it's fitting for the, the country that's been taken over by communists for there to be show trials. This is what this is. We are, you know, we are, I am about to cover a fucking show trial in America. It's, it'll be next spring. It'll be March or maybe later if they get a delay, although I don't think they can. We are going to be covering a show trial. And I don't know if, has there ever been a show trial in America? Maybe there has been, you know. But I, yeah, this is a uh, this is a show trial. Uh, you could argue a lot of the J six shit has been show trials, absolutely. Uh, so so they have happened before. This is going to be the biggest one though. This is going to be the one where a lot of people watch, and it's unbelievable. I don't think he had the authority. That's why I thought he should have delayed it for a week. No, bro. 
You <gasps> just said <gasps> that he didn't have the authority. You can't. No, those like- are two different things. Again, two different things. He doesn't have the authority to just suddenly declare uh, uh, the winner. At least that's what they both said there. I, I think that's debatable. Um, but that's not what they argued for him to do. They argued for him to send it back to the states so the states will decide. Like delaying it is the same as not certifying. You have to not certify in order to delay it for a week. There is no process by which you go. Yes, there is because they took that ability away. So if they took the ability away, obvious the pro- obviously the process was in place, liar. Timeout. Time, we're going to take out a timeout for a week. It's in the Constitution. There's no timeouts in the Constitution. This is like saying, and I've told this story a million times, but my friends got into a fight when we were younger. They go to court, and now the idiot goes, uh, Your Honor, I didn't punch him in the face, I punched him in the stomach. Again, punching people is illegal. Uh, uh, having an alternate slate of electors is not illegal. Still assault. An alternate slate of electors is not assault. You're a fucking moron. <laughs> and what what's wild is someone at Chenk's intelligence level, Fanny Willis, ass Willis, is indicting someone based on this retardation. It's amazing, amazing. Judging that case was like, thank you. I've heard all I need to hear, oh and that just happened for the judge in that John Eastman. No, it did not. This case, they just have to play that tape on Fox News. No, they don't. You're a retard. And say thank you for the confession. We appreciate it. Guilty. So, Cenk, as someone who has experienced taking the bar and passing the bar, mm. would you like to dispel the notion that there's any merit to doing so? <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> guys, look, I never thought it was that impressive to be a lawyer, but these guys have proven me spectacularly correct. I can't, I can't, I literally can't believe their conduct. Because you're dumb and you are captured by your own propaganda, which is what you deserve. Yeah, and so look, guys, the fake elector scheme was super real. There's the no, it wasn't memos proving it again, totally legal, not fake electors, including one of the memos called uh, what was it? Uh, not you've a f- not produced that memo, fake memorandum. Uh, oh, fraudulent. The, yes, fraudulent. They literally <laughs> used the word fraudulent in the memo. Okay, that's totally made up. Now you're conflating the Philip Bump story with a different story. You're just a fucking moron. I, I don't know what to do. It's just amazing. I guess the only thing to do is just laugh. They're, they're just ridiculous. That's a different story. And again, that's not how it works. That you have a legal process, and then let's say someone doesn't understand the process and uses a word for it, that suddenly the whole thing becomes illegal because one motherfucker used a word. Like, that's not how any of this works. That's insane. And there's another. It's like saying, "Hey, we're going to go to the movies," and you're you're hanging out with a dumb person who thinks movies are retar- are, are illegal. I said retard. I don't know why I was going to say retard. Illegal. They think movies are illegal, and you go, "No, retard. Movies are not illegal." And then you go to the movie, and then TYT argues you you committed a crime because your friend called the movie illegal. That doesn't make it. This is like incoherent. Totally incoherent email where they refer to fake electors. I mean, these are the keystone cops of lawyers to begin with. You're the keystone cops of news commentary. And they go to Trump and Trump's Trump, by the way, heard overwhelming number of lawyers saying, don't do it. Doesn't matter. He's allowed to make his own decision. It's not constitutional. It's not legal. It was constitution. It is legal. Don't go anywhere near it. 
and Rudy comes in sauce, this guy comes in clownish, and they're like, oh, I don't know, maybe we could do it. Let's get some fake electors in here. Yeah, and, look, and then they go on air and pretty I much know, admit I it. Know. And finally, look, for anyone who might be watching who is genuinely under the impression that this prosecution, either the federal one, the state one, or both of them, is nothing more than a politically motivated witch hunt. These people are literally going on national television and admitting their crimes. No, they're not. You're just dumb. That's really what's going on. You're just dumb. I mean, they're making it too easy to- No, they're not. I mean, again, they're getting convicted no matter what, but this is just nonsensical. Prosecute them. So I, I a witch hunt would require, you know, a fishing expedition and like trying to- What the fuck do you, th well, you're an idiot. To extrapolate some criminality over um, innocent behavior. He's on national television literally admitting that he engaged in the criminality. It's not, again, moron, it's not criminality. He's being prosecuted for. Oh Here, last graphic, oh Eastman is accused of helping to craft the fake elector scheme and pressuring yeah. Pence to- It's not a real thing. <laughs> Whoa, why did that happen? to either reject electoral votes from certain states or delay the joint session of Congress on January 6th, according to the 98 page indictment. Is that a wish hunt? You just heard him admit it. It's so amazing that she is doing the whole, what more evidence do you need? And then just cites sentences from corporate media reporting. It is hilarious. You know, you know what's very satisfying? It's kind of like when, when some of these people like Joy Reid are afraid of COVID and they wear nine masks. And I, I, I enjoy that because they're like, they're ruining their quality of life, which they deserve. And they're doing it based on their own propaganda, which is really phenomenal. Anna Kasparian wants to be taken seriously. <clears throat> she wants to be taken seriously in the news world. And she does so little effort and is also so stupid that she's constantly self-owning with the most low IQ information and passionately arguing using that low uh, IQ, low uh, level uh, uh, propaganda to vehemently argue her things, making her look even more foolish. But she wants to be taken so seriously it's it's fantastic. It's really it's absolutely fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, uh, it's like if it was in the original witch hunts, the guy goes, the lady goes on TV, which obviously didn't exist back then. It's like I'm definitely not a witch. Look, when I flew in on my broom after I'd done my boiling pot of water and cast a spell. So he's now calling it a witch hunt. Amazing. Hell on all of you guys. Uh, okay. <laughs> And the spell was to make sure that you didn't know that I'm actually a witch. Okay, you could see why I'm innocent. You're like, what do you just- So there you go, Chank Yuger on board with the witch hunt. It's admitted everything. Yeah. I'm innocent because I don't have a pointy hat. Me Again, being a witch wasn't a real thing. That was the issue. Meanwhile, there are receipts published showing that the individual bought a pointy hat. Like <laughs> this is this is unreal, and Trump took their advice because he wanted to take the advice, the wrong advice. Again, what does wrong advice is not a legal statute, you moron. He's allowed to. You're not the arbiter of advice, okay? He didn't view it as wrong advice. He viewed it as correct advice, okay? The idea that that's somehow a crime just preposterous. 
And you know you're taking wrong advice when they write you a memo saying this is fraudulent. That they didn't do that. You're making that up. You're totally making that up. This isn't just you claim there was a memo in the Philip Bump uh, uh, paragraph who he claims there's one and Woodward. It's like ridiculous. Now you're just making up a new memo and pretending it said something that wasn't even argued in the quote from Philip Bump. Yeah, exactly. And you still do it anyway. Thanks for watching. Just insane levels of retardation. All right, let's go to this uh, breaking news from the internet from Sho Sugino. Let's have a look here. He says, here's a 2016 article calling the gangsten flag racist. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if this was 2016, this is exactly what you would see. The symbols of white supremacy flew proudly at the Capitol riot. Five essential reads. Oh, okay. So what do they have? One about the gangsten flag? Let's look down here. Yes, the yellow. Here it is, the gangsten flag. Another flag with a racist history is the Don't Tread on Me flag. It was designed by a slave owner and trader, Christopher Gadsden, when the American Revolution began. As Iowa State University graphic design scholar Paul Brusky writes, because its creator's history and because it's commonly flown alongside Trump 2020 flags, the Confederate battle flag and other white supremacist flags, some may now see the Geiston flag as a symbol of intolerance and hate or even racism. It's been adopted by the Tea Party movement and other Republican-leaning groups, but the flag still carries the legacy and name of its creator. See, this is what would have been said by the Democrat governor of um, of uh, Colorado if there hadn't been a shift. There's been a shift. It's not enough of a shift, but there has been a shift. Because they know if they come out and say the gangsten flag is racist, they're going to have a bunch of angry conservatives, and they don't want to deal with that. So that's why they did that. Now, I think conservatives need to be angrier uh, and hopefully get even more change, but there's definitely been a shift. Um, let's see if there's anything else here. Um, and yeah, they just lie. The beginning of a myth. The flag's origin isn't entirely clear. It seems to begin with a simple illustration accompanying an essay by Benjamin Franklin in 1754, 20 years before American independence. The image, possibly drawn by Franklin himself, portrays the American colonies as part of a, denied, a divided snake, simply stating, join or die. The essay is accompanied to address the major current issue for British colonists in North America, the threat of the French and their Native American allies. Later, as the American Revolution took place, the image took a new meaning. Colonists hoisted various flags, including ones depicting rattlesnakes, a distinctly American creature believed to strike only in self-defense. The flag, commonly known as the First Navy Jack, had 13 red and white stripes and possibly a timber rattlesnake with 13 rattles above the words, Don't Tread on Me. In 1775, the American Revolution began. South Carolina politician Christopher Gagston expanded on Franklin's idea and, and possibly the red and white flag as well. Gagston was a slave owner and trader who built Gagston's Wharf in Charleston, South Carolina, who cares, which was a major slave trading site. 
As many as 40% of enslaved Africans who were brought to the U.S. first arrived there. Who cares? The site is slated to be the home of the International African American Museum, which estimates that 150,000 captured Africans came through the wharf. And blah, 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 blah. A symbol awoken. For most of U.S. history, this flag was all but forgotten, though it had some cachet in libertarian circles. First Navy Jack version. <clears throat> resurfaced in 1976 on U.S. Navy ships to celebrate the nation's bicentennial and after 9-11, though today that flag is reserved for the longest active status warship, it's remained largely apolitical. In 2006, the slogan in the Cold Snake uh, saw some commercial use by Nike and the Philadelphia Union. Around the same time, though, the flag took on a new political meeting. The Tea Party, a hardline Republican anti-tax movement, began using it. The implication was the U.S. government had become an oppressor, threatening the liberties of its own citizens. Oh, yeah, they're 100% right about that. Perhaps as a result of the Tea Party movement, several state governments around the country offer a Gagston flag license plate design. At least some of those plates charge additional fees. The Gagston flag appeared at other political protests, too, such as those opposing restrictions on gun ownership and objecting to rules imposed to, to, uh, by the lockdowns. Most recently, the flag was flown and displayed at some post-election protests, including events where demonstrators called for officials to stop counting votes. Only Democrats are allowed to not count votes because of its creator's history and because it's commonly flown alongside Trump 2020 flags, the Confederate battle flag, and other white supremacist flags. Some uh, uh, now might see the gangston flag as a symbol of intolerance and hate or even racism. Well, it's completely appropriate to hate and be intolerant of uh, commies, so it's no problem. Um, at its core, the flag is a simple warning, but to whom and from whom has clearly changed. Gone is the original intent to unite uh, the states to fight an outside oppressor. Instead, for those who fly it today, the government is the, uh, the oppressor. It is, yeah, the government is a ridiculous oppressor. So there you go. So that tells you there is a shift because they would have gone to this uh, if there hadn't been a shift. So there has been a shift. You have a Democrat governor going, basically rejecting a 1619 style narrative uh, in favor of one that supports America. Now this governor is garbage and it changes nothing. But it's interesting. It's very interesting. So I hope conservatives keep complaining and speaking up when they see shit that they don't like because it is working. All right. Thank you, Shosaginu. Appreciate that. Uh, if you have an article that you want uh, read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description. Um, here they're talking about Trump keeping his massive lead after this is Pac the first Republican presidential primary debate was debate. last Wednesday on Fox News. We streamed it live, watched it, analyzed it, discussed it. But there was a question that we went into the weekend asking to which we did not yet have data. Remember, we want data, not speculation. That question was, was Trump's decision to skip the debate a mistake? Will it hurt him in the polls? Did Vivek Ramaswamy's performance help him in the polls? Is Ron DeSantis going to continue the decline? In other words, the question was, what will the impact of the debate be on Republican primary polling? And there are really two stories which are both true. Certain headlines said accurately, Trump maintained a massive lead in the polling after skipping the debate. That's true. But that's partially because his lead was so big. 
On the other hand, there are headlines that say Trump's lead has diminished since skipping the debate last Wednesday. And that is also true because he had a large lead that is now slightly smaller. We need to look at these dynamics because, as Rachel Bittacoffer told us, we aren't yet even in the phase where most voters are paying attention. And so there can be some significant swings in the next six to eight weeks that we will be looking at very closely. So let's start with this. OK, morning consult poll post GOP debate shows uh, debate survey shows Trump didn't suffer for skipping. Trump maintains a 44 point lead over Ron DeSantis after skipping the debate. If you look at the results here, you look at pre debate and post debate morning consult has Trump still at 58. DeSantis still at 14. Vivek Ramaswamy up from 10 to 11. Pence is steady. Chris Christie up from three to four and basically everything unchanged. However, I believe that this survey may have been done a little too early. It is also not the only post debate polling that we have. So while it is absolutely the case that Donald Trump still has a lead, has maintained a lead, etc., if we look at the real clear politics averages, you actually do see a shift. You see that Donald Trump has lost almost six percent of his support, going from nearly uh, basically fifty five and a half down to fifty three. Is it a major move? No, but it is true that in the one, two, three, four, five post debate polls, Trump is not doing quite as well as he was in an insider advantage poll. Trump is actually all the way down to forty five and DeSantis is up to 18 and Haley is up to 11, eating away at some of Donald Trump's support. But that is only one poll. That's why we look at an average and the shifts that we are seeing since the debate on average are Trump down a couple points. That's the purple line at the top of the screen. DeSantis down a little more from 14 to 13. And as you can see here, DeSantis has now gone from 31 to 13, losing well more than half of the support he once had. Vivek Ramaswamy continues gaining, albeit modestly. Vivek's best performance indeed in the morning consult poll, which has him at 11, but doing as poorly as five in some of the recent polls. But Vivek has now pushed from one to two to three to four to five to six to seven to seven and a half. And then uh, the other uh, person who has seen a little bit of a bump since the debate is Mike Pence, uh, who uh, and Nikki Haley, both of whom I thought had perfectly respectable and fine performances. So on the one hand, there are some seeing this as validation for Trump skipping the debate. They're saying, look, he skipped it and it didn't really hurt him. Well, he lost two points. And if he loses two points after every debate, he's not going to be in the lead for that much longer. What the fuck are you talking about? The counterpoint, of course, is what Rachel Bittacoffer said, which is, listen, all of this stuff is going to fluctuate much more wildly, in part because not that many people are paying attention yet. And when people start paying attention, usually after Labor Day, which is now only a week away, as we get into October, November, December, and then close to when people will actually start voting in the primaries, things may really quickly change. Do I think that anybody is going to explode to 50 percent in the next three months? No. Do I think it's possible that Vivek Ramaswamy or 
I don't know. I don't know who else. Mike Pence, Haley. I'm not sure who. Is it possible that any of these other people could be solidly into the double digits, the teens, for example, particularly if Ron DeSantis continues to falter and decline by Thanksgiving? I do. I do. And the question ultimately will become, does anybody have what it takes to actually eat away at that incredible amount of Trump support that there is right now among those who are paying attention? It would be an interesting thing uh, to ask, where do you think this race is going to be uh, by Halloween or by Thanksgiving or whatever the case may be? I know that many of you last thought on this don't like the betting markets, but I, I think it's interesting to look at them. The betting markets still have Trump very strongly. Um, and as you can see, Trump easily ahead in the betting markets, which aren't who do you support? They are who did you who do you wager is going to be the nominee? Trump very solidly winning DeSantis and Ramaswamy tied Nikki Haley. And then some people think actually Glenn Youngkin, who isn't even running, is going to be the nominee. So that's where the betting markets are. I'm not telling you that these betting markets are God's gift to predictive ability. I'm not telling you that they're worthless. I'm telling you this is where the betting markets are. We're going to watch all of it very closely. But we have to talk about cowardice next. Oh, yeah. The first Republican Trump's in big trouble. Um, someone called David Pakman a woke pussy. Fantastic. I said, grow the fuck up. We have a voicemail number. That number is 2192 David P. I am going to play a voicemail that is extremely disgusting. But <laughs> extremely disgusting. Here's the vision quest I want you to come on with me right now. Close your eyes as I get ready to play this voice. No, fuck you. I'm not doing that at all. No. And imagine someone sitting in their armchair, watching Fox News, drinking Bud Light or whatever. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter. Maybe they don't drink Bud Light anymore and saying, hey, you know what? I have something to say to David Pakman. I'm going to get on the phone with David Pakman. And then this is what they say. Woke pussy, woke pussy, woke pussy, woke pussy, woke pussy, woke pussy, cry the fuck up. Okay. That's a great message. Fantastic. It's hard to feel anger for someone whose life is clearly in such a sad place that that is what they decide to do. It is, it is, I, I feel more empathy than any anger because that's got to be one life gone wrong. So I hope that that gentleman is able to turn his life around and maybe behave in a less childish and humiliating way. By the way, that's not a kid. We, we actually know exactly who this guy is, who calls. Um, I guess they reported him to the police for that. Call it an anti-Semitic hate incident. Yeah. Best of luck to you, sir. On the bonus show. Amazing video. <clears throat> Ron DeSantis. Oh, yeah, this was good. You loot, we shoot. Absolutely. In the aftermath of Hurricane Idalia hitting Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis is issuing a warning, and that warning is you loot, we shoot. Lots of people here have guns. You'd better be damn careful. I am going to tell you why this makes very little criminal, legal or ethical sense. But first, let's take a just let them loot, bigot. Look at what Ron DeSantis had to say. All trying to loot uh, down in Steen Hatchie. 
And I've told all of our personnel at the state level, you know, you, you protect people's property and, and we are not going to tolerate any looting in the aftermath of a natural disaster. I mean, it's just ridiculous that you would try to do something like that on the heels of an almost category four hurricane hitting this community. I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. Uh, this part of Florida, you got a lot of advocates. David just says it's immoral. And some proponents of the second amendment. And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters. And I would say it's probably here. You loot, we shoot. You never know what's behind that door. If you go break into somebody's house and you're trying to loot, uh, these are people that are going to be able to defend themselves and their families. So, so I would not do it. Uh, we are going to hold you accountable from a law enforcement perspective at a minimum, and it could even be... Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, that breaking news was Surf Hunter, not Show Suginu. It was Surf Hunter. So thank you, Surf Hunter, and thank you, Show Suginu, for the uh, <clears throat> memberships the other day. Appreciate that. Worse than that, depending on what's behind that door. So let's all band together. All right. You get the picture. You loot, we shoot. So listen, I'm against looting. I've said it many times. Uh, I'm for peaceful protesting. I'm against vandalism, property crimes, destroying police cars, whatever. Everybody knows my position. This entire You just defend the people that do all those things, but you're against it. The entire you loot, we shoot thing has a number of different problems. First and foremost, one of the principles of the law and of common sense is of proportionality. And often it's completely proportionate. The law requires the use of force to be proportionate to the threat. Now, laws in Florida are a little bit wacky and uh, you have different places with a stand your ground castle doctrine, all sorts of different things. And so I'm not pretending that this covers the nuances of the law in any particular state. But certainly from a conceptual standpoint, it doesn't seem proportional to me that if someone is, you know, taking a pair of shoes from a store or taking some bottled water from someone's house, that it's proportional. So David thinks you should just be able to go into people's houses and steal their shit to just start shooting. And this also relates to the way self-defense laws are written. It's certainly very dubious. The other issue with you loot, we shoot, of course, if you're the shooter. And again, this is why there are so many people who say you got to be really careful about having guns even for self-defense, because if you end up using them, you now need to be able to demonstrate that there was really a justifiable reason for you to start shooting. Well, it's pretty easy if a person broke into your fucking house. A looter. You'd better be hopeful, I guess, that you can even demonstrate that looting is indeed what was taking place and not someone seeking help or whatever the case may be. People that are seeking help don't break into your house. And so you were also opening yourself up as Ron DeSantis cheerleads you, you loot, we shoot. You're opening yourself up even if you ultimately prevail legally to years of criminal problems. And you see what that's doing to Donald Trump. It's leaving him on truth social. So don't defend yourself, David is saying. Posting dozens of videos every single day. But from an ethical standpoint, from an ethical standpoint, uh, there seem to be so many issues with this. There's a risk of mistaken identity. Yeah, mistaking the identity of the person that broke into your house and stole your shit in chaotic situation maybe oh my mistake you were one of the people that i'm okay with breaking into my house oh i guess i made a mistake 
weapons? Do you even really know that the person you're shooting at because you think they're looting? Are they actually looting? Yes. Yeah. How do you know? It's so hard to figure out whether someone's looting. Is it someone you actually know? And yeah. this predisposition oh. to blanket you loot, we shoot. Mm. What about a moral responsibility? Yeah, a moral responsibility to allow criminals to take your shit. David is a true communist. You feel any moral responsibility to be more careful when dispensing deadly force in this way? I think it's someone who was looting. I don't know. You know, the unintended victims, you fire a gun. Maybe this person is looting, but you're not a great shot. And the person. Well, that's on you. You have to make sure you're proficient across the street, surveying the damage from the hurricane ends up getting shot. This entire attitude is part of the broken nature of American gun culture. Right. Self-defense is the broken nature of American gun culture. And Ron DeSantis perfectly embodies that broken nature. Hopefully this doesn't lead to the horrible sorts of situations we can all imagine it leading to, particularly when you're talking about Florida. Yeah, criminals getting what they deserve. Oh, can't have that. Communists don't like that at all. Um, so David is pretending again, there's no lockdown. They are going back to COVID conspiracies. Donald Trump swollen and disheveled in his rent. David is the most disheveled man in news, but he calls other people disheveled. That's wild. And of 31 videos yesterday did one video about supposedly forthcoming COVID lockdowns. Trump is not the only one who is pushing the COVID lockdowns in September conspiracy theory. Again, I want to remind you, as we talked about on the bonus show, I believe there's one medical and one educational institution that started masking policy again because of the surge that's taking place. And Republicans immediately said there are secret secret plans from Joe Biden and others in order to win in November of 2024 to start a quote lockdown in September of 2022, uh, 2023. <coughs> There's no evidence of this, but here is Trump pushing the conspiracy. The left wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. Ah. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? These are bad people. These are sick people we're dealing with. Now, I know many of you are already saying, David, these are all lies. Not lies at all. Trump is the one who locked stuff down. But let's let's let him finish. Let him finish. Wait, David, I thought there were no lockdowns. David has said before there were no lockdowns. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, Hear these words, we will not comply. <laughs> so don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. Wow. They rigged the 2020 election and now they're trying to do the same thing all over again by rigging the most important election in the history of our country, the 2024 election, ah. even if it means trying to bring back COVID, but they will fail because we will not let it happen. When I'm back in the White House, I will use every available authority to cut federal funding to any school, college, airline, or public transportation system. 
that imposes a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. All right. So listen, first of all, we really didn't have lockdowns in the United States. Guys, guys, we really didn't have lockdowns in the United States. So like if you lost your business because of the lockdowns, guys, you, you, it didn't happen. None of that happened. We didn't have lockdowns in the United States of America. You want to let's listen to the semen drenched liar again. So listen, first of all, we really didn't have lockdowns in the United States. Again, David Pakman for prison. David Pakman for prison. Now, I know some people say, well, when the schools were closed and you couldn't do indoor dining, it was effectively a lockdown. Look at other countries. Yeah, okay. guys, they didn't lock down people's businesses. There weren't thousands and thousands of people that lost their businesses because of the lockdowns. Okay, the U.S. never had lockdowns. Guys, the U.S. never had lockdowns now. But to the extent that what we had was a lockdown, it happened under Trump. Mm. It happened under Trump. Yeah, Democrat governors had nothing to do with any of it. When Joe Biden became president, things only opened more yeah. and more. The lockdowns Trump says we had were put in place right. by Trump or yeah. by governors when Trump was president, right. both Republicans and Democrats. So there's the absurdity of you're going to start lockdowns in September of 2023 to win an election in November of 2024. That seems weird. I also don't know how it helps you if the country is against so-called lockdowns. Why would Biden locking things down help him win? It doesn't make any sense. Well, again, liar, it would be because of the mail-in ballots. But more importantly, Trump's the guy that we had the so-called lockdowns under. And so-called lockdowns. Now he's saying we won't allow it. Well, you're the guy who did it. It makes no sense. Now, let's take this as an opportunity to talk about what is true. Hospitalizations for COVID are up. Total lie. And they're up because cases are up. Bullshit. Hospitalizations are a percentage of cases. Cases go up. In general, hospitalizations go up. Okay, that's going on. There is a new variant. We do not have evidence at this time that the new variant is more deadly. Could it be? Maybe. At this point, we don't have evidence that the new variant is more deadly. We don't have evidence at this time that the new variant causes more serious disease. There are some early reports that the symptoms are different under this new variant. Some are talking about vomiting, which historically was not a COVID symptom. There are more reports anecdotally of vomiting with this newest variant. Whether whether it's more than just anecdotal still remains to be seen. It is absolutely true that this new variant seems very good at getting around immunity from prior infections of other variants. The more recently you were previously infected, the more protected you are against the new variant. The new variant is a sort of descendant of Omicron. Uh, so if you were you know, infected longer ago, you're, you're going to have less protection for sure. It is believed that the new covid boosters, which will be widely available seemingly in a few weeks, if not at the most a month, it seems that that new booster will be effective in terms of preventing a serious illness. Good. I really, really hope you take it and death against this. Newest I really hope you take that booster variant much more so than the old vaccines. We're still gathering data on that. It's also true that if you are immunocompromised and you don't want to take any risk, then you should be doing whatever is advisable for you to avoid getting COVID. That's been the case for a while, and that's going to continue being the case. As to Trump and other Republicans fear mongering about impending lockdowns or Democrats bringing back COVID in order to win an election, 
First of all, there is no sign at this time that any so-called lockdowns are coming to the extent we ever had them. This country never actually locked down. Again, he belongs in prison. I would put David Pakman in prison. I wouldn't even think twice about it. If you consider having to get takeout and your kids being home from school. Yeah, guys, all you had to do was get takeout. You didn't lose your business. Just you, you had to get takeout. A lockdown. Well, just remember that that happened under Donald Trump, not under Joe Biden. Absolutely the most despicable evil fucker in the game. Really, he is just absolutely despicable. Unbelievable. Uh, Sam Cedar is claiming that Twitter's uh, that uh, Tucker Carlson's Twitter show is a flop. (laughs) Amazing. This is nuts. This is Tucker Carlson. You know, you get a you want to get a, a a notion of what Tucker Carlson's going for, uh, in terms of like what his next step in his career is going to be, and it does feel, doesn't it, Bradley? And we're going to play clip number eight just so that you know, but it does feel like he put his plans to do his Twitter X show on hold. Is he doing it regularly now or no? I got to check. Yes, he's doing. You're you're doing a segment on it and you couldn't be bothered to figure out if he's doing it regularly. Yes, he's doing it regularly. But I think if I'm not mistaken, the um, the Orban interview and um, the, the inter- Trump interview. Yeah, well, I believe those were still both um, Tucker now, I guess, Tucker on X now. Obviously, it's not Tucker on Twitter anymore, but oh, I, oh, I got to okay. check if he's still doing it as consistently. But he's the relevancy i think as you've said sam you're absolutely right like it was the time slot not him well what are you talking about they're not getting the same ratings if it's the time slot not him then they would be getting the same ratings just retardation it was it was it was both and it wasn't even necessarily the time slot as much as it was that he's saying this stuff on a cable television show like i could say um you know the same commentary i give here doesn't have the same weight because i'm not saying it on cable television even regardless of what the numbers are um and so and but the the fact that i'm doing there you know will would uh, attract more numbers um so just to give you a sense of like where he thinks he has to go with his show. Here is uh, Tucker Carlson on Adam Carolla's show. That part is not surprising. Um, but here is uh, Tucker Carlson um, uh, providing some history lessons. You know, everybody I knew, the world I lived in, in Northwest D.C., like everyone works either directly for the government or is a a parasite on government effectively, including people I love and know really well. And the media is too, by the way. I mean, the media is reporting on government, but it's also dependent on government. You know, in 2008, it became really clear that Barack Obama had been having sex with men and smoking crack. (laughs) And a guy came forward, Larry Sinclair, and said, I'll sign an affidavit. And he did a cigarette detector. And he did. I smoked crack with Barack Obama and had sex with him. Well, that was obviously true. Nobody reported it. Not because they were squeamish about sex or drugs, but because the Obama campaign said anyone who reports on this gets no access to the Obama campaign. 
And so they didn't report on it. So that happens. That's just one small example. But that happens all the time with lots of different issues. Now, and do you, do you believe that transpired or do you believe the guy is legitimate or both? Oh, the Larry Sinclair story? Oh, that definitely happened. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've pause talked it. to Larry now, Sinclair about it. This is, this is it. awesome. Oh, pause it for one second. Pause it for one I mean, second. If you, pause it one second. This is, this is my favorite part here. He says, oh, no, absolutely. It definitely happened. Um, what he's not telling you, he's, gonna, he's going to tell all the other aspects of why um, this Larry Sinclair may not be considered the best source for this um he'll go on to talk about some of that but the truth is he was invited to uh he did sign an affidavit and he was offered um a hundred thousand dollars if he could pass a polygraph test from a uh, a website he took them up on it, and the polygraph organizer said his results indicated deception. And then the, 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 the guy said, well, the polygraph sponsors were bribed to say that I failed. That's possible. You're dealing with the Obamas. Um, I, I think he said, like... Um, they were bribed like $700,000 to fail. You know, uh, the thing is, this stuff tends to come out a little bit, as Donald Trump understands, right? I mean, he tried to silence one of his critics. Presumably, there would have been other people. But listen to Tucker Carlson explain all the reasons why this is a dubious claim and then say, but no, it's totally true. Believe the guy is legitimate or both oh the larry sinclair story oh that definitely happened oh for sure i mean i've talked to larry sinclair about it and oh definitely it happened i mean if you larry sinclair's been in and out of prison at, during one period i mean you know 40 years ago he was in and out of prison he's got a criminal record by definition he's you know poor uh he's got a disordered life he's missing a tooth like he's not you know, an Atlantic fellow. Um, he's not going to the Aspen Ideas Festival. I think he has a record of deception. Obviously, he does. But this story, if you listen to it in detail, is clearly true. I mean, it's simply consistent with what's publicly available. What's publicly available? Michelle Obama clearly has a penis, thus making Obama a homosexual. But on top of that, you have the latest reporting of the letters that he sent his girlfriend saying that he fantasizes about having sex with men. So you could argue maybe he's not gay, maybe he's bisexual, whatever, but Obama uh, has fucked dudes. And uh, I love how they, you know, because it's supposed to be stunning and brave, but then they act like, oh, how dare you say that, as if it's something bad but you you think it's something good why wouldn't you be like great news obama we love him so much and he's a homosexual could this get any better you know if if they really thought it was stunning and brave they'd be like of course michelle obama is trans it's wonderful the first trans first lady but no they don't do that do they isn't that fascinating it's really funny you know there's just 
I mean, I'm going to do an interview with him and you can hear it. And again, it's not going to change the world that Barack Obama likes dudes. I think this was well known. Barack Obama said so himself in a letter to Correct. his girlfriend. And by the way, that's kind of Barack Obama's business. I'm not attacking him for, for liking dudes. I'm just saying the amount of lying in the media about it was unbelievable. Like people knew this was true and it was quite obviously true at the time. And people who covered the campaign didn't say anything about it because they didn't want to lose access to the campaign. And and that happens all the time up and down government. So it's, it's almost like if you have a housekeeper, you think, oh, you know, she works for me. But if you have a housekeeper long enough, you realize, well, you actually work for her and you get caught up in her dramas. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, th- there's a weird dynamic where you, you switch places d- d- with people. In. No, and, and uh, by the way, fire her abruptly and she'll write a tell all book about exactly at home. that's exactly right. And, you know, we we don't even have a full time housekeeper. So, like, that's not going to be an issue for me. But the point is. Mm. You think you're holding government accountable, but actually they're controlling you. That, that's uh, really I just love that. Uh, we don't need to hear any more of this. I love that. Um, and of course they do. Of course they do. I mean, they, if they don't have a full-time housekeeper, it's only because they switch so many houses. They have so many houses in which they live in. So Sam, of course, knows the arrangements over at Tucker Carlson's house. Uh, that they don't need. Sam is the arbiter of whether or not he has help or full-time help. Eat it uh, while they're not there. Oh, I'm a populist. I would never hire a housekeeper. <laughs> but I love, I love like how uh, they, both of them, both of these guys immediately feel like they're victims uh, because they have housekeepers. When did they say that? There's nothing worse than having the housekeeper and having to talk to them like they're a human being. Again, no one said that. Now you're just making stuff up to deflect from the fact that Barack Obama is a homosexual. That is like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and share details about your life and vice versa. The so horror. Where they, they trapped <laughs> in and then like if you fire them, they're going to they write a book and a tell-all thing about all the horrible things they had to put up with with you. Daredevil. I smoked crack and had gay sex with both Adam Carolla and Tucker Carlson at the same time. I'll sign an affidavit. They even told me they enjoyed it while on a lie detector. Cogman sounds like Al, uh, Tucker's Alex Jonesing. Uh, yes, that is exactly uh, my point. That that's where you start to go. Uh, you know, that's where Tucker's understand. There is nothing Tucker will not do to maintain his celebrity or to achieve some measure of celebrity or fame. The guy went on Dancing with Stars when he had no other options as a way of reviving his career. He Wasn't he already doing well when he went on Dancing with the Stars? And I'm not a fan of Dancing with the Stars, but do what you want, I don't care. But that was like a few years ago. He was still doing well at Fox. Um launched a website i guess it was like in 2006 that was he even went to cpac and said conservatives don't believe in journalism we're going to start a real sort of like journalistic heavy uh website uh, so that's a bad thing which ultimately ended up being what was it the daily wire no it was the daily caller the um uh, daily caller the da- how is that a negative he, it's a negative that he founded the daily caller Again, all of this, what the hell does this have to do 
with the core thing that Tucker said, which is Obama's gay. Obama fucks men. That's what we're talking about. Daily Caller, uh, which ended up like doing uh, Swedish, uh, you know, models stories, essentially. What? Uh, and then uh, conspiracy theory stuff. There's no. What are you talking about? You're just making stuff up. Thing you won't do. And so he's giving you a sense of where uh, of, of where I wish they were doing Swedish model things. That would be fantastic. You know, when you're reading the news and then click on titties, I'm on board. He's at. They're not doing that. Um, here's another example of what Tucker's willing to do. This is from a week ago. Tucker Carlson uh, has visited Hungary, I think, multiple times. Oh, over the past how dare you visit Hungary? That's an act of racism. Last couple of years. Uh, platformed uh, Victor Orban. Oh, or, or he interviewed Victor Orban? What a bigot. Featured him on his, uh, his show. Amazing. Um, which, you know, I guess you don't want to begrudge a, uh, a fashy right-winger the opportunity to see one of his fashy right-winger heroes. Uh. But he's neglected, as far as I know, every time to mention the fact that his father is basically a lobbyist for Hungary and um, has done lobbying work for them. So this has to do with Obama liking men. How it's a twofer, I guess. I don't know. I guess it might. Right. So so uh, Obama likes men and he counters. Yeah, but Tucker Carlson's dad's a lobbyist for Hungary. Oh, well, there you go. It's be hard to talk about the absolute corruption associated with uh, Hunter Biden trading off his name. We should say. Right, his right, right. See, see what Hunter Biden did. Totally fine. But lobbying for Hungary, unacceptable. Ellie, you know, that uh, Tucker's dad, if he wasn't in the CIA, um, he suggested Tucker go in the CIA. I think they rejected him. And so at one point, uh, the guy was just like, well, go into journalism. They'll take anybody. And his father ran uh, the public broadcasting uh, corporation, I think, right around the time uh, before. Well, how dare he do that? He got his PBS show. Obviously, the father needs to be doing what you tell him to do. Uh, his dad's been doing that for him for a long time. Yeah, he yeah he was the director of the Voice of America for the last six a, years of the Cold War. Oh, Voice of America, that's yeah. what it was. Um, and um, here is uh, Tucker Carlson though uh, addressing um, the MCC Fezit. What is that? It's a uh, festival, I guess, in uh, Budapest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, here you go. This is not a power that's exporting something ugly to the rest of the world. This is a country concern, concerned with its own safety and prosperity. That's, in the words you used to hear a lot in the United States, a country that is minding its own business. And so even if you disagree, which for the record I do not, but even if I did, and I ran the State Department, I would say, you know, let's take a pass on Hungary. We've got bigger problems. But they can't. They hate Hungary. And they hate it not because of what it's done, but because of what it is. It's a Christian country and they hate that. And that's the truth. And nobody wants to say it, but it's true. And it's not a particularly provocative Christian country. I don't think most Hungarians go to church. It's not a theocracy. You're not required to believe in the catechism to live here. It's nothing like that. 
It's a soft Christian country, the softest ever. 300 years ago, people would look at modern Hungary and say, that's not a Christian country. But by modern standards, it's one of the last countries that identifies as a nation built on Christian precepts. Again, not imposing them on anyone else. But that is enough to incite our policymakers in the United States. And that is exactly why they hate Russia, by the way. I'm not a fan of Russia. And, and if I was, I wouldn't admit it to a, to a Hungarian audience. <laughs> when I hear Orban described as a Putin suck-up, I think, really? That image of Orban being pushed against a police car with a baton to his neck by Soviet-backed policemen comes to mind. Yeah, this, he's probably not pro-Russian, just guessing. But why do they make that, make that charge? Well, because one thing that Russia and Hungary have in common is a big part of the population identify as Christians. Now, you, why would that be provocative? I mean, a huge part of Malaysians identify as Muslim. Fine with me. But it's not fine with Washington at all. It's deeply offensive to see that alive in Europe. And that is the core. It's not rational. It's, this is happening on a gut level, but it is expressed through policy. Policies that I'm ashamed of that most Americans don't even know exist. The fact that Americans working in Hungary have to pay Hungarian and American taxes, one of the few countries in the world where that's true, that's punitive, that's punishment. And it's punishment for your constitution and for your attitudes. That is cultural imperialism. That's what we used to call it. The idea that the bigger country gets to impose its way of life on smaller countries not convince them to adopt our way of life, not convince them to drink Coca-Cola because it tastes great, but force them, convert or die. That was repugnant to Americans. That was the opposite of the American promise, which was this is all voluntary. Come to our side because you want to. We've got something better to offer you. We're not going to force you. We want you to come under your own free will. And that's no longer true. The uh, amazing thing is, is that... So he's not going to refute any of that. He's probably going to just talk, start talking about Tucker's maid again, or maybe his kids, or maybe the t kind of car he drives. I don't know. I, if, if Americans have to pay tax in both Hungary and in America for work done in Hungary, that's a function of Hungarian tax laws. <laughs> How? How is having to pay a tax in America? I, I don't understand. Are there other countries where you have to do that and you have to pay the tax in America? Because my understanding is that um, if you are a U.S. citizen, at the least, um, you pay income tax to the U.S. government regardless of where you made that money. Is that true? That's fucking insane. So if you go to another country and live there, you have to pay tax to the federal government of America? <laughs> Holy shit. That that actually sounds right about that that sounds about right for America actually, for this government. That sounds about right. It may be the case that if you're working in that other country that that other country says you don't have to pay taxes here. Because of that, I don't know, but my understanding has always been that if you're a U.S. citizen and you're making taxes, you're making money abroad, you need to pay taxes at home if you're still a U.S. citizen. So he's probably. 
that's an amazing that's amazing but that's america has nothing to do with that money that money that's incredible They're making that up that's but incredible. just the idea that like he is i i think there's states that have been trying to do something similar i think california tries to do that if you like move the aggrievement the reason why america um hates hungary which i don't uh, maybe people in the state department i don't think they hate hungary they have problems with its sort of anti-democratic nature well, that's made up that's a smear not because it's a christian country i don't think there was you know i think to the extent that there was any russia issues you know like russia has gotten more christian in the past uh you know eight years i think the big issue with russia was their um involvement with the election both stuff that we've heard of well Again, totally made up lee and also it's i think um what we know but i even then i don't even think it was like the the reason why we have a ukraine war now is because russia invaded that's the but for there but um this is i don't know this is the way he gets his interview with orban right call that a beat sweetener yeah it's it's similar it seems like there's some cause and effect stuff right like tucker get, tucker scores the interview with trump trump does his, does his first twitter post in two years at right after uh Tucker does the uh, Mest Fest or whatever that is in Budapest, and then next week gets his interview with Orban. <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of transactional nature without a doubt. the booking. <laughs> without a doubt. Um, you know what? I'm going to turn on the phones. Maybe we'll take a uh, we'll take a, a couple of calls. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. They, oh, yeah, Mark Levin, Kyle Kalinske does not like what Mark Levin said. All right. All right, guys, let's have some fun. Mark Levin absolutely lost his mind in defense of Trump. Um, he gets into a flailing jiggle rage here. Let's watch and we'll break it down as we go. Here's the crap indictment that all the legal analysts says this is where the problem is right here. Not if we're a republic with a true rule of law. That's crap. Then we have, here's another one. Here we have the January 6th case. And I've told you before, what did he do, Mr. Smith? 1871 Clan Act. What? The Enron Act. The guy loves the Enron Act on obstruction and a financial fraud statute. Look right here. Oh my God. Crap. Mr. Smith goes to Washington and Mr. Smith blows up the place. You know what this is? A hundred pages of bull. I could take one section out of here. Let me ask you a question. Are you allowed to challenge a campaign and open and count its legitimacy? According to her, no. So put Rico aside and every other charge aside. She just char charged somebody with a felony under state law for exercising their federal First Amendment free speech right. That's part of this. Ancient Rome believed in attorney-client privilege. Modern-day America does not. Can you name one targeted victim during the Stalin regime who was indicted in four different jurisdictions? Can you name one who was facing 91 charges? Can you name one who was facing almost 1,000 years in prison? No. This is worse. Thousands of subpoenas. His kids were, were all brought in. Hundreds and hundreds of witnesses and so forth. They had nothing. All intended to sabotage his presidency. That's a police state. He's charged with crimes relating to election activity. He's charged with crimes relating to documents. He's char charged with crimes relating to non-disclosure agreements. He's charged with crimes relating to 
campaign activity in one state. Ladies and gentlemen, why go through the motions of justice? Just hang the guy. So he compares the U.S. to uh, Stalin's Russia? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, he says, you know, just hang the guy. What and are we he would be one of the commies over there. Doing here. What's so amazing is that in this whole clip, I didn't see a single argument. There was no argument. What do you mean? He made a bunch of arguments. He made an argument about how she's uh, charging him in the state uh, for his federally uh, protected uh, free speech. He's like, look at these charges! There's a lot of charges! It must be bogus, because there's a lot of them! That's not what he said. I told you guys this before. I'm astonished by how little they have. The only argument he can muster, muster, and it wasn't even an argument, it was like half an argument, is, uh, to free speech something, questioning the election is free speech. And it's like, homie, I don't know how to get this through your head. If he had just... Could he be more cringe? I don't think so. ...done rallies and used his free speech and said, I think I won the election and it was rigged or whatever, there wouldn't have been any charges. Uh, bullshit. But that's not all he did. They also did a fake elector scheme. Not a real thing. Which they referred to in their own internal emails bullshit. as a fake elector scheme. Doesn't matter, and it's bullshit. They used the term fake elector, and they also used the term fraudulent elector, and they even acknowledged- Bullshit. So he's taking, if what he's saying is true, he's taking what one person said and then using they. Like, as if Trump was referring to it that way. Just, it's propaganda. Straight up propaganda. Internally, that this is an illegal scheme. Incorrect. It's not free speech if he just gave rallies and said... He is allowed to challenge the election in the courts. I think I won. They are allowed to do alternate slate of electors. This is nonsense. Then, it, even though it's not true, and even though it's a lie, he's totally allowed to say it. It became a crime when he did the fake elector scheme and effectively tried to defraud the United States of America and do a coup and- Again, not a real thing, retard. Keep his own ass in office. Chank Uger level of IQ. They don't have any answers <clears throat> to any of these questions. Uh, total bullshit. And all he has is rage and yelling and screaming and shaking papers like, look, these are the charges. Yeah, that's a lot of charges. If anything, my takeaway from this is the opposite of the one you want me to have. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of pages. Who cares what you think? I don't think Mark Levin cares what you think. We just want you to go get another booster. That's really it. Did something wrong. What you think about this, I could care less. If you came out tomorrow calling this bullshit, I still wouldn't give a fuck. What, are you kidding me? 91 charges? God dang, what did something wrong? If there's a conservative who can step to me and say, look, I'll go through each charge with you point by point. You wouldn't have a person like that on your show. Did you, I mean, you look what happened when your fucking dumb whore went up against RFK. She embarrassed herself. It was hilarious. And I think I found a bunch of them I don't That's think... That's basically what would happen. <clears throat> the, the person would start talking and then Crystal would... And then shut the conversation down. Legitimate, and I'll explain why. But at the end of the day, yeah, I found 12 charges that are legitimate. So what am I going to do? That I would respect. That I would respect. You're trying to muster a defense. You're going through the, on the specifics and the nuance. And then you say, yeah, look, I can't get around the classified documents one. He was caught red-handed. What are you going to... Like, well, that would be retarded because he's allowed to have those documents because he was the president. Like, that I would respect. None of them are doing None of them are doing that. Well, why would they do that? That's not true. So you want... So, in order to gain homosexual Kyle's respect, actually, actually, that's not accurate. That's not accurate because he is banging, arguably, while you know, wall battered, but still a smash. So, you know, it, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be fair. Um, 
in order to get Kyle's respect, he wants you to lie about the documents case. So, gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's just anger, rage, saying things like political interference, free speech, and ultimately you're left with this. It's so impotent. I'm honestly shocked that they couldn't muster a better defense than what they've done so far. Well, again, you're just dishonestly pretending that through edited clips from Mark Levin that that's everyone's argument. I mean, it's just these are low IQ uh, propaganda tactics. And by the way, Mark Levin, just so you understand this, he's supposed to be the intellectual of the right-wing pundits. It's like him and Ben Shapiro are supposed to be the, oh yeah, very smart man, very smart man. What part of this was smart? What part of this was intelligent? You don't have an answer because you know none of this is intelligent. It's actually just like flailing rage where there's not a coherent point to be found. Hey y'all, do me- All right, bisexual Kyle, go get another booster. It's, uh, well, actually, you can't get it yet. It's not out yet. Definitely get the new one that comes out. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, Prager uh, went on Pac-Man. Let's have a look at that. Today we're going to be speaking uh, for the first time, maybe not the last time, we'll see how it goes, with Dennis Prager. Many of you may know him from Prager U, from his radio program. He had a conversation not too long ago with our friend Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks. Dennis, welcome. It's, it's great to speak to you today. Well, thank you for having me. Just to start, and this can be so quick and then we move on, just as a sort of sanity check, I've started to ask guests. in. So what this is, is the first humiliation ritual, the first hoop that David tries to get people to jump through, or the first knee bend, the first bend the knee. So let's see what it is. This year, last year, the following question. Is there any way to accurately say that Donald Trump won the 2020 election? Just a simple answer if there of is course. one, and if not, it's fine for you to explain. Oh, I, I, have, I have a relatively simple answer. I I've it. given it from the election day to this day. Yes, sir. I am agnostic, which has satisfied neither the left nor the right. Okay. My, my it's obviously not going to be enough for David. Colleagues on the right want me to say it was stolen. Mm -hmm. And people on the left want me to say we are certain it wasn't stolen. Well, and half of the right also wants you to say that, right? Half of the right wants me to. Oh, that, I wouldn't say half. I, I would say most people on the right believe it was stolen or, or that there was a good chance it was. Wow. Uh, I don't know what that gains us, but it, it's fair that you ask. See, it's funny. Uh, see, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's a bullshit tactic. It is a bullshit uh, hoop that he's trying to get you to jump through. You regard that as a sanity check. I do. So, okay, so let me offer my sanity check. Please. Right, so it's a way to poison the well. It's, 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 it's no different than when with Michael Knowles, he tried, he immediately says, well, Michael, I just want to make sure we're going to have a good faith debate. So uh, basically, this allows David, if you don't answer the way he wants to, he, if you don't answer the way he wants you to, he can then just dismiss everything you say. It is total bullshit. Do you believe that men who say they're women can compete with women in women's sports? I think in a lot of sports, that does not make sense. So how do you... Was that the answer you expected? Because you did a little bit of a look to the side there. Did you think I no, was going to... No, I did a look to the side because I took off my earphones. Understood, sir. I, did, I realized that I don't need them. Okay. Um, 
But this is a so, different topic, Dennis. I'm sorry. It's a Ray, different. You're topic. not allowed Did, to ask. Want- you're not allowed to ask your own questions, Dennis. You have to obey David. I'm gonna close on the election first. Oh, well, you said you just wanted to ask that question for a sanity check. Okay, and okay. you're agnostic I mean, is the answer. Yeah, yeah. So you I am agnostic because so many things happened that are uh, that are that were odd or unique. Mm. Uh, like it was the first time that a president had ever, uh, an incumbent president had ever gotten more votes than he did in his first election and lost. Uh, that uh, all the all the swing states went in his favor. That 17 of the 18 counties that are considered bellwether counties went in his favor. We, those who think something bad happened, yeah. are not out of their minds. Okay, I mean. We don't have to make this the subject of the conversation, but things sometimes happen for the first time. I guess the question I would ask as a... Yeah, like hopefully when you go to jail. The follow-up would be, did you... Or, you know, take the booster. Either one. I'll take either one. See compelling evidence from any one state that suggests that Joe Biden lost it even though he was given the win? Is there a single state where you feel confident yeah. it was stolen? Georgia, Georgia might be one of them. Uh, Pennsylvania might be one. Uh, and, and of course, people say, because I, I, I love to have people I differ with on my show. And so I, I, and I read the left. I only wish the left read the right as much as I read the left. Well, I try uh, to, but what evidence was there in do, Georgia? You probably do. I, th- I think I think if, if you do, you're you're atypical. Uh, but but in, 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 in any event. Yeah. What's the uh, Georgia I'm evidence? All the time that courts dismissed the, the all these cases. That's true. Uh, but that's the tragedy. See, if I were an America loving Democrat and there are 11 America loving Democrats and there are America hating Democrats, there are both. But there are America-loving Democrats. If I were one, I would say, please, let us air all of these complaints. Let us have some type, as close as we can to some neutral authority, not rule on it, just allow the American public to hear what evidence there might be. And I'll add another thing. If one believes, and I'd love you to respond to this. Yeah. If one believes that Donald Trump is a a neo-Nazi fascist, something I've never said, but you, we could okay, maybe find but, someone but who believes. Yeah, right, 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 right. You, you've never compared him to Hitler. David has never compared Donald Trump to Hitler. Is that? Yeah. Well, well, okay. I believe you haven't said it, but it's not germane to my okay. to my argument. Whether cool. you said it or not, it's said often that he is a fascist. Excuse me. That he is a fascist is constantly said uh, on the left, and and so uh, if you believe that, aren't you morally bound to cheat on his behalf? For example, if I were in Germany in 1932 during the elections that brought Hitler to power, I tell you I would have cheated mm. on behalf uh, of any other party uh, than than Hitler's party. Yeah. Aren't you morally bound to cheat if you believe the man is a fascist? You'd have to ask someone who believes that. I don't know. I mean, it's I think, listen, we only have a half hour and we're five minutes. Yeah, so in. Look, well, let's talk. I, about I think a, what like, I would say is the audience can judge. Is there evidence out of Georgia that's convincing to them? Is your answer to did Trump win 
logical into them in any way. Let's let the audience decide on this section of the conversation. Fair. I'm really interested in talking to you about woke, anti-woke, cultural issues, etc. Now, you and I could pick one thing like cat litter boxes in bathrooms or quote men and women's sports or drag shows or whatever. And we could just talk about that for 25 minutes. But I want to zoom out a little bit because you've been in this for a while and I've been following many of the things you've said about these issues. Here's my curiosity. If you look at polling, if you're going to just reject polling, then we'll talk about that. But let's assume that we have some polling that tells us something that is relatively close to what the country believes. Record support for same sex marriage today. Record number of people saying I'm moving away from religion. Highest in the Roe v. Wade era of the country says abortion should be legal in most cases. Sixty percent says we haven't gone far enough on making trans people feel welcome. OK, I could go on, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Do you feel as though this is a lost cause and the country? So the question is, uh, uh, Dennis, based on this bullshit polling that we manipulate, uh, uh, shouldn't you just give up and allow us to fuck the kids? has clearly gone in a different direction from where you would like to see it. Or what do you think might happen that would turn around this 30, 40 year trend of moving to the left culturally that I believe we are seeing in the polls? There's no question we're moving to the, to the left culturally. Uh, uh, the first thing people have to do is recognize reality. You may not, you may or may not be happy with it. it, it just, just parenthetically, I just did an hour of radio because uh, I do a lot of hours that are not politics, and sure. I, and it was about a subject because I'm writing a commentary on the Bible, and I'm I'm finishing volume four in in which I discuss, in on one verse. Is there luck in life or is everything God's will? I, I'm a, a deep believer in God. And of course, I believe there's bad luck because that's reality. If you get a kidney stone, and I use that example, I don't believe God placed the kidney stone in your kidney. Hmm. I, I believe that it was your crappy luck that you got a kidney stone. But, but a lot let of me let me just dig it not to interrupt, but I want to make sure we know what we what you mean by luck. Do you mean by Let's imagine the prevalence of kidney stones is 2% just for hypothetical for our conversation. God created a world in which there's a 2% prevalence of kidney stones. You had the bad luck to be in the 2%. Is that what you're correct. saying? That's correct. That's okay. Now, why did God create the kidney stones to begin with? Because God, God did not create uh, a perfect nature. I mean, f trees can fall, avalanches can happen. Okay. Uh, it is our task to fight cancer. And, and to and to be able to live with avalanches. Got I, it. I, I don't I, I the human being wanted to leave the Garden of Eden. That's my much my take on the story. We rather live in a free universe than in a perfect universe. Okay. Okay. So so but I'm, I'm glad you, you went to theology with me. Anyway, I'm the only reason I raised this is I am not happy to acknowledge the power of bad luck or good luck. But it is the reality. I am not happy that 40 uh, that 45 percent of uh, of young Americans say, uh, according to Pew, uh, that uh, uh, they believe in free speech, but not for hate speech. A, it shows you how incoherent young people's thinking is, 
that they don't understand that the whole point of free speech is to allow speech that you can't stand. Okay, I'm a Jew. If you don't think the Holocaust happened, you're a liar, you are sick, you are perverted, but you are allowed to say it. By the way, you're not allowed in most European countries. You can be imprisoned for denying the Holocaust. Yeah, and to be clear, I'm a Jew as well, and I believe exactly what you just said. I believe you. Okay. I, I have a uh, bullshit, total bullshit. David is very much pro-censorship. Feeling you would, but, uh, but just know your side is as opposed to free speech as more opposed than ever any segment of Americans has ever been. Mm. We, we are living through the greatest crisis of free speech in American history. That poll is an example. Here's another one. Okay. 25% of Americans aged 40 and over have never been married, as opposed to 8% in 1980. We went from 8 to 25% in 40 years. Can we talk about that one a little more? That one I find interesting. I'm not 40, but I'm in a long term relationship. I have a baby. I'm not married. It's a conscious decision I've made evaluating what is marriage in 2023. Is that the sort of contract I'm interested in? Do I need that to mediate my relationship with my girlfriend? Are there protections that I find necessary? I don't know that for me and for so many other people I know that are probably in the group you're sort of describing here, I don't know that it's any kind of moral commentary or a commentary on the nature of relationships, but more about for most of human history, this sort of contract didn't exist. There was a period where it peaked. I think it was the 50s or 60s or 70s. It, it seems to be in decline. It's sort of a blip. I don't know that it's that indicative of the the, the broader point you're trying to make, Dennis. It's funny you should say this. Uh, I went to a wedding last Sunday night and my wife just spoke to uh, the woman who got married. Yeah. And they had lived together for about four years. And she said, everything feels different. And I always explain to people, you use the word girlfriend. So. You'll just have to take my word for it, please, that you would be conveying a very different image of yourself and your relationship if you said my wife. I agree. Okay, I I think that that is a worthy commitment that human beings should make. I would like your you have a child, I I, I believe. Yes, indeed. Like child to believe mommy and daddy are husband and wife not just boyfriend and girlfriend. (laughs) It's better for the kid, better for you and better for the world. But why do you think then that this marriage thing was the sort of more prevalent status for such a tiny blip in human history? And now it's already diminishing. Well, I mean, the Bible was written 3000 years ago and everybody got married. I don't know why you call it a blip in history. It it was it's universal. People got married in virtually every civilization. Well, so if we consider modern humanity 250,000 years, for most of time, humans were not getting married. All right, look, if I can't talk about pre-Stone Age or or pre-pre, excuse me, uh, pre-Bronze Age man. Okay, fair. Okay, since the Bronze Age, people have gotten married. (laughs) And and you know what? We've done better. By every metric, marriage makes a a better person and a better world. Yeah. What I see is commitment between two parents 
and probably a fair amount of economic stability are really the ideal circumstances. But I think I don't want to get away from your broader point, Dennis, which I think is you're right. If it's true that, David, this is a real relationship, which I have my doubts, <clears throat> I think David realizes the negative financial financial consequences of what will likely be an inevitable divorce. Recognizing the reality oh, of the I situation. Am. And I'm fighting it. And you're fighting double, it. And I'm fighting it because I, I, I believe that uh, graduating high school, getting a job, and getting a ma getting married, and getting married before you have a baby, that is almost the perfect mm. recipe for a better life. But going more broad on the other culture war issues I mentioned, you're 75. You've been at this for a while. Don't you think that maybe the, it's simply being lost? Or let me ask it in a different way. What catalyst do you think might happen that might turn this thing around so that the so what do you mean that the catalyst already happened? Uh, the the fact that you guys went after the kids so hard has caused a major pushback. And it started with the school board meeting uh, takeovers. So-called kind of anti-woke side wins or resurges. He's not even acknowledging a resurgence. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, it's a great question, and I don't have a perfect answer. I do think that the uh, chaos of the trans movement, hmm. that people support the removal of girls' breasts when they're 18 or even sometimes younger, or boy boys getting castrated because they say they're girls. This has alarmed a fair number of people, even on your side of the spectrum. Mm. They realize this is madness. We have gone out of our minds. And I, I, I know why we've gone out of our minds. I don't think you would, you would uh, agree with my uh, analysis, but it, it is in, I could put it to you in one sentence. It is, a, it is a quote attributed to G.K. Chesterton, but we can't verify he said it. I am only saying that because I didn't come up with this. Okay. When people stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. Mm. And, and this trans movement is the proof. I said on Bill Maher's show four years ago, Yeah. right before you saw that, it's gone viral. I saw it. Uh, he said, he said, oh, Trump lies. I said, it doesn't compare to the lies of the left. America is systemically racist and men menstruate. And he cracked up. The whole audience cracked up and the whole panel cracked up. They were all laughing at me. And Bill Maher said, this is why it's gone viral. There are like 10 million views of this uh, yeah. particular scene where he says, Dennis, where'd you come up with that one? And that was 2019. Of the fall of 2019, and and people go, what are you nuts? Who says men menstruate? Within two years, if you deny men menstruate, you are considered transphobic. Well, listen, I mean, I'm glad to have. I don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't know that this is the most interesting thing for us to talk about. Right. The thing that makes my side look the most retarded is not the most interesting thing to talk about where the thing that has me the most checkmated in this conversation is the thing that I just don't think is interesting to talk about. Isn't that a fucking coincidence? That's fascinating. But that being said, I have said very clearly there are some areas, if we just say the world of trans issues, there are some areas where I feel quite confident, like, for example, 
When it comes to bathrooms, I was just in Spain. Beautiful country, terrific seafood. I recommend it to you, Dennis. The bathrooms, the, the bathrooms are just gender neutral. There's a sink there and a bunch of stalls and people cross in the sink to wash their hands and you use the stall. Yeah, you totally normal for men to be mingling with women in the bathrooms. Totally fine. Aunt, everything's fine. The bathroom issue I genuinely do not care about, even when they are organized the way they are in the United States. Another example that really just does not seem like an issue to me. You know, the women being raped in the bathrooms by lunatic trannies and people pretending to be trannies, they, I think they might care about it. People want to be addressed by a different pronoun. I'm going to guess based on what I see. And if someone if I get it wrong, I'm not insulting anyone. If someone tells me otherwise, I'll kind of just do my best. You know, we can kind of negotiate these things on some of this stuff. Like a talking point I'm hearing a lot is so many trans people who go through gender affirming care regret it. And that's a sign that something is very wrong. When I research it, it seems it's under one percent. Bullshit. Total bullshit that express regret. Total. Bullshit. And for some of that one percent, it's temporary. So absolute bullshit. Oh, so I'm ambiguous about what is the right thing to do in some of these areas. I'm open to hearing from you to the extent that I judge you to be a good faith uh, a participant in the conversation. I don't know the answer with some sports. You know, uh, it, it seems pretty clear that there is an advantage to being biologically male at birth. It seems unfair in those cases to arrange it in a certain way. In others, it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. So I, I think that I am very open minded well, on this. Curious, you know? just curious. Uh, it's not even a challenge. Yeah. Name me a sport where, where there is women sports where it doesn't make a difference. Chess. Well, apparently it does. Interestingly, uh, I was just reading that the International Chess Federation, whatever, whatever the name of the group is, yeah, uh, uh, did, uh, noted that men did play chess better, generally speaking. By the way, if you're right, and I have I have no agenda here. Yeah. Then there should not be women's chess. Right. So this chess is an the interesting one because exists right. suggests that there there is an advantage to separating the sexes. My so understanding is and again, I think we're both trying to learn here. My understanding is the reason that the women's chess division was originally created was not enough young girls were participating. Okay, because, fair enough, but it's yeah. not a physical sport anyway. So yeah. it's, it's not a sport. No, I we mean, listen, I don't know. Right. So so that you all right. No, no, no. But you said where it doesn't matter. But if if it doesn't matter, there would be no reason for women's uh, women's whatever it is, track, field, weightlifting, tennis. But apparently there is a difference. A, a male who said he's a female won in Canada two weeks ago. And he not only set records in the women's division, and I am saying he because I think he's a fraud okay. uh, and, a, and, and a narcissist for hurting women like this. He lifted 250 pounds more than the first place woman. Right. You, I know you don't think that's fair, no. but on your side, the entire LGBTQ movement is unanimous in saying you're transphobic if you think that is wrong. So, I mean, listen, um, a couple of examples, uh, equestrian, right? I mean, it's physical. You're riding a horse. A lot of it has to do with the horse. If biological men who tend to be heavier want to compete against women, it doesn't seem like a major problem. 
sailing is physical. You have to dominate the sail as you are being pushed around by wind. Uh, bowling, I believe, is is gender segregated. I don't know that it needs to be. I mean, darts is another example. I, I mean, these are just some examples. Right. So wherever it made a difference, you'd be opposed to it. So you are transphobic according to your side. Okay. Please don't understand that. Well, but I think the point that I'm trying to make to you is that there are many people on my side that are taking my view and sort of trying to figure out who who. What do you mean? Those people are called transphobic Nazis and kicked out. What are you talking about? I'm surprised. You know, it's time. Why aren't they kicking David out? David, look, what David has demonstrated here, he is clearly, rabidly transphobic. Something that is admittedly not completely figured out yet. It seems incorrect oh, to I mean, cast it, it, us it's, as... It's figured out in most cases. I mean, it, it, it's, fi it's figured out... Uh, for for race uh, for racing for track for weightlifting for tennis yeah oh, it, it it's pretty universally uh, I don't like it and as I said if there's no difference whatsoever it is silly to have men's and women's sports to Fair, begin yeah with. and so you just listed a couple examples I gave you five fines by the way green sea n words uh, uh, green sea n word says quote what a butt foe, Sam Cedar. Again, I'm reading it as it's written. Oh, no, it doesn't say foe. It says four. Okay, excuse me. What's a butt for, Sam Cedar? Who am I kidding? He's a huge faggot. He knows exactly what a butt's for. That's true. He is a huge faggot. Thank you, sir. Sincerely appreciate that. I think there was another one. Oh, yeah. Green CN word also says she at HB. That's all racist. You can't send alternate electors to Congress like Hillary Clinton did in 2017. Yeah, only Hillary Clinton and the Democrats are allowed to do that. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Sports is one aspect of this. Where are you on something like bathrooms, for example, and bathroom usage? Do you want like a genitalia check or what are you what are you looking for? I, I think you don't need a genitalia check. Men should stay out of women's bathrooms. It's easy that a a a an elementary school, for example, where a boy says I'm a girl yep. and would be exposed in front of the girls as 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 they are in the case now of college uh, swim uh, meets where the if a guy says he's a girl, he is uh, Leah Thomas exposed his penis to the to the girls on the on the pen. But Dennis, swim. I hate to interrupt. You first said kids in college. They're adults. Right. So which are you talking about? Right. Both. Oh, so I'll start. I, I, I'm just giving an example of where it does occur. OK, uh, with adults, I think I think that here. Your your anatomy should dictate in elementary school which bathroom you go to in elementary. Ideally, school. Okay. By the way, I have no problem if, if, if when there is a unisex ba a bathroom with one stall, anybody goes in. Yeah, that's uh, I have. Uh, I, I have on occasion where there is one stall. I have. Yeah, but th that's not enough for the trans activists. The trans activists want access to the women's restroom. Gone into the women's bathroom. If I really had to go to a restaurant, wow. and it was a little, a little nothing thing with just one toilet. Sure. So, and I wouldn't, and I recommended to women to go into the men's because if my table was near the bathroom, so very I, genteel I of you. 
I'm sorry. No, I said that's it's that's very genteel of you. I, I'm sure the well, women appreciate genteel, it. Genteel, it's just common sense. I, I'm a big believer in common sense. But so elementary honest. school, it's a genitalia. But yes, your, check. your anatomy should dictate which bathroom you go to in elementary school. Yes. Okay, and then in any other scenario, should it also? So, uh, if if it involves exposure of your genitalia, it should be dictated by anatomy. If it does not involve exposure of your genitalia, look, as I say, it's I say this tongue in cheek, but it's true. If a man exposes himself to to women or a woman and she has not asked to see it, he's arrested. Mm. But uh, where where if he says I'm a woman, then she could be arrested if she complains. It's a little it's a little weird what our situation. Why can't decent people just say, look, Women are not aching to see most men's penises. Mm. Therefore, if I say I'm a woman, uh, I will not expose myself in front of women, even though I think I'm a woman. Why can't why can't someone be that decent? Because they're predators and they want to expose their penises to women. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to, I, I'll tell you. I don't ever see any 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 genitalia in bathrooms in general. You know. Well, no one is talking about you, faggot. First of all, you see tons of genitalia in the bathhouse. Stop it. And secondly, we're not talking about you. David pretends that if he hasn't seen it personally, that it doesn't happen and doesn't exist. Like, what is the that's exposition? Right. I, I, okay, that's yeah. fine. Oh, yes, I understand that. So that's not so, a problem so for you. Theoretically, then. a man says he's a woman and he enters a stall. And, and nobody sees anything, then why would anybody complain? Yeah, li listen. Well, that's not enough for them, though. That sounds reasonable to me. That sounds eminently reasonable, okay. what you're saying. We can talk the, about the, these the, other the scenarios. Battle is, the battle is way, way higher. Yeah. The battle is what we call so-called uh, uh, gender uh, care. The, the, uh, the, the removal, by the way, you, the, the 2% or under 1%, whatever you said, of... of of detransitioners, yeah, that's uh, a. It, it, I I believe it's as close to a pure lie. You're not telling it. I know you read it. I read it too. It, it's there's no doubt in my mind. It's a lie. Uh, uh, there's a lot of lying on a lot of these issues uh, because people feel if they have a, a a humane agenda, they don't have to tell the truth. Well, no. Listen, uh, I mean, uh, let no, me, wait, wait, just I have a proof. I have proof for this. Virtually every European country has stopped this care for minors. It has ended. England has ended it. Sweden has ended it. Denmark has ended it. Norway has ended it. And that's only the ones I know by heart. So here's my uh, concern about we, this. We, we and Canada. I, I, I really apologize. No, that's OK. I, we and Canada are the worst countries on Earth in, in terms of what we can do to minors if they say that they are the other sex. I don't have that data in front of me, but let's just assume it's not even germane to the next part. I want to go with this. Here's my thought on this. I also am not 100 percent on some elements of this type of care for minors. I still am, am learning more and doing my research. One of the problems I'm having with some of the claims that are made by wh those who I would colloquially say are on your side, I know not everybody agrees on everything, is that when I research some of their claims, they are lies. Like, for example, this is super specific. This guy, Matt Walsh, went on Joe Rogan's podcast and said that prepubescent girls are getting their breasts chopped off. Now, let's put aside for a second that prepubescent. So again, 
it's girls aged 13 to, to 18 or 13 to 17 if you just want to uh, have uh, non-adults. So what Matt Walsh said, whatever, they are doing it to 13 to 17 year olds. Pubescent girls essentially don't have breasts. Let's put that biological reality aside for a second. So again, that's Matt Walsh misspeaking. And when Joe said how many, he said, oh, it's like millions or something. And it was like 900 people over the last six years or something like that. that. Well, that's bullshit. It's in the thousands. It's pre but they underreport a lot of this shit. It's definitely in the tens of thousands. When I see such blatant distortions about what it wasn't blatant, he got the number wrong. He admitted that he got the number wrong. And and the number that is reported is obviously uh, underestimating. So while it's not in the millions, not yet, at least it is in the tens of thousands. And it's fucked up to do it to even one is happening. It's hard to believe that these folks are operating in good faith. Bitch. So, again, same propaganda tactic. David can just dismiss the entire thing because he has labeled it good faith, just like the Jehovah's Witnesses can dismiss your entire argument when they label it apostate. I have no comment except to say your, your, your point strikes me as rather valid. How could a prepubescent girl have her breasts removed when so few of them have breasts? It sounds that, weird, yeah. That, that is what puberty brings uh, with it, menstruation and breasts. But yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I will actually ask Matt, I, I, I know everybody at Daily Wire, and yeah. I, I will ask him because it's hard to imagine that he would have said that. I'm yeah. not saying that you're you're acting in bad, he misspoke. bad faith. A lot of things are misheard. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe no, David is definitely acting in bad faith. He misspoke, but it, it shouldn't be happening. If a kid says to a parent, a 10-year-old, okay, let's take a 10 let's say 12, it doesn't matter. Mom, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. Mom, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. Yep. The reaction of a sane and decent society is, my, my darling, nature made you a boy. Or if they believe in God, God made you a boy. Hmm. Or both, God and nature. You are not a girl, you are a boy. And we're gonna get you help Obviously, there are other things going on in your life, which is almost always the case in these kids' lives. And look, how do you explain? Yeah, coercive teacher. The, the like thousand percent increase in trans kids uh, in the last five years. It's yeah. a social phenomenon. This is not a medical phenomenon. Well, I think that that's sort of a, it's I have an answer for that, and it relates to the same question of where did all these gay people come from 15 years no, ago? No, but, gay, but gay people have not increased. My, my understanding is that no, folks who say in no, surveys, I am gay, it has increased. Bi I don't have the data in front of me. I don't have the data in front of me. Okay. Bisexuals have increased, and I have no doubt Bisexual. about that. But uh, gay men have not increased. For a gay men, it's a fixed. There's a certain percent. So I'm going to have to go with David's expertise on the gay men here. Image of males who will never be attracted. Because if there's one thing David knows about, it's gay men. To a female. It's sort of fixed in any given generation. Okay. On the first point, it's interesting to me to hear you say, if a 10-year-old said that, hey, we're going to get you some help, it sounds like you're talking about therapy. Every medical professional I've spoken to about this says the first line here in exploring this is therapy.
No, it isn't because what you're calling a therapy is insanity because they tell the kid that he can change genders, which is fucking insane. So it does sound like you agree with the start of the path that has been established. Yeah, but all of their, you can't even, I, I believe that there are therapists who could lose their license for, as a therapist. If they say to a, a girl, I want to help you work out peace with the sex that you are. That yeah, in many states, that is true. That I'm is not aware of that. I, I, okay. I have to. So, of course, as usual, the left is not aware of a basic component of the subject that he's debating. Deplete ignorance because yeah. I just don't know that. I don't it, know that. I know yeah, lots okay. of therapists. None of them have mentioned that that's a part of the protocol. All right. Ask, ask all the therapists you know. I will. And, and not, not a, it's a challenge. Yeah, I'm no, curious. I'm curious. I'm curious. Can, can a therapist say to a 12-year-old, you, uh, in fact, you're a girl, and I'm going to help you work through your acceptance of that. Fair. Can a therapist say that? I'm going to find out. get in trouble. I'm going to find out. My stepmom supervises 12 therapists, and I will find out what's going on, at least in one state. Dennis, I know you've got to run and that we're almost out of time. One just very last political thing. I'm curious. In 2016, you had said Trump was unfit to be a presidential candidate, let, let alone president. You've since I've seen you endorse and defend many of his actions as president. What changed? So I'm glad you mentioned that. So people should know he was my last choice among all the Republican no, uh, candidates for the nomination. Yeah. But once once he was nominated, I believe uh, and we can obviously do this in a part two if you'd like. I believe that it is very important for the left not to have power because there's no example in history of the left, not liberals. I always make a distinction between hmm. left and liberal. Uh, where they have not suppressed dissent. <coughs> this is Correct. a, uh, this is, my greatest fear is the suppression of free speech hmm. because uh, that ends uh, everything. So if a Republican is nominated, I will support him. He turned out to be, in my opinion, a superb president. I'm not a fan of his. Wow. Uh, but by the way, it's a, a big distinction. I wrote 25 years ago, it's in my book, printed in 1998. It's called Adultery and Politicians, an essay I wrote. I don't care if a politician committed adultery. I see no linkage between fidelity and being a good president mm. or a good senator. Uh, I, I am quite consistent on dividing between the macro and the micro in yeah. a public figure. King David uh, not only committed adultery, and he's a hero of the Bible, he not only committed adultery, he had the guy killed so he could sleep with his wife. Okay. And that's pretty bad. That may or may not resonate with some in the audience. But so, in other words, you're oh, still... Oh, no, it's not a matter of resonating. <laughs> I, 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 I only make this point. No, my fight on this issue is not with the left. It's actually with many on the right who think that adultery disqualifies you from being a good leader. So uh, th th I, don't, I don't believe most people on the left think if you committed adultery, you can't be a good president. No, I mean, I certainly be don't believe Senate. that. Right. Yeah. So ironically, it, it should resonate with your audience. Hey, um, if you had your choice of everybody running on the Republican side right now, if you knew whoever you picked would be president, who would you pick? So I I'm actually happy with, with a fair number of them, uh, uh, to be honest. Uh, I wish Larry Elder had been on the stage. Uh, mm. I, I think the RNC uh, cheated him, and that bothers me. I know Larry. Uh, if, if people heard him and saw him, they would be blown away at, at his erudition, knowledge, and, and brilliance. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
if Larry were president, I would retire from my work. Okay. <laughs> but of the ones that are there. running and made the uh, debate stage. Yeah, I don't have one single favorite. Okay. I really like virtually every one of them. I don't like Chris Christie. Wow, that's the that, one guy I think is sane. I, I'm sure you do because yeah. he hates Trump. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, D Dennis, I'm going to let you go. But one last thing, just because of who you are, I have to have you weigh in on this. When it comes to um, when it comes to corned beef, do you go lean or do you tell him just give me? All right. So uh, Prager, um, I think, assumes David is arguing in good faith. What will likely happen is David is going to make follow up videos and then smear Dennis Prager. Uh, because he trapped Prager, unfortunately, if you uh, mentioned, I should have, I should have said it. I don't know why I didn't say it when, when it happened. Um, Prager was talking about the bathrooms and, uh, David said something like, so, uh, genital checks in, in elementary school and Prager, I don't think caught on to that because if he would have caught on to that, he would have said, what do you mean genital checks? I never said anything about genital checks. So I think now he's going to go with the narrative that uh, Prager is pro genital check, but we'll see. But David's a snake. He is always a snake. And uh, I think Prager did decently, um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, here is, uh, let's see, what do we have here? Mushmouth Trump publishes disturbing new video. Donald Trump has announced a new vlog, a video blog, and he put out a bunch of super short mushmouth confused looking videos yesterday. Here's Trump announcing it on Troth Central saying, quote, I am pleased to inform you that periodically I will be doing videos on Truth Social that will be discussing many project, many subjects in many time frames. You will be able to choose the video and policy that you like, and you may want to reply on. Oh, what was that phrase? Soft gentleman did the video, and Trump said a phrase: "Mental catastrophe." <laughs> I never heard that before. He, I don't even remember. He called oh Biden. I think he said Biden was a mental catastrophe. That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Truth, social enjoy. He's doing a vlog. That's essentially what this is. This is Trump. Yeah, and so he's doing a vlog. So he made some vlog posts and they're like, he's mentally ill. Look at all the vlog posts. New project. Here is one. I'll give you some examples. Here is one about Joe Biden. How dare lowlife prosecutor deranged Jack Smith. That's right. He's deranged. Break into my former Twitter account without informing me and indeed trying to completely hide this atrocity from That's true. That happened to me. What could he possibly find out that is not already known? Just like the early morning raid of Mar-a-Lago. Why isn't the DOJ raiding crooked Joe Biden's house? Why aren't they raiding his phones? He's the most corrupt and incompetent president in the history of the United States. That's the one they should be looking at. And they do end very, very abruptly. Of course, the reason that they're not. Well, he's done talking. What, what is he supposed to do? We want him to start dancing at the end or something? raiding Joe Biden's house is when Joe Biden's lawyers found a few documents, they immediately turned them over. Yeah, that has no relevance to the statute. And there was no reason to raid it because there is no evidence. What do you mean? They have to search for more classified documents. He's not allowed to have them. It's that Joe Biden is obfuscating or obstructing or doing any of those things. Trump then well, he later they've later found more bemoaning Joe Biden's economy 
which I have to tell you is pretty good. Uh, the gaslighting on the economy is just incredible. They do this trick where like inflation uh, is not going up as much as it was and they pretend that means it's going down. One of the most important issues in this campaign. Like it's back to normal is what they're arguing, which is ridiculous. Will be who can rescue our country from the burning wreckage of Bidenomics. And what evidence do you, what, what metric can you point to, sir? Faggot, gas is like $4 a gallon. The grocery store prices are fucking insane. Milk is, uh, 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 milk is what? Almost five dollars a gallon. Eggs went down a little. A little surprising. I saw eggs for three ninety nine a dozen. They used to be like a dollar fifty a dollar. Now they're three ninety nine, and that's like cheap. Three nine. And now look, this is a lot of this is regional. Like I think if you're in the Midwest, like this guy I watch, this guy, what the heck's his name? Danny Dano. I think he goes around. He's been and it's interesting. Like he goes, his whole channel is every day he goes to a different store and notices the incremental increases in prices. Now, on a day-to-day -day thing, it's like, you know, four cents, 10 cents, it's not a big deal. But then if you've been watching him for like a year, or you don't really have to necessarily watch every day, you just like note the prices of whatever you're interested in, and then, you know, come back three months later and see where they're at. It's no good, it's no good. Now, I think he's in the Midwest. I, I think milk is cheaper there. So depending on where you are, you know, maybe eggs are cheap. Maybe eggs are even more expensive. Uh, here, they were around $6 a dozen, but now they're like $3.99 a dozen. That's still crazy. The idea that that's progress is, again, the this, and you're telling me this gaslight's gonna work with people? That doesn't make sense. Or like they'll they'll show the inflation chart where it I think what what was it this month or no we're in we're in a new month so we're gonna get new numbers last month right inflation only went up three percent right and the month before it only went up, it not only the month before it went up five percent okay but it's still up it's still not back to normal and they pretend since it didn't go up as much as the previous month that it's back to normal and then it's down that's a lie that's just total bullshit and like what are you gonna do you're gonna show the chart to the cashier and be like, uh, miss, I think there's a misunderstanding, even though these groceries are at least double what they normally are. I have a chart here that Joe Biden said, his, Joe Biden's people says that inflation is, is down and we're back to normal. I don't understand. But in, incredible. So the, the level of gaslighting that they do with the economy is incredible. Ooh, by what metric? Multiple metrics. How about, did you see the uh, the jobs report? So this is the scam on the jobs report, right? They might be able to do this with other reports as well. I don't know. Um, I th What is this? This is September. I think this was June. There's a name for what they do. They, they change it uh, retroactively. There's a name for it. I forget the name is. So... Basically, I believe it was really half the jobs. So they had like job growth. I, I forget the exact numbers. But let's say the, the Biden administration was masturbating over a gain in like 200,000 jobs. Well, it was just updated. It was actually 100,000. So it looks like a lot of these numbers, when they come out, they're juicing them already. And then they <clears throat> go back and then they update them quietly, hoping people don't realize what's going on downshift is what I forget what it's called it's it's something which shall henceforth be defined as inflation taxation submission and failure
<laughs> Under my leadership, we built the greatest economy in the history of the world. In fact, we did it twice. And when I get back in the Oval Office, we will do it again. And it'll be bigger and better and stronger than ever before. Well, I would love to have one explanation of here are the five metrics under Biden's economy that prove it's going. So now notice he already he already changed the goalpost. He said, give me one metric. Now he wants five. Really, really terribly. Uh, Trump claiming in another one of these strange vlogs that Joe Biden put a bounty on the heads of American citizens abroad. Crooked Joe Biden just agreed to pay a six billion dollar ransom to the Iranian dictatorship in exchange for hostages. This is yet another Biden surrender and a further blistering humiliation of the United States of America to the world stage. But even worse, this decision will be extremely deadly. Biden is giving six billion dollars to the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Just as when Obama sent the Iranian regime pallets of cash for hostages, in the dark of night, remember, plane loads of cash. As you can see, Trump really struggling to enunciate and with the dick. What the fuck does that have to do with what he just said at the uh, uh, about the plane loads of cash? You can have so you have no refutation. A discussion as to if and when ransoms should ever be paid. Serious, intelligent, thoughtful people have varied opinions about that. But the idea that we're going to go to mealy mouth Trump to tell us what makes sense when it comes to hostages is, of course, laughable. Well, he might be the president. Trump then doing another one of these mini vlogs about his polling. Great polls just out, <laughs> leading by 40, 50 and even 60 points. Who expected that? I did. <laughs> Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all very strong, but also leading Biden very big. The sanctimonious is crashing. Perhaps the party should. What was the one the other day? He was like, they indicted your favorite president, me. It's hilarious. Come together. People should drop out of the race. We unify and we beat Biden and the Democrats. They should be easy. To I beat. get the impression. I, I don't want to jinx this, but uh, not that like. You know, I'm ultimately never going to be satisfied. I acknowledge that. Uh, if you ask me right now, right now, are the shit snake advisors winning or are the good advisors winning? I think the good, like, there's no way Jason Miller likes this. This is something coming out with a video blog and releasing a bunch of videos. The snake advisors do not want that. There's no way they're for that. So this has got to be a Stephen Miller type. There's probably other people, I don't know their names, that are halfway decent. Uh, only, the reason I keep bringing up Stephen Miller, he's like the, he's like one of the only ones that I know by name that is like a good advisor with fucking base policy. Um, again, not Jason Miller. I would think, like, they don't want... I think Jason Miller is a saboteur, to be honest. Um, they don't want this. This is like... Remember, remember a long time ago... Uh, I was, it's so funny how time changes. I'm like, yeah, there really needs to be something for the morale. <laughs> it's kind of boring. There's nothing going on. Hilarious. hilarious. But, uh, I mean, at the time it was, there was nothing going on and it was kind of like people were just not feeling it and the morale seemed low. And now it's like, that's open. Morale's like through the roof. Um, 
But I was like, he needs to release videos. Like, release a video every day on Rumble. Boom, there you go. And I'm not suggesting that they heard the show. I think what I'm saying is very obvious, right? Like, you need him out there constantly fighting. And that's a way to do it. Every day, have him upload a video. Or no, they're not necessarily doing that. They're just having him... They're basically... It's obvious what they did here, right? They have a, 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 a whole bunch of stuff that that they that he's going to talk about and then they just cut all the clips up so he probably gave like an hour speech maybe 45 minutes and then they just cut it all up fine they do retakes whatever yeah that's very good and you know it's a good idea because the reaction from the media is oh he's insane look at this crazy guy putting out all these videos oh he's violating his uh his uh court order or whatever yeah good i hope he keeps doing this because our country has never been in worse condition. There you go. Uh, it, I, I love the idea of thinking what goes on behind the scenes. Like, tr does Trump call down and say, hey, write me up some stuff and put it on the teleprompter and I'll be down in a minute to read it and to read it really strangely. Here's one last funny one. It's almost like Trump's doing cameos. He did a happy birthday to Ben Carson's wife. Hi, Candy. It's your favorite president. Oh, and my I God. How much would he be able to charge for cameos? I've, I looked at cameos the other day because uh, I, I saw a, a YouTube uh, video where they were like doing hiring people and they were using like Fiverr and stuff. And I, I commented on it before, like how everyone it was just so safe. It was so it was like a little bit not depressing, but it was like a downer at how safe these guys were. And I know the one guy is not really a safe guy, but he's being safe because he has a gun to his head. The guy, Max Mofo, because, you know, he he. Um, Years ago, he's very profane in his, you know, whatever he does on his channel, opening Pokemon cards and shit. Very profane. Uh, and then on this new show, it's like very popular uh, with the, what's it called? Cold ones. It's just very safe. It's very safe. And I noticed all of these celebrities declined their very safe um, uh, requests. But people who charged less, who were like kind of trying to make a living, they all accepted them, which I, I thought was great. But um, I was looking at the different prices for how much people charge. And uh, man, some of these people, even a person with like half, like, like a B-list celebrity charges like, a, like $500, $1,000. I mean, charge if you can get that, charge what you want. I mean, Trump would, it would be... That would be incredible if after he has his run, he does cameo. That would be amazing. That would that would be insane. I could not pass up the opportunity to wish you a very, very happy and very special 30th birthday. I'm special. Not, I hear 70, but I'm not saying that because I don't believe it. I hope you enjoy your celebration and many, many more. All right. So I don't know if Trump is formally bookable on cameo, but there actually, if you did cameo now, you could probably raise money for the campaign. Although I don't think I don't think he would do it. But that you, holy shit. There it is. Trump's new vlog. You could charge fifty thousand dollars. As you can see, no shortage of things for him to do. Our spot. All right, what do we got next here? Fox host has mental breakdown over Trump arrests. Let's have a look here. All right, Fox News propagandist hey. Mark Levin went on a furious time. First of all, you're a propagandist. Mark Levin is uh, irate at what's going on. I raid about if you're really going to do all of this stuff to Trump, 
maybe just hang the guy to which a whole bunch of people said you know mark that doesn't sound terrible now of yeah so of course david completely for that will pretend he's against it that's fine of course i'm for law and order i'm actually for due process so it's not interesting to me to say skip all of it and hang the guy right so you'd be for hanging after your your show trials but that's okay because uh, i i agree just in the complete opposite direction I would like many tribunals. But there are certainly people out there who would say, listen, let's skip the four trials and just put it all together and not hang. But how about 15 years in prison, which is almost certainly a death sentence for Donald Trump? We're not going to do any of that stuff. So, of course, David wants his political opponents to be put to death. Not surprising for a commie. This show. I want each of these cases adjudicated on the merits one by one. But let's listen to Mark Levin completely lose his mind steam coming out of the guy's ears. Epic meltdown. Take a listen. Here's the crap indictment that all the legal analysts says this is where the problem is right here. Not if we're a republic with a true rule of law. That's crap. Then we have here's another one. Here we have the January 6th case. And I've told you before, what did he do? Mr. Smith, 1871 Klan Act. What? The Enron Act, the guy loves the Enron Act on obstruction and a financial fraud statute. Look right here. Oh, my God. Crap. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And for people who are only listening, a big part of the visual interest here is that Levin has the different indictments, I guess. Like we don't know what's on these pages, but he's got stacks of paper that he's holding up. And Mr. Smith blows up the place. You know what this is? A hundred pages of bull. I could take one section out of here. Let me ask you a question. Are you allowed to challenge a campaign and open and challenge its legitimacy? According to her, no. So put Rico aside. Wrong. It's not wrong. She literally lists it. People were going over it on Twitter in detail. Okay. Simple acts like tweeting about watching OAN were in furtherance of the conspiracy retard wrong quite literally incorrect that it was furthering a crime to tell people to watch a hearing on OAN Trump is not being indicted because he believed he won or used legal means to challenge the election result blatant lie this guy's lying uh no you're lying fucker he can yell as much as he wants you can talk like a faggot as much as you want and guzzle as much cum as you want it will not change the reality But that's not true. Every other charge aside, she just charged somebody with a felony under state law for exercising their federal First Amendment free speech right. Incorrect. In the indictments, it says that he is lying. In the indictments, it says Mark Levin is lying, does it? Oh, that's fascinating. That's part of this. Ancient Rome believed in attorney-client privilege. Modern-day America does not. Can you name one targeted victim during the Stalin regime who was indicted in four different jurisdictions? (laughs) Can you name one who was facing 91 charges? Can you name one who was... So that's the faggy laugh when he has no rebuttal. Just laughs. Almost a thousand years in prison. Or he'll bring up like how he pronounced the word. Now, of course, the reason Trump's being indicted in four different jurisdictions is there is evidence that he committed different crimes. Um, total bullshit. In four different jurisdictions. It's really very simple. No, this is worse. Thousands of subpoenas. His kids were, were all brought in. 
hundreds and hundreds of witnesses and so forth. They had nothing, all intended to sabotage his presidency. That's a police state. He's charged with crimes relating to election activity. He's charged with crimes relating to documents. He's char charged with crimes relating to non-disclosure agreements. Yeah. The alleged crimes are extremely widespread. Trump is an allegedly prolific criminal. He's charged with crimes relating to campaign activity in one state. Ladies and gentlemen, why go through the motions of justice? Just hang the guy. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so damn funny. Just hang the guy. Uh, listen, Mark Levin is shocked at all of the charges against Trump. I'm shocked, too. I mean, it, it's incredible the amount of alleged criminality that one guy and his inner circle were able to get up to in a rev, rev, relatively short amount of time. Uh, the reason for the multiple indictments is alleged criminality in multiple jurisdictions. The reason for the indictments under so many different statutes is alleged crimes violating so many different statutes. And they have this righteous indignation about how dare they how dare they do this? And to some degree, do we really believe Mark Levin is this angry? Like what I mean is I'm sure on a personal level, he thinks the charges are wrong or whatever. But these guys act enraged to make their viewers enraged. And this is what oh, and that's dangerous. They're going to be violent. You know, it's sort of like if you as the host are really upset as well. Great. But if you can just pretend that's good, too because they traffic in anger and fear as a currency, anger about what they're doing to Trump and fear that they might do it to you. I actually I have a clip. I was going to use it, then I didn't use it. Maybe we'll look at it tomorrow. It was somebody on Fox making the case that they might go after random Trump supporters next. They already are going after random Trump supporters. That's already happened. They're just going to go after random Trump. Well, that's happened. that's ridiculous. It's literally happening. If you rioted on January 6th, you're being prosecuted. If uh, people who have posted memes have been prosecuted. One was executed. They found you if there's evidence. But the idea that they're just going to go, oh, you voted for Trump. Let's find charges against you. Literally happening. It's I said this a long time ago when they start doing this shit, because once they started censoring, this is what it would lead to. That's that's a, that's an obvious observation uh, that I made at the time. Um, I said they will defend all of it. And that's and so far, not one of them has said, you know, this is a little too far. No, they've defended every single thing their side uh, did, uh, including the uh, drag shows for kids, the arresting their political opponents, uh, uh, in some instances, killing their political opponents. And sometimes they will defend the action. Sometimes they'll deny it's happening. It's fear mongering. And so it's anger and it is fear. And I don't know if after this completely unhinged rant, Mark Levin calms down, has a scotch on the rocks and goes right to bed. Or if he's actually, you know, is this a character that he's playing? I don't know. And I don't care. I'm not accusing him of dishonesty. But the point here is this is the currency that right wing media is currently trafficking in. And he is doing a hell of a job. All right. Is oh, here we go. Is Trump already disqualified from the ballot? Yeah. What if Donald Trump were already disqualified from running for president in 2024 
regardless of the outcome of his criminal cases. That is exactly what a, a number of lawyers, including a South Florida lawyer who has filed a lawsuit, are saying. That lawsuit, I believe, was tossed. This is super interesting. And after we talk about the, con the, the context and the concept, I'm going to tell you about one state that's already moving in this direction. This is getting more and more attention. Trump ineligible for presidency because of his role in insurrection, lawsuit says. This is from the South Florida Sun Sentinel, and it is a totally new line of threat to Trump that is completely separate from the criminal charges. Take a look at this. A South Florida lawyer has filed a lawsuit against Trump to have him declared ineligible to run for another term as president. The lawsuit cites Trump's involvement in the January 6th insurrection and it wants the federal courts to enforce the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which was added after the Civil War. The idea is let's prevent those who engaged in rebellion from holding office again. We don't want the original point of this was we don't want those who fought for the pro slavery South after the oh, South. That's not a misuse of it. Of its defeat to come back and say, hey, I'd like to be president. I'd like to be a member of Congress. I'd like to be a senator. That's the idea here. Lawrence Kaplan has filed this lawsuit and argues that this applies to Trump, writing in the lawsuit, quote, Trump's efforts both in Washington and Georgia and maybe in other states, as well as the consequential assault on the Capitol, make him ineligible to ever serve in federal office again. Now, given that the facts seem to be crystal clear that Trump was involved to some extent in the insurrection on January 6th, the sole remaining question is whether American jurists who swear an oath to uphold the Constitution upon their entry to the bench will choose to follow the letter of the Constitution in this case. This is not Kaplan's original idea, as many of you know, and the article explains. This is something that has received significant attention over the last several weeks, if not a couple of months. Now, is it likely that this will succeed at keeping Trump off the ballot? My instinct is no, but it is a good time to throw all of the fact based arguments. I'm not saying create arguments out of thin air. I'm saying if we have fact underlying this legal argument. Yeah, but you don't, though. That's the problem. Then there is no better time than now to say here is another reason that the guy should not be allowed to run. Now, there are those who just say as a matter of principle, it should be for the voters to decide. To them, I would say, really, even if he did violate the 14th Amendment and you are someone who. But he didn't. So holds the Constitution as a pseudo sacred text. You still think that it should be up to the voters to decide. That sounds a little bit strange to me. The constitutional question also is, does Trump need to have a conviction in order to reach the threshold? And there are arguments to be made that Trump doesn't have to be found guilty of anything that we all saw with our own eyes what happened and that a guilty verdict would not be a requirement for any kind of disqualification. At the same time, if Trump were found guilty in any of these cases, it makes the constitutional argument even more strong. Now, the trouble may be, you know, this is I don't know if you guys remember, but after the 2020 election, the Texas attorney general tried to contest the election in other states, and there were issues of standing and jurisdiction there. If a particular state decides Trump is ineligible, other states aren't forced to do the same thing. And so that is 
going to be a practical question. We'll talk about that in the next segment when we talk about New Hampshire. If Trump is going to be removed from the ballot short of some kind of federal declaration, which I just don't see happening, it is almost certainly going to be a sort of patchwork sort of thing. And um, I, I, I don't know that this is ultimately going to get to the Supreme Court. So it's a very interesting legal argument. I don't know if it will in func- in practice work at any kind of federal level. But let's talk about the first state that's trying to do something about this. <clears throat> that's a sign that they're very confident that they're going to win. Um, I think this is the mailbag or the mail fag, depending on what you you know want to call it. All right, let's dip with. into Friday feedback. On Friday, we'll go through YouTube comments, emails, Reddit posts, and uh, that came in over the last week, and see what is on people's minds, see what people are up to. We start with a YouTube comment from Robert Mills, who says simply, Pacman, we are on to you. Yeah, you know, (laughs) why this one, David? Why this message? This is a super common thing where I get messages from people on the right or see comments from people on the right who come to believe for whatever reason that my entire presence in Internet media and social media, et cetera, is somehow actually motivated by some secret desire to really do X. Well, I know it just sounds like you're giving your opinion about different political issues, but the reason you're actually doing all this is because you're part of an effort to convert the country into some kind of Marxist something, something. I mean, he is, but I think he's in it strictly for the money. You really don't have to come up with this stuff. It's very obvious what I'm doing. Okay, there's basically two main motivations. I would say three for doing what I do. Number one money. I just want to give what I think are good ideas to as many people as possible. You don't really give out ideas, though. Okay, I just want to communicate what I believe would be better ways to go. You just cover what right wingers do and then lie about them about organizing societies and economies. But you don't. When have you ever done that? I've never seen you do that. I want to tell what I really think. There's no calculation. See, I I really think this is when David is in his element and he really enjoys this uh, because he 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 loves to say what he's doing to his audience, uh, but pretending that he's not doing it. He loves to like he's like openly telling you in a way what he's doing. It's like a long time ago. Someone sent that clip where he was like, I lie and I obfuscate. Now, I know in the context he was being, quote unquote, sarcastic, but I think he does this thing where he like it's like he he gets off on deceiving his audience. There's no. Well, let me figure out how is everybody going to react if I say it just here's what I think. I, I want to say that to people. That's number one. Number two money. It's to build a community of people. And how is that possible? You hate all of your viewers. You treat them with disdain. You deliberately. Uh, if like someone makes a mistake or like takes an extra second to to say hello, you like make us a, a standalone video about it. If someone has like uh, technical difficulties, you make a video about it. You, you fucking despise your audience and the community that we've built. And that includes YouTube and the discord and the subreddit and all these different things. Incredibly valuable. Build the community. Number two. And then number three, hopefully 
avoid having to get a quote real job, as so many in my audience love to refer to it, a real job in which I have to have a boss and that sort of thing. Those are really the three priorities. There's nothing else. I don't know what you mean that you're on to me, but this is a super common thing, as silly and nonsensical as it seems to be. The idea that there's some. Well, you're sensitive about it, and that's why you're talking about it, which is interesting. Actual motivation beneath the surface for what I'm trying to do here. Sorry to bore you, but it doesn't exist. Ellen Bodel says Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has never said one thing that is untrue. Prove it. All right, so that's a bit hyperbolic, uh, but I think on vaccines, he's really good. Sure. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said that it is an undeniable fact that vaccines cause autism. No, I think he's right about that. I think he's right about that. And there is out of all of the things, that's the one you pick. No evidence. Total lie. Hundreds of studies. This, you know, it's it's wild. It's it's the same thing. When I was listening to the Rogan interview, and uh, and they were talking about like they, this tactic. RFK talks about this tactic. There's hundreds of studies linking them, but they just pretend that they're not. Just like with ivermectin, there was hundreds of studies that showed ivermectin worked against COVID-19. They just pretended they don't exist. They don't acknowledge them. That vaccines cause autism. Now, my my understanding is not every vaccine can cause autism. Uh, and there's the whole thing about the mercury. And then they, they took they, they there was like different kinds of mercury, not a good one and a bad one. That was bullshit. But that one there was one that uh, they first put in the vaccines that stayed in your bloodstream. And uh, and then they used a different one that left the bloodstream and then they declared that safe. But it turned out it was leaving your bloodstream, but going into your brain, which is no good. And so. Um, so when they say that, uh, well, actually, I think David has said there's no mercury. And I and I think each vaccine is different. I don't think this is like, a, I don't think you can make a blanket statement that every vaccine causes autism. But there is definitely a link. I would, in my opinion, um, I've not gone super deep into this, but uh, I, I, I think there's definitely a link. That thing he said is untrue. Now, you could say, well, maybe we haven't found the evidence yet, but that's not what he said. He said there is evidence vaccines cause, which is 100 percent accurate. He pointed to the so-called hundred studies. Of course, we looked at the hundred studies. You looked at when did you look at the hundred studies? I would love to watch that video where you went over the hundred studies. What excuse is he going to argue to dismiss a hundred studies? They weren't in good faith. Maybe we'll see. Many of them have nothing to do with vaccines. When, when did you ever demonstrate this? Many of them don't actually link vaccines to autism. You're just making stuff up. You've never. This is like when Tim Pool said, hey, we covered the Arizona audit five times. When did you cover the Arizona audit five times? Uh, and many of them just are extraordinarily flawed, just methodologically. Oh, flawed. well, David has declared them flawed. Instead of they're not in good faith, they're flawed. Oh, there you go. Case closed. Flawed. Stu they're not even really studies. Some of them are just opinions. Yeah, guys, not even studies. In pieces. So there's one thing Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said that is. Pacman said there's no evidence and then just admitted there's evidence. Amazing. Not true. 
Uh, Neon Arlecchino on the subreddit asked, did David kill the forward party? I haven't heard anything about them since David got Andrew Yang to say he'd welcome a white supremacist into the party. Are they running anyone for anything? Do they have any presidential hopefuls? Well, I think you're giving me too much credit. I certainly didn't kill the forward party, but I do think it became super clear that there was really no there there with the forward party. I was like, well, what are your policy issues? Well, we're just kind of like everybody's welcome. We're a centrist party. Oh, all right. But so like, what's your view on abortion? Well, I don't know. It's kind of complicated. Um, I think there was just nothing there. And I think Andrew Yang's super nice guy and he's been on uh, several times and he's welcome anytime. Um, if you look at uh, uh, the, the trajectory of the forward party since the big announcement, it's basically been flat. There's, there's no trajectory. So I take no credit nor blame for what's going on with the forward party. But I do think it became clear after the initial hubbub that there's really just not much like going on there. And uh, the lack of interest is simply a reflection of that. H to the cool commented on YouTube. I really resent that it's mostly men talking about women's pregnancies and abortion. Most men can't even buy tampons without supervision. It is why would a man buy tampons? Ridiculous. You know, three times I've been sent to uh, the pharmacy to buy tampons for my girlfriend. Two out of the three, I got the wrong thing. And I really take. Why don't they just write that? What are you talking about? Detailed, copious notes of what it is I'm supposed to buy. And uh, I only one in three times actually got it right. So I agree. It is. Uh, it, I do need supervision to buy tampons. But more importantly, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever. Let me think. No, I, 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 I've never dated a woman that has requested me to do that. I don't know what that means. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, never that I can think of. Am I? Yeah, no, I don't know. I date uh, self-sufficient women. Then they just, uh, you know, there's no real, uh, no issue. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. It just depends. It all depends. But yeah, I'm thinking. Or maybe is it have I blocked it out of my memory? I don't ever recall. No, I I can't say that. No, I, I, I've never that I can think of. No. Condoms is the only thing, you know, I bought at the pharmacy. That's like, you know, one of those. Well, I guess if you're buying like, I don't know, jock itch cream, maybe that could be weird or like foot stuff and I don't know condoms I don't give a shit when I was younger I used to care but like who cares who gives a, what are they gonna do what are they gonna do tell you something and no one even gives a fuck oh by the way now it's great because you got self-checkout so it doesn't even matter you could buy a fucking you could buy uh what are those things you shove up your ass uh what the hell are those called suppositories you can buy suppositories they have no idea because it's self-checkout Shout out to all the women that never thought to ask me to buy them uh, tampons because uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, we've talked before. Is that common? I don't know. There were people during the Iraq. Even when I've been like serious and you're doing like grocery lists and shit, 
you know you're doing the shopping you know what i like i, I don't know what it is i think it's because i was a kid when i was a, when i was like a teenager i really liked smoking weed and going to the supermarket for some reason i think because it's so bright and there's something about the abundance of of product at the supermarket that i just i don't know i like the environment i i enjoy the supermarket put headphones on it's really it's a pleasure i i don't know why i always enjoy going to the supermarket anyway um so i i tend to do the shopping which i don't mind and i i like i don't expect people to like shopping um although i like doing it alone mostly it it, de it depends it really depends um, but, uh, yeah, even when I'm doing the shopping and it's like more serious, uh, no, I've, I've never had that on the list that I can think. No, I, I can't, I cannot recall a single time. No lube. That's like kind of one of the quote unquote embarrassing things. Um, constipation stuff you know things that you know things like that i guess fiber i don't know yeah i i i, I don't know maybe i have a mental block i can't think of anything related to the tampons if you ask me what kind of tampons do they use i don't know i it's not even something i i don't know what brand i have no idea yeah i have no idea I, I don't know. Is that abnormal? Maybe. I don't know. I'll take it, though. I, I like it. Iraq war supporters of the Iraq war who would say to anybody who was against that war, if you don't serve in the military, you don't get to have a story. I forget who told it where they were in a restaurant and the, the girl they were with like maybe mistimed things and she realized she's having her period but she doesn't have any tampons and it's an emergency so she asks the guy she's with to go like across the street and buy them okay that's not you know fine if you're in an emergency it's not a big again i don't give a fuck and, and again you got self-checkout so it doesn't even matter anymore all of that shit is over as far as like oh i had to buy tampons or condoms or shit shit stuff and the person at the counter was being weird now you just you don't even have to do it because of self-checkout I like self-checkout, although I read an article. Um, I'll, let me, I'll ask this to people in the audience. Have you ever had the experience? Now, I've never, I'm, I'm like very thorough, and I've never had this happen. Although I, I will s certainly agree it could happen, okay? Um, but uh, where people have been prosecuted for shoplifting because they forgot to scan one or two items. And I'm not talking about like a TV or something expensive that, oops, I forgot to scan. Like maybe a grand total of like $10, $15. You know, maybe you were buying like $200 of groceries and maybe like two things worth like 15 bucks or around that you forgot to scan. Or maybe you like scanned it and it didn't take you and you didn't realize it. But I've, I've been reading articles about how sometimes like Walmart will fucking prosecute you over that. And then and that there was an article and, and the, the article could be bullshit about there was a lawyer that was advising. The lawyer was like, I advise people not to use self-checkout for that reason. And I was like, wow, is it really that crazy that like 
at the self-checkout, if you fuck up one time, they'll prosecute you? I mean, it seems crazy, although I think it probably depends on your municipality and where you are and whether or not the people running that Walmart are fucking assholes or not. So I don't know. I've never never had that happen, but that seems to be uh, a bit much, frankly. Have an opinion. That didn't really make sense. Why not? Just because I'm not in the military doesn't mean I can't analyze whether a war makes sense or whether we're even invading the country that did something to us. You can have an opinion on that. Similarly, when sometimes people say, well, you're biased on the issue of gay rights because you're gay. And then the counterpoint to that would be, well, then aren't you also biased because you're not gay? It just sort of like doesn't really make sense. So sometimes these sorts of arguments are a, a little bit either farcical or um, uh, fallacious, depending on the specific example. However, it is crazy when you see a panel on abortion and it's six men over age 65 that are the ones weighing in. Where's that panel? Where's that abortion panel? And on abortion, it doesn't make any sense. They don't have those anymore. So I think we need to be careful with the who gets to have an opinion sort of argument. But I believe that it is completely true that it simply at its core makes no sense to have in some cases only older men uh, making policy or weighing in about what uh, abortion law should be. I completely agree with that. In response to the argument that the charges against Trump are politically motivated, this is a really interesting comment. These are politically motivated charges. Uh, it was a politically motivated crime. And it's so again, this wasn't a crime is your problem. It's hard to say it more succinctly than that. But yeah, it's bullshit, though. All right. I think that's the end of the critical ones. Um, why do right wingers love ad hominem attacks? First of all, you do it. I think ad hominem attacks are warranted to people who deserve them. But you should also have an argument, too. So, you know, you have your reasons for why the person is lying explain that and then call him a faggot. Uh, no problem. That's fine. Let's go next to Grant from Iowa City. Grant, welcome to the David Pakman show. Hi, David. Uh, great to speak with you again. Thank you. Um, so there's so many ad hominem attacks that are made today in politics. And to me, it seems like a lot of people accept them as being substantive, especially if they're made against people they don't like. Mm. Um, do you think this is something that uh, is it because they don't recognize it's a fallacy or do you think? Well, what are we talking about? For example, you can say it's an ad hominem attack to call uh, a leftist that's defending drag shows a groomer. Um, but I, I think based on the behavior and what people have seen as far as leftists defending this shit, that calling them a groomer is really not that out out of line. It's pretty accurate. I think they are clearly aware of that, but they are just so eager to see their opponents get quote unquote owned. Well, give me an example. What is it? What's a recent ad hominem attack that people aren't realizing is an ad hominem? Uh, I mean, it's very prevalent with like MAGA for sure. You know, things Trump says about people. Um, you know, even calling, oh, like, you're uh, saying like Jack Trump Smith, will say this guy's a loser, like that Smith guy's low energy, lightweight, like, that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, he's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of people know that that the, the 
the indictments are bullshit. So when he says deranged Jack Smith, they know the indictments are bullshit. So they're like, yeah, he's deranged Jack Smith because the indictments are bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a pure ad hominem. I mean, listen, I think I think generally what you're saying is true. Ad hominem attacks as a general principle uh, are used often because to some degree they are effective. I think the more interesting question is, like there was recently a story about Cornell West and how Cornell West owes half a million oh, right. dollars in child support and unpaid taxes. And there are people right. saying that's ad hominem because it's not really about his policy. But I think that there's a counterpoint to that, which is, well, tax policy is very much related to what one would do as president. And also when you're talking about not paying child support and not meeting the requirements that have been put in place to, in his case, a woman that was you know, the mother of one of his children and um, to the child themselves. I think it is relevant to one claiming, hey, I want to make law about all, a lot of these different things or, or at least propose policy, if not make laws, it more accurately is said. So I think the more interesting cases are the edge cases where it's there's not necessarily right. agreement as to whether they are ad hominems. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw you break that down on the Monday show, I think it was. And indeed, yeah. indeed. I think it is hard to sometimes pick it out what what is and what's not a that hominem. But yeah, yeah, I guess I was kind of referring to the, the ones that are pretty blatantly obvious. The ones that are blatantly obvious, of course. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder I, why I, people just buy into them or if they they know that they're logical fallacies, but they just are so interested in winning the argument, you know, as it were. I don't know that everybody's that thinking in the, think winning, in the vocabulary the of logical thinking. fallacy, but certainly if they find some way to attack their political opponents, they'll go for it. Uh, all right. Yeah. Great to hear from you, Grant. Appreciate the call. Let's take a break. I will. OK, teacher fired for reading book with a non-binary character. Oh, no. Oh, man. We start today with the latest victim of victim, the anti-woke a person, mob. a teacher a person has been that violated the law is now a victim fired in Georgia because she read a book to her class that contains a non-binary character. That's the entire story. Mm. Let's start with the day. Well, she's not allowed to do that. So she got fired. Daily Beast reporting. This is about teacher Katie Rinderly. Katie Rinderly was terminated effective immediately for reading a book that included a non-binary character to her fifth grade class in March. Fifth grade, of course, being 10 year olds typically at the start of the school year and 11 year olds at the end of the school year. In fifth grade, we had health class about reproductive health. Yeah, no one uh, taught you that a man can become a woman. And the idea that that's appropriate, but a mere book with a non-binary character. A non-binary is made up commie bullshit designed to confuse children. So it is completely different. And one is fine and one needs to be removed from the school. Would be inappropriate is very difficult to make heads or tails out of. And as we read the details as written by uh, Daily Beast editor Matt Young in this article, you will truly see how absurd this is. A fifth grade elementary teacher was fired effective immediately Thursday by an Atlanta school board in the latest fallout from conservative retaliation to diversity in schools across the U.S. Cobb County's school board voted four to three, close vote, 
four to three in favor of upholding Superintendent Chris Ragsdale's recommendation to fire Due West Elementary School teacher Katie Rinderly. The vote reverses a tribunal panel recommendation from earlier the week that would let her keep her job. What happened is that in March, a parent complained. A parent complained because Katie Rinderly read the book My Shadow is Purple to her class. Ragsdale raged at the time that the book violated a state classroom censorship law, which bans and restricts teachers. Not a censorship law, that's made up. Teachers from introducing divisive concepts, including race and sexual identity, into the classroom. Now, understand that all that happened here is the book My Shadow is Purple contains a non binary character. Right. Non binary is a made up communist. Uh, uh, propagandistic concept that is uh, made to try to um, confuse children into thinking they can be the opposite gender. Uh, You're not allowed to do that in Georgia. So she did it and she got fired. Character. The way that the law is written, as we predicted, as we knew, was vague enough that it could be argued if parents wanted to, if a school board wanted to, if a superintendent wanted to, it could be argued that the impact is divisive. Race and sexual identity is mentioning that black people exist. But black people do exist. Black people are not a made up commie concept. They exist. Uh, Non-binary is made up. It's imaginary. Divisive. I think most of us would agree it is not is mentioning that some kids have two moms. That's not what's going on here. Divisive. I certainly don't think so. That's not what's at issue. It's a fact of life. It is a fact that some kids have two moms. It is. No one is disputing that Uh, you're just making stuff up that has nothing to do with the story. A fact that some homo sapiens and some of hundreds or thousands of other species uh, are um, uh, attracted to uh, members of their species of the same sex. That is- Again, that's not in dispute. You're just making stuff up. It's a fact. It shouldn't be divisive to mention that. And it is a fact that humans express gender on a spectrum. Uh, that is not a fact. That's fucking bullshit. That's made up commie bullshit that should be completely rejected and that non-binary identity exists. Incorrect. Incorrect. That's total commie gobbledygook. Now, whether you believe that the topic of non-binary individuals is better suited for a sociology class or a biology class or a psychology class. Now, get this. This is no different. Remember the whole thing about creationism being taught in science class? Well, the commies got their creationism in there with this gender shit and pretending that gender ideology uh, uh, is is a real thing that, oh, you could be a girl, but you might actually be a boy. Ridiculous. That is up for debate and it is a valid discussion that some want to have in good faith and some want to have in bad faith. But it is an undeniable reality. It shouldn't be divisive or controversial to merely know that non-binary exists. It's not, it doesn't though. That's the problem. 
it does not exist. It exists like the Jedi exists, like Snuffleupagus. It's not real. It's commie bullshit. And that is all that happened. Right, which is against the law. You can't teach made-up gender ideology bullshit to kids in Georgia or Florida. So you got to take that commie shit somewhere else. According to publisher Larrikin House, My Shadow is Purple, written by Scott Stewart, is, quote, a heartwarming and inspiring book about being true to yourself, a value I thought these right wingers uh, 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 heralded that considers gender beyond binary in a vibrant spectrum of color. And which, again, it's not a real thing. The idea, of course, my my shadow is purple, is that in the same way that our shadows might be different colors, there are spectra, which there is not. It's made up when it comes to gender and other characteristics. Total bullshit. The story features a non-binary character. That is that is where we are. Um, When we talk about uh, not taking away the speech of individuals, when we talk about hearing all voices and all of no, 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 that's over. That's over. Commies get no voice. They get removed from society. Okay, there is no hearing every voice. The commies have to go. You rejected our every voice gets a turn. You rejected that. So now you don't get it. Bye bye. Of these principles that the right claims to want to uphold and to value and to revere. Yeah, it's for normal people. That's for people, not commies. You have to really understand that it only applies to human beings as convenient to their pre-existing worldview. If their pre-existing worldview is that ideas like maybe slavery was good for black people. No one's arguing that when that's the diversity that they want in the classroom. But it's not. You're making that up. They will go through and say we should allow teachers to teach what they want. We should allow parents to recommend texts that might say, hey, in addition to the story about slavery was bad for black people, we should also welcome at the table in the interests of free speech and openness the possibility that maybe slavery was good for black people. Right. And that- but they're not doing that. You're making that up. And we say, well, but hold on a second. That that's crazy. That's right. a- but it's not real. Again, you're just making stuff up. Objectively false. No, 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 no. You're trying to limit speech. But they're not doing that. That's not even a real thing. Reverse it. In this case, we have a story which simply mentions non-binary gender identity, right. exists. which is a made up political uh, uh, propaganda thing. It's not pushing it on anybody. Yes, it is. Get the fuck out of my face. It's not recruiting. It's pretending it's real. It's not real. Chill tricks children because you're all predators. That's what you do. You like to prey on children and coerce them and confuse them. Children to non-binary identity. The the idea that that's even a thing is a whole other story. That's absolutely a thing. It's not doing any of those things. Well, total lie. But let's defend it, right? I mean, in the interests of openness and diversity. There's no openness or diversity for commies. You must be removed from society legally and humanely and politically. If the teacher thought that this was a good text for. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't mean this kind. Of of course, because it's illegitimate. Diversity of voices and diversity of opinion. We only mean maybe slavery was good for black people. So no, they don't mean that at all. You're making that up. The principle that these right wingers fighting these culture wars claim to abide by and to hold as almost sacred principles only apply when to it, human beings it is convenient 
for them. We saw this when it came to mask and vaccines during the pandemic. We've seen this when it comes to gender identity. We've again, not a real thing. You know, the whole drag show thing is you would believe if you only listen to these right wingers, you might end up believing it sounds like drag shows are just part of school curricula. They're they're in a bunch of the schools. It is absolutely part of the curricula in some of the schools, particularly in California. It sounds like children are being forced to attend drag shows. Yes, correct. Then you look and you say, oh, sometimes parents might choose to bring their kids to drag time story hour. Well, that's insane. Uh, That's fucking insane. That's all that's going on. Yeah, pedophiles out in the open uh, uh, and parents are providing the pedophiles with access to their kids. That's not possibly legal. That has to be stopped. That's crazy. So whatever laws they have to pass, I don't know how there's not already laws on the books, but whatever laws have to be passed to stop open grooming by pedophiles, obviously you have to pass those laws and then enforce the law. That's called freedom. It's uh, No, that's not freedom. That's illegal. Uh, that's that's pedophiles grooming children. That's obviously illegal. It's not even close. I can choose to bring my kid to. No, you can't. It's illegal. This or not. And even that these right wingers, because it's illegal. And it's amazing that your side is arguing for the freedom to subject children to grooming from obvious pedophiles, not pedophiles, obvious pedophiles are against. So just remember their most important principles that they espouse are for human beings only, whether it's freedom of opinion or free speech or let's not regulate businesses. It's all until it's inconvenient for us. And then the principles go down the toilet, sometimes needing to be flushed. Ten- Hopefully you'll go down the toilet to 15 times. We are going to continue covering. Hopefully you get 10 to 15 vaccines. That would really be great. So they have this new made up narrative about Elon Musk that he's acting erratically and they're claiming he's on drugs. I want to briefly address a really good article written by Ronan Farrow about new, uh, relatively new Twitter owner now called X Elon Musk. One of the things that we've been wondering about more and more is what exactly is happening with Elon Musk? The decisions he's making seem so boneheaded. He's going to ban the ability to block people on Twitter. The entire Twitter blue fiasco at all of these decisions seems so harebrained that we're left to wonder, is he deliberately trying to tank it for some reason? Is he having some kind of um, uh, mental health crisis? Is there someone else who's actually making these decisions like the decisions made by Musk about the former Twitter make such little sense that we wonder you're overplaying it. What is the explanation? Well, according to Ronan Farrow's reporting, Elon Musk's erratic behavior may be caused by escalating drug use. (laughs) If we this is what they did with Trump, same thing they did with Trump that he uh, oh, he's taking Sudafed actually go to the original reporting uh, of Ronan Farrow. There is this critical paragraph towards the bottom, which I will read to you. In 2018, The Times reported that members of the Tesla board had grown concerned 
about Musk's use of the prescription sleep aid Ambien, which can cause hallucinations. The Wall Street Journal reported earlier this year that he uses ketamine, which has gained popularity as a depression treatment and as a party drug. And several people familiar with his habits have confirmed this. Musk, who smoked pot on Rogan's podcast, prompting a NASA safety review of SpaceX, has perhaps understandably declined to comment on the reporting about ketamine, but he has not disputed it. He tweeted once zombifying people with SSRIs for sure happens too much. From what I've seen with friends, ketamine taken occasionally is a better option. Associates suggested Musk's use has escalated in recent years and that the drug alongside his isolation and increasingly embattled relationship with the press might contribute to his tendency to make chaotic and impulsive statements and decisions. Right. See, if you don't obey the press, then your life goes wrong. Amit Anand, a leading ketamine researcher, said to Ronan Farrow that it can contribute to unpredictable behavior. Little bit of ketamine is similar to alcohol, causes disinhibition. At higher doses, it can cause dissociation. You feel detached from your body and surroundings. You can feel grandiose, like you have special powers or talents. People do impulsive things, inadvisable things at work. Depends on the kind of work. For a librarian, there's less risk. If you're a pilot, it can cause big problems. So listen, this is this is one bit of reporting. Is it true or is it not? We don't know. What I can tell you is that this is the most sensible and believable explanation oh, for Elon Musk's behavior of that I've heard so far. Whether drugs. it's true, I don't know. But the point here is there really isn't any other explanation for why he has been seemingly running Twitter into the ground and making it's not really decision after decision that just drives people off of the platform. That's not true. I mean, people are pissed off about the CEO hire and their censorship, but that's not what he's talking about. And also hurts Twitter's uh, market value, uh, which has by most reports dropped at least 50, if not 60, 70 or even 80 percent since Elon Musk purchased it. If you say to me, what's the most sensible and relatively understandable explanation? It would be, oh, he's abusing drugs and combinations of drugs and making decisions while on those drugs. I would go, oh, OK, that actually explains all of it. Whereas if you have to search for an, a different explanation, it's actually significantly more difficult to find one that really explains all of the behavior. At some point, maybe we will learn more about it. But as the case stands today, Twitter or X, as it is now known, increasingly desolate, increasingly pointless to the point where we at the show yeah, and Twitter totally desolate. So many of the, our viewers who contact me say I I'm just kind of off of it. I didn't leave. I didn't cancel my account. I just I don't see anything interesting on it. And I have no interest in trying to be interesting on the platform. Where will Twitter be in another year? I don't know. Let me know what you think. Oh, yeah, it won't exist. It's desolate, guys. Totally desolate. Um, what is DeSantis responsible for? Oh, hold on a second. Oh, wait, no. Hold on a second. Um, here's a bald fuck face about Sarah Palin. During a recent interview on Newsmax, former failed half-term Alaskan governor Sarah Palin invoked violent imagery. Invoked violent imagery amazing to suggest that the country is on the brink of a civil war and then suggested that people needed to actually rise up and take our country back let me read you 
This violent, violent call to action. It's a violent call to action. That Sarah Palin made. What a crack of shit. Whether she intended for it to be a call to action or not, that is how plenty of people in the MAGA cult are going to view her words. That's totally made up. This is what she said. I want to ask them, what the heck? Do you want us to be in a civil war? Because that's what's going to happen. We're not going to keep putting up with this. I like that you suggested that we need to get angry. We do need to rise up and take our country back. 100% legal and protected speech. Now, Sarah Palin did not tell people to go out there and get violent. She said, we, we need to be angry. And she said, we need to rise up and we need to take our country back. Now that can mean different things to different people. Sarah Palin did not say anything there that is prosecutable. Okay. Oh, then what the fuck is the point of the video? Okay. Just to clear the air, just to make sure everybody's on the same so page. So you're just making up total bullshit as usual. Age. She technically didn't say anything that was illegal, anything that is seditious, anything like that at all. But different words, different phrases have different meanings to different people. And if you say these words, the words that she said on that Newsmax interview, you say those to somebody who's already on the edge, somebody who may be kicking around some demons up in their head. They are responsible for their behavior. This is not a standard you hold for your own side. It's a made-up standard that you're using to try to censor your political opponents and prosecute them even more than they already are, are being. Somebody that is so angry at the federal government that all they need is the slightest little push and they can become violent. You say those words to a person like that and suddenly we've got a very real problem on our hands. And that's the problem with this kind of language. Bullshit. We have too many unhinged, deranged, right-wing freaks in this country. Total lie. For language like this to be okay. And people like Sarah Palin, even though she's dumb as a box of rocks. Look in the mirror. She still understands that point. Like these people are not stupid when it comes to making statements like this. They know that it resonates with that MAGA cult. And we have already seen what the MAGA cult has done when they're told to take their country back. Bullshit. And that is what Donald Trump said at the January 6th Stop the Steel rally. You gotta he said to be peaceful, fucker. Fight like hell to take our country back. And what did those people... Peacefully. He said peacefully. People do. They went and stormed the Capitol. A lot of them did. Feds. Because of the words. Total lie. Donald Trump might have meant rise, you know, fight like hell at the ballot box. Sarah Palin may mean, may mean rise up and run for office and change the system and take our country back. Which is why, by the way, you cannot infer any kind of specific meaning, legally speaking, from her phrase here, because she can come in later if you were to try to, you know, prosecute her for that, which would be a stupid idea. But anyway, she could say, no, by I'll be doing that. Make no mistake. And he's going to support it and pretend that it's legitimate. Rise up. I meant show up at the polls. By take our country back, I meant elect Republicans. So that's why there's no liability on her part for these words that she used. But the liability part doesn't matter. What matter? Uh, it, it, it actually is crucial. 
listeners, <laughs> is that we are dealing with a party that is already on the verge of wanting civil war because Donald Trump is facing accountability. No, he's not. They've already shown that they are willing to break into the government itself. And every time somebody like Palin or anyone else comes out there and gives these people another push, it gets them one step closer to the edge. And that is why this is so dangerous. That's totally made up. But again, that's all he does is videos about how Trump supporters are dangerous. It's just like Rwanda radio. All right, let me uh, see here. We have um, Stab and Joe Scott. Did I ever do that one? Oh, I think I did that one and that one. Alcove says, I sent that Javier Mille uh, to my Puerto Rican co-worker he said the subtitles match the speech, not perfectly, but very close. I told him he was helping out the channel by being Puerto Rican. That's, uh, the video is just fantastic. He really, he just, uh, the guy does not like leftists. It's phenomenal. Matt Field says, uh, I miss the camel toe, I, mi I miss the camel toe rating segments. Bring it back, Anna. We can take a gander at hers. Yeah, they pretend those don't exist. I think, did they delete them? I think they did. Killer8000 says, and I'm quoting, look at this nigger, unquote. All right, well, let's have a look here, see what's going on. Cops bust poop-packing suspect who threw feces in a woman's face, shoved a bag of crap down another's pants. Oh, man. That's a hell of a thing. He's public enemy number two. A feces feces flinging lunatic treating Upper East Side women as his personal toilet has been captured, cops said early Friday. This is a few years ago. Although this could happen tomorrow. New York is a toilet. A tip received late Thursday led police to a Brooklyn homeless shelter where the suspect was arrested. He's in custody. The stool-toting suspect struck twice in a span of four hours on Monday, hurling poop into the face of one woman before dropping a bag of waste down the pants of another. Police chief says, completely deranged person, from what we can tell. The human piece of crap's first attack came in the middle of the afternoon. A 33-year-old woman is walking on East 91st Street near Madison Avenue about 2.25 p.m. when a man hit her in the face with excrement. She wasn't injured. Well, I mean, come on. Less than four hours later, the suspect sneaked up behind an unsuspecting woman. Uh, the glove sicko is seen grabbing the woman's rear as he slams a bag of waste down her shorts. That's a hell of a thing. He then pushes her into a nearby driveway as the woman grabs at her backside, trying to figure out what happened. Oh, she's in for a shock. The suspect rips off and tosses aside his gloves before scampering away from the scene. He had gloves. That's premeditation. So he's crazy, but he ain't that crazy to, to raw dog some shit in his hands. Both of the attacks were random. The boy said tipsters initially pointed cops in the direction of two homeless men but they narrowed it down to one suspect it's the same person you could tell by the video clips man cops fanned out across manhattan thursday performing a block by block search 
but they weren't able to flush out the bandit until they received a tip. Horrified by the prospect of becoming the next victim, the Upper East Side were watching their backsides. I've never heard of anything like this before, said one person. It's bizarre and unusual. There are homeless people in the area, but they're usually quite polite. Uh, this one woman said she's especially nervous because she happened to leave the house without her phone. Women uh, have to be aware when they walk in the city because of something like this. It's really scary for women. One resident said the random poop strikes is one of this, uh, in one of the city's wealthiest neighborhoods proved that crime can happen anywhere. Everyone says, I can't believe it happens in my neighborhood, but that's nonsense. It can happen anywhere. It's a terrible thing. Wow. That is a hell of a story right there. Shitting. I think I covered this at the time. This is from uh, 2016. July. Oh, I don't know. The reason I, I, I find this familiar is I remember covering a story, maybe it was a different poop bandit, where the guy put his shit in a, in a, a, down a woman's pants, you know, put, a, put his own shit in another person's ass. I, I remember that part of the story because I was so deranged and bizarre that he wanted to put his shit in another person's ass. And uh, But July 2016, that's early, early on. Because I don't remember covering it as a standalone video, although it could have been submitted over the past few years, which it probably was. But uh, yeah, always on board for uh, poop stories, uh, even if they repeat, because uh, they're hilarious. They are hilarious. Not to the people it happens to, though. I, I understand that. Jan Hayuk says, old people king ring. <clears throat> Bring back the advertisements. Yeah, I think I'll have to check. I have them somewhere. Um, I'll have to check. Mojack420 says, When I grew up, we had like two vaccines, covered like six things. Autism wasn't a thing back then, or peanut butter allergies were rare. Autism uh, has become a, a thing in the 90s. Yeah, the allergies is another thing RFK was talking about, a lot of this shit. Um, I definitely think there's something to it. Um... Jan Hayuk says, Donna Brazil's big black dick. Yes, that was an amazing phone call. Jan Hayuk says, Oates says, Dave makes ad homonym attacks instead of ad homonym attacks, ad homonym, which that sounds about right for David Pakman because he is a obvious homosexual. All right, let's see here. Um, Let's see. Where do we leave off? YGGS Gallo says, I hate to give Antifa credit <clears throat> for anything, but they sniffed Bo from the fifth column out like five plus years ago. Interesting. I don't know if that article was telling the truth when he said that, like, um, Antifa still worked with them or whatever. So, who knows? Silky Johnson says, Hello, HB. I saw a great shirt that said, Kill your local pedophile. We need another that says, Kill your local tranny. With parentheses, add, you know which ones we mean. That's pretty funny. Seems like a safe, family-friendly, inclusive message. All in Minecraft, of course. That would be, uh, yeah, it, that that's a hilarious uh, parentheses. Um, I was driving around and I saw a, a sticker in the back of someone's window that said, kill your local uh, drug dealer. I was like, wow, that's, uh, okay, well, you know, maybe a bit much, but... Uh, I'm I'm cool to have him as a neighbor. Like we're not, we might we might uh, disagree on 
method, but I think we're on board probably politically with a lot of things. So, you know, I, I would need drug dealer defined. You talking about like a cartel guy? Okay, whatever. If you're talking about like a weed dealer, that's a bit much. So I don't know. Um, Silky Johnson says, uh, HB, when they come out with the job reports, isn't one of their tactics with Biden and after the chink age lockdowns was counting people returning to work as growth? Yes. And individuals working more than one job and claim economic job growth? Yes, they absolutely did that. It's ridiculous. SLID04C64 says, Do you think there will be any successful attempts on Trump's life before or after the election if he wins? Um, live U H Oh, love you, HB. God protect him. Trump 2024. Thank you. Sincerely appreciate the support. So, yeah, I think it's definitely possible that they'll try that. Um, I think that is a last resort method. Uh, I do think they would probably try the Russian war thing first because they want to go to war with Russia. These people are lunatics. Um, if that all fails and Trump wins, I think, yeah, I think the time between the election and the inauguration is going to be arguably the craziest time if Trump wins than even the whole run-up to the election. I think that's going to be... I hope he fucking has a ton of good security because they're going to be... And the gay ops that they're going to try and the lawfare they're going to try is going to be crazy. Um, Silky Johnson says... Here's that subhuman filth I mentioned a few days ago, HB. Imagine... Decadence to this level when you're not only proud of yourself, you have no shame in admitting it. Maybe it needs a, a man to... Maybe it needs the man on Firebomb in the ass. Oh, that's a great movie. That's a great... I love that movie. Um, I love that scene in the car where he's uh, cutting the guy's fingers off with, with a... With a fucking, um, you know why I love that scene? Because I love Training Day. I, I Training Day is phenomenal, and uh, it's it was like that because they're in the car. A lot of Training Days in a car, and he's in the car with this guy. And when I say, like these were sick, sick, fucked up people that like kidnapped children. Like these were horrible people, and he's trying to find this kid. And he knows this guy knows where the kid is, and so he's like, and he gives him plenty of chances, plenty of chances. But, you know, the guy won't comply. He won't give it up. So he starts cutting his fingers off with a, a cigar cutter. And uh, it's just, um, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. Not that I want to see people get their fingers cut off with a cigar cutter. But, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you need to tell this guy where the kid is. You know, if he was like, give me your, you know, mom's recipe for lasagna, I'd be like, all right, cutting his fingers off. That's a bit much. Torturing a person for that, unacceptable. You're like kidnapping children. <laughs> I got nothing for you. Just stop doing that. You know, if you don't want your fingers cut off with a cigar cutter, don't kidnap children. That would be my response to that. Or in the instance Silky just mentioned, if you don't want a bomb shoved up your ass, you know, don't kidnap children. Would be my answer to that. Oh, great movie! Absolutely phenomenal movie. I haven't watched it in years. I should watch it again. So this is in Tim Pool's uh, subreddit. This guy says, fuck it, I have nothing to... Oh, wow, a pedophile says, fuck it, I have nothing to lose. Map pride. 
Yeah, uh, the maps, uh, that's the next phase of this. It's already kind of here. That's the next phase. It is, uh, these guys are crazy. Um, let's see. Where did I leave off? Bazinski says, I'm kind of the opposite. I go so over the top when buying products of the intimate kind. My first girlfriend asked me to get tampons. I, uh, I, I started asking the helping woman at the pharmacy what was better for flow and stuff. I asked them if it feels comfortable. The woman helping me uh, chose a product, choose the products because I didn't know uh, shit was caught off guard or off foot. Reminds me of another time when I get, got condoms and told the cashier, hey man, the girlfriend wants a dicking. He laughed heartily. You'd be surprised uh, some people are lousy. Uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, I'm not like, I, it, I wouldn't be outraged if I was asked. I wouldn't be, like I'm not opposed to it. It's just, um, just yeah, as far as I can recall, it's never... Uh, it's never come up. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe... The, I mean, look, I, I'm i 47. I've been alive a pretty long time now. Not that, you know, I'm ready to go out. I'd love to get another 30 years. I, you know, whatever it's going to be. But uh, maybe I'm forgetting. I don't... I just don't recall. Um, yeah. As far yeah, as far as the the request, there's been obviously many times where they're like, "Oh, I'm on my period." We've had the discussion about like, you know, I, I'm not, you know, orals off the table, uh, but uh, sex is not off the table unless she's like, "I'm not, I I, I don't, uh, I'm not passing it." It's not really that big of a deal, you know. Use a condom, take a shower, and whatever. It's really not, I'm not passing up sex over that. I just you know, but to each his own. Some people might be like. Uh, Oh, it's the end of the world. It's really, it's your call completely. But yeah, I'm not passing up sex. <clears throat> um, but like I said, if she's like not comfortable, no problem. Then we'll, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, Bazinski says, also remember once when I had intestinal problems with constipation, I was asking for help on which product was the best one for relieving pressure. I told the guy showing me the pro the products casually, thanks, I'm so full of shit, there's a turd stuck in my lung. That's not bad. That's not bad. There is, a, a, in this meme compilation I saw, I think the video is genuine, although you never know uh, nowadays. There's a guy checking out at Walmart, and he's signing a card, and he, I forget what he says to these guys. It was just a nice moment of like, I'm very, now, when I see people laugh at profane jokes... I, I make a note of it and I view it as a positive because it tells me you're a normal person. Uh, and this guy, I think he wrote, he was writing a card and I think he said something like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to dick down. My, I don't know. But anyway, the guys were like laughing and the guy writing it was white and the cashiers were black and they all laughed. I was like, that's nice. <clears throat> that, that's nice. You still have normal people that laugh at jokes. That's good. Um, I forget what the joke was though. Okay, let me just uh, double check all this. Oh, I guess I will mention, so again, September 14th, the book, What a Bigot Would Say, is going to be released to the audience free via PDF uh, by the soft gentleman. 
Uh, well, I mean, it, I'll be releasing it because I'll be streaming when it's released, but he'll be the one writing the book. It'll be free to the audience. Um, it is a book written from the perspective of a leftist, a real, completely real, not at all sarcastic, real person who's related to me in some way. Uh, from the rabidly homosexual leftist perspective, the thing about the soft gentleman, he really takes being a liberal seriously. He loves being a liberal. Um, and he feels like it's necessary, especially in this day and age, to write a book about how to be a good liberal. So it's what a bigot would say, ways to, you know, you can avoid being a, a bigot. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's one of the, it's going to be one of the most important books ever written on liberalism and liberals. And uh, after we release it to the audience, we will uh, try to get it published. If we get it published, then I think we might take this to the next level. Not that it would like blow up. I don't expect it to blow up. But I think it would be warranted if we can get it onto either Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or whoever. I think it would warrant a social media presence for the soft gentleman and uh, myself and anyone who's interested um, to advertise the book in whatever way you want. You, you know, you can do it. There's plenty you can do for free on Twitter to just post a link, you know, whatever. I think I might go to a couple streams and do what the Biltong guy does. Because that's become a thing now. Individual, um, independently owned businesses sending in super chats. And people do it here. I think it was Oats with the music does it. I think it's a great thing uh, to do, especially if the businesses are run by independent-based people. Uh, AIDS-free, I believe, Oats' music is. I think it's Oats Music on YouTube. Um, we've had people before uh, advertise stuff, you know, uh, individually owned businesses and stuff. Salty Cracker as a whole, like, group of people that watch his show, that advertise. So I like that. So anyway, you see the Bill Tong guy advertising Bill Tong on Stick Stream, you know. Uh, and I, I just, you know, I think maybe, uh, I think a presence, I think a bit of a presence is in order. I'm not normally the type of person to do such a thing. But I just think that, uh, I, I think, I, I don't know. It feels right. It feels right. If... <laughs> The things that have been thought about, he's obviously writing it, I'm not writing it. I just think there's going to be some things in this book that I definitely want people to read. And uh, yeah, I think I think we're going to do that. And look, it's each person, if they don't get around to this, the super chat or whatever, it, 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 it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not the, the end of the world. But I think, uh, and I'm going to look at, yeah, I'm going to look into uh, just promoting it. Uh, I think, yeah. I think it's going to be worthy of that. So if we can get it published, because I can't be like, hey, you can get this book at this random link. I, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, like, obviously, the link for the audience will be safe for the free version. But uh, just to be able to say it's available on Amazon in the diversity, equity, inclusion section or or on Barnes and Noble, I, I think that'll be uh, I think that'll be uh, that'll be good. Oates says, Soft Gentleman needs to do promo rounds on YouTube channels to promote what a bigot would say. Go on TYT, etc. I do wonder... Yeah, like... I think I'm going to look at a list of... I'm going to try to find... I'm, yeah, I think that might... I mean, you know, it's difficult. It's not the easiest thing to get on shows. Right. Right especially leftist shows. 
if I could get one person to take it as seriously as it obviously is, I would be satisfied. Uh, granted, I'd take more than that, but if I could just get like one leftist to be like, oh, that sounds like an interesting book, I would be, <laughs> I would be satisfied. <laughs> Especially, could you imagine if like an unsuspecting liberal actually goes and starts reading the book? Oh my God, I, that's almost, that's very satisfying. So yeah, there's like that it's that kind of chicanery that I think is possible here that has me like kind of a little bit motivated. You could argue, look, I don't do a lot of the shilling and stuff and I just cuz it's not I don't, you know, I whatever. I tell you if if I was like forced to I I would. Like it's not like I just, you know, we we make what we need to make here and uh I focus on just doing the the stream. But there's a lot of stuff you could argue. This is a very low budget. There's a lot of stuff that I probably should be doing with like SEO. I don't even do they do SEO anymore. All that stuff. SEO. And I see the way people promote their shit. And I should probably. I just. It's one of my areas of weakness. And uh, so far, so good. It hasn't really bitten me in the ass. Um, I also am happy if like I'm surviving. I should probably have higher aspirations. But it is what it is. Uh, but no, I think this is. Yeah. I think I don't know. I'm I I just I, I have a very positive view. So anyway, the book is in the works, and obviously we're be beating Chenk Uger's book, if it even comes out September nineteenth. Anyway, all right, very good. Let me just oh uh, yeah so so yeah I will look into that to see if we can get anything uh, going on. Oh by the way, Jen Hayuk says yeah if Trump is killed during the election. Think that'll be the start to a civil war? I think there's a chance. Well, like I, you know, I think it will lead to unrest and violence. Likely, um, I don't ever see a civil war the way it was in the previous one. I don't see it like that. I see it more like what we're seeing now—an escalation in the prosecution of conservatives for non-crimes. Um, the continued uh, letting out criminals uh, after they're violent um, and then coming down hard on regular citizens. Um, you know, things like that escalating, you know. Um, oh, there was the news story. I think someone submitted it where I forget who had it. Might have been Alex Jones, I forget, but... Uh, was it DOD or whoever? They're 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 doing these um, exercises as far as um, like raids on what they call political extremists. And these raids, they're practicing raids at school board meetings, at uh, uh, voting centers, and a lot of places that where it's obvious what they're doing. They're gonna you know go after Trump supporters. I will say this. I think that if um, they cheat, they are going to come down so hard on anyone that tries to organize and protest the cheating. They are going to absolutely be crazier than maybe even they are with the J6 people. Like if you dare protest the election, they are going to absolutely crack down hard. That's the impression I'm getting. I hope I'm wrong about all that. I hope none of that happens. I hope Trump wins and they... Um, 
go along with the peaceful transfer of power. It's just that these are not the type of people that do that. And it's funny because they scream so much about it. Uh, but they, yeah, they don't do it because that's their style. But anyway, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully Trump wins. I do think that, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of populists. There's a lot of uh, citizens that are against the Democrats and, and against this globo homo shit. So that is the one white pill. Like, we do have them drastically outnumbered. Um, the question is, will people ever figure that out and come together in numbers where they, where it's just where they can't do anything? Like, can you have that many people in the streets? Like, can you put so many people in the streets that it changes things? Like with the Berlin Wall. Can you, can you get that many people out? We'll see. We will see. I tell you this, if they like, if Trump wins the election and they still try to steal it, that might bring like so many people out that they'll finally just uh, relent. Who knows? I don't know. It's all crazy, but I'll, I'll be here to cover it. And also, obviously, we'll be covering this trial, which is going to be hilarious. So, all right, very good. All right, that's the end of the stream. Uh, next stream is um, Tuesday, right? This is Saturday. Yeah, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for all the people that sent uh, Super Chats and Streamlabs uh, and Breaking News. Appreciate your support. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash Hard News Network, uh, Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com, or at least for now, while it's still there, the archive on Twitter, which is at HNN Live. Wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archive, I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys Tuesday. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.